a world filled with fast-paced living and constant demands on the aging body, it's easy to forget some of the simplest yet most essential elements of our well-being, hydration and nutrients. As you know, when I'm not in the studio recording a podcast or in the gym or out in the scrub hunting, putting rounds downrange, I'm somewhere in the world on a security gig, putting in the hard yards, ending up on TikTok. So legends that get some, keep me advancing forward, Jocko Fuel Supplements. More specifically, I've been smashing the Jocko Hydrate Sachets, which helps me replenish my electrolytes and other critical vitamins while boosting energy and supporting recovery. Also, just like my kids, my appetite for veggies goes as far as hot chips from the kernel. However, every morning I'll mix a scoop of Jocko Greens, Jocko Creatine into water, which helps me supplement my lack of and delivers all the nutrients for better gut health, immune support, cognitive function, and physical performance. And not to mention, tastes bloody good. So head over to www.getsome.com.au and use the code Zero Limits all in caps for a discount. I'll leave you with this for the day. Hard work, clean fuel, stronger, faster, smarter, better. Let's go. It's time for the Zero Limits Podcast, hosted by Australian veterans. Chatting with high-charging humans with hectic stories from around the world. We'll give you the motivation to take on whatever life throws at you and the kick to complete any goal you set your mind to. Let's go. All right, Zero Limits listeners on today's Zero Limits podcast, I have a very special guest uh, located up in Townsville. Now, I've had his brother on in the past, uh, Coco, which uh, was episode 100. And 11. Now, Kako spoke about his career within the Royal Australian Army Medcall, and uh, especially about the time that he uh, thought he might uh, just get ejected from a vehicle after rolling over an ID. So uh, we spoke about it on Coco's podcast. And throughout Coco's podcast and even multiple other podcasts, this there's, there's one re- reoccurring name that pops up a few times, and this name is uh, Hagar Quirk. Now, I think uh, in a lot of those podcasts, he was just a sergeant or a seco at that stage. He did finish at the dizzy ranks of uh, Warren Officer Class 2 and spent a total of about 23 years in total in the Australian Defence Force. Hagar, mate, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, excellent. Thanks for having me, Matty. It's, um, it is a bloody honour, mate, having gone through your podcast and just saying, mate, you've, you've got some absolute bloody um, stallions on this, buddy, of all sexes on this bloody um, this program you've got running, mate. Keep it up, bud. Well done. Yeah, mate. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Again, mate, your name has popped up multiple times. Uh, and I've had a few people like, oh, do you know Hagar? Like, no, maybe might have punched on with him maybe in the early 2000s, maybe up in Townsville somewhere, <laughs> different battalions. But outside of that, I'm like, yeah, I've, your name's just popped up multiple times. So I thought, and uh, Coco said, yeah, let's, let's, I thought you were still in. So no, mate, only- no doubt. Um, what was it? We got to look at me, buddy. 17, 18? Yeah, 19. Um, so 30th November, uh, 19. 19, yeah. Last day, yeah. yeah. Oh, last fuck, day, perfect. buddy. I actually marched out of um, the barracks in polyesters because it was one of my uh, – two of my girls at APAC, which was my last posting, they were marching out of their sub one. So for me, it was the perfect way to finish a career, seeing, you know, 
two young young buddy uh, soldiers that you've trained and help or help mentor get to that level. Their first, they're marching out of their subject, one for a uh, corporal. So great yeah. way to finish a career, mate. Yeah, nice, so, yeah. mate. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely touch on that uh, once we get down that uh, on that timeline. Oh yeah, bud. Mate, uh, before we crack on with your mill career, let's get back to those younger days of you and Coco punching on as four or five year olds. <laughs> mate, run us through, you know, um, you know where you grew up and uh, family life, especially with Coco. Yep. So um, we're a family of basically first generations uh, Aussies. My mum's Fijian, and uh, my dad's Norishman. So dad was basically he'd work. He was he, he's biggest dream when he left school was to become a swagman and like, what the hell what type of dream is that so he left Ireland. he like went to a private you know private college in buddy island you know trinity university you know was working for the Irish racing board so high up in society you know he was a silver spoon motherfucker you try to pretend he's not but he was and then he left all of that to come out here and basically he'd work for 12 months save all his money and then he'd go on a 12-month holiday yeah, you know, somewhere in the South Pacific chasing women and stuff. And then when he was doing one of those buddy jaunts, the you know, extended holiday, he was in Fiji. And but he met mum. Um about two weeks later they were engaged. About two weeks after that they were married and they stayed together until buddy dad passed on. Uh I think it's twenty third of uh, May. Gosh, it was ten years ago. Oh, so thirteen, twenty thirteen. Mm. So yeah. So it'll be eleven years this year that he's, he's been gone, but yeah, yeah, Still, right. Because I think Coco spoke about about that. Obviously, he so, was uh, posting somewhere. He was having issues with yep. uh, PTSD, and yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember it now. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I've got because Dad was going through the treatment when, well, I'm pretty sure he'd just been diagnosed when Coco went off to Afghanistan, and then when he got blown up, like. It, it, you know, we've got two dead sisters. It's like, you know, yeah. sometimes probably you know, thinking of it a little bit too deep, but I reckon, yeah, there was a deal done with the two sisters. Like, yeah, you, it's either we take dad or we take buddy, your brother. So that's your, that's what you've got to deal with. And I think they said, listen, take dad, but at least let let dad know that he's, he's alive. So uh, when dad got diagnosed with his terminal cancer, I think the docs gave him three or four months and, you know, Dad got another eighteen months out of it. I think more Irish stubbornness, and um, yeah, to be honest, the amount of fucking whiskey that man you know consumed in his lifetime, you know, and top quality whiskey, I think basically <laughs> that that basically pickled his body for you know for that eighteen months. So he got yeah. Don't worry, if there's ever such thing as a perfect death, Dad Dad had it. You know, yeah, family around him. Singing songs and basically having a party around him, and he just yeah drifted off on a, on a Monday morning at seven o'clock to the last note of his favourite song. Perfect. So nice. um yeah, and then yeah by nine o'clock um you know yeah we'd we'd wash dad uh, my sister and me um my sister basically and mum had washed dad because um, my sister and mum were like well mum's a, a nurse. They washed Dad, and we hand, we'd handed him on to the the morticians, and yeah, I think we had no half nine. We're all down the beach, and like I said, you know, what Dad's gone. We've handed him off. Let's go home. Let's pack a picnic, and we're going straight to the beach and having a game of, you know, 
exactly how dad would want it. Go and have mm. a fucking great day at the beach and have a game of, you know, beach cricket as a family. And that's what we did, mate. And then come home and celebrated. We had a proper Irish wake and stuff. Beard, yeah. Yeah, nice, mate. That's not, yeah, that's good. It's a good way to uh, send off someone is celebrate their lives, not, uh, 100%. Not, not, yeah. not dwell on it. Yep. Just so, just back to your, you know, you, you growing up, mate. Uh, how were you compared to, again, mate, I'm just referencing off Coco's podcast. How were you, <laughs> you know, in regards yep. to schooling and making friends? So, I think it was a bit of the, um, like, I was the, the happy, go-between. I could mix with all different groups. I didn't actually fit to one particular group. I was more in the middle. I could stay friends there. But I, when it comes to academia and all that, I just I, – I really struggled academically. Um, I had to really concentrate. So Coco did it easy. He could have – yeah, he could have had to finish on an IP of two or three. Um, I think, yeah, IPs back then was between – was went from one through to 25. And I think, yeah, during my IP, my results was like 24 or something. Like, that bloke is going to be going into infantry or he's going to be <laughs> fucking a concreter. So, yeah. Um, so that's, you know, and at that stage, well, I was in the Army Reserve. So uh, because I didn't know whether I want to be a chef or a, um, I'd have been offered a few apprenticeships to be a chef, about three apprenticeships. And so I was dancing between the idea of becoming a chef or a um, soldier. So, um, yeah, that's basically and like we've, we're from big family on one of eleven. Um, so five boys, six sisters. All the sisters are bossy. It's a quirk fucking thing, bossy women. Um, but we've got a strong mum, and um, she always bred us up. You know, be humble people and all that. And I think the way we are, like, don't get me wrong, I'm the eldest of the group, but we fought like cats and dogs. Like, um, and I have had many a punch on, and like, you will never fight anyone harder than you ever fought your own siblings. Mm. Yeah. Um, and me and McCordy, there's been a couple of times we've gone knuckles, you know, on the way home from school. And I remember going, you know, me and him getting knuckles. And then there was a mate of mine and a mate of his, they jumped in to help us both. Like, and then we we're like, you don't hit my brother. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and he was doing the same thing. So we end up flogging our best mates. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Over absolute shit. Uh, yeah, we've been going from fighting each other to backing each other up. I think we've got like probably, it's probably a bit like the Taliban, you know, me against my brother, me and my brother against buddy, my cousins, me and cousins against everyone. Yeah. That's yeah. some sort of that sort of weird fucking Fijian, you know, when people ask what my bloody heritage is, I'm half Fijian, half Irish, I'm fully Australian. Technically, I'm a genetic fuck-up. So, <laughs> I, you know, and that's part of that, you know, I think that's, well, Dad always taught us, you know, you gotta, if you're not going to fucking laugh at yourself, boys, you're going to be, you're, you're going to have a rough time. Exactly. And um, he's brought us up with that sort of mentality. Always got to you know, work hard, play hard, and always, buddy, be willing to take the piss out of yourself. Uh, which yeah, it's, fu- it's just it's funny you say that because obviously you get into the military, and especially once you get into the regs or the infantry battalions, that's what it is. Oh, it is. That's all it is. Yep. Work hard, fucking play hard, and just take the piss out of anything and everything that happens. Yep. You know, someone loses a leg in Afghanistan, you're like, mate, uh, you only need one shoe now. Like, yes, you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you just take the piss. Take the piss. Yep. 
Fuck. It's it's what gets us through that dark humor, and it's it's a required, it's that required sense humor um, that you need. Yeah, you know, there's a certain madness that fucking makes soldiers. I think every profession has it. You have to have a a certain madness to do a job, especially to excel at that job. I mean, lawyers, you know, it, if you're going to get to that top one percent. Or you know, in that top percentage, I'll try to push for that. Especially if you're enjoying it, there is a special madness that comes with every trade, and that like, not. I was very lucky that I was, um, you know, I had a, a great family upbringing. Uh, you know, looking back, I thought the way we brought up because Dad was very strict. Yeah, we we had a very very strict household. Yeah, an Irish type fucking upbringing. Um, our dad was a product of the sixties, basically. You know, like the socialist buddy movement through the Irish and all that. Um, yeah, being being raised by a very strict, you know, grandfather and grandmother. Yeah, you know, granddad was a lawyer, so there was it was black and white as far as mm. he concerned with. Dad always was comfortable in the grey, and um, I think that's how he lived his life. He's more comfortable in the grey rather than mix with the fucking with the the plebs of society because at least they told you the truth in the posh of society. Because he goes, well, you know, in the grey you'll get a mix. If you're going too far, you know, too Christian and all that, or they think, oh, yeah, it has to be white, has to be white, has to be white. Uh, and too far the opposite, it's too black. So you have to live in that middle ground, that grey area. And I think that's where Dad excelled and, you know, been able to take a laugh and he brought us up to that sort of thing. And, yeah, don't get me wrong, there's chores, there's still expected to be, you know, um, curfews and all that. Um, but looking back at it, it actually, you know, Dad was a pacifist. He wanted to have nothing to do with Buddy soldiers of warfare because you know having grown up in ireland during the troubles like i was very surprised you, you hear, always hear about buddy the ira bombings and stuff up you know up the north of the country the belfast but apparently there was bombings happening in in dublin yeah. you know people don't realize no dublin was getting you know reprisal bombings from the uh from the irish buddy version of U, uts or what do they call them so they're sending their buddy, the loyalists, down, and they're doing similar type attacks in Dublin. And that's one of those buddy areas. Obviously, they'd know about it and stuff, but because we're only, you know, we've got, we were getting the British doctrine or British buddy, um, you know, being a part of the motherland, you're only hearing one side of the fight type thing. So it's interesting to hear that, oh, I didn't hear about this stuff happening in Dublin and all that. So, yeah, that was happening. So you got to see, you know, the residual effect of insurgency, you know, having grown up in Buddy Island during during the mm. Troubles and stuff. So he was very, very much off the idea of, you know, armed conflict, which is interesting because he bloody made, he went on to you know, produce basically four soldiers in his family. <laughs> you know, me, my brother, uh, you know, me, me and my two brothers and my sister. Mm. And had a wonderful career in it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's wild. That's yep. wild, mate. Now, <clears throat> where does the the thought of 
you were the first to join the military out of the, out of the whole family. So, uh, so on my mum's side, so we've got you know, Coco goes through this in his podcast. So yeah, we've got a lot of um, you know pre World War Two and all that, but we have got so Lingani is our mate is our family name. It's BGN for warrior. So you know, in the hierarchy of the, the royalty of the Fijian hierarchy, our family is about fifth in line of the throne. So when the old king of Fiji or the old main chief of Fiji passes on, the royal guard would come from our family and our, our village. So granddad was a chief, so grandson of a village chief, put the warriors in together, you know, take the war canoes, and then they'd escort the new king from his place to the place of ceremony, and their job was to basically stop any ambush and buddy assassination attempts on that bloody new chief until he's made the chief, you know, chief of chiefs or the, or technically the king of um of Fiji. So yeah, so that is bloody. You know, I've got cousins that are mm. still serving in the military. Um, my uncles, you know, a couple of my uncles are in the colonels and all that. There are officers in the in the military and all that. So it's uh, granddad um, was trained to be a bloody driver. For look at that, he was a driver and MP. In the military, and he was a big man. He's like six foot six, massive. I'm a midget. I'm the midget of the family. So, out of all the boys, you know, I'm only 180 centimeters. So, what six foot imperial? And um, yeah, you know, you look at me brother. You know, he's David you know, Coco's bloody small. He's only six four, but I've got little. You know, my little brother um, Domo. He's six seven. He's a monster, mate. Oh, and the older brother in Nokia, he's buddy, we'd be six three. And he's like, he'd be fucking half a shoulder wide. He's a brick shit house type thing. So <laughs> he's always getting the dad about him. Like, oh, he what? I said, obviously, he lasted a bit longer than him. And with, with these guys, and you did with him, he goes, what do you mean? I'm like, fuck off. I said, you put an extra few inches in these buckets. I said, I don't know. I'm not a dad. I'm a September baby. But it was fucking, it was New Year's dad. You were drunk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was just a quickie. Got it. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah, right. So just back to that. So you obviously had the influence of uh, the Defence Force and armies, um, uh, that influence to join the Defence Force. But you looked at, uh, obviously, you joined Choco's first. Uh, yeah. You did three years as a Choco. So, mate, run me through that process. And so this is 1996. This is 1996. So I just, I was, um, just turned 17 and I didn't know if I wanted to finish school or join the army, but. Um, so I can't remember what the contract was four, four, six, or eight year contract to sign us up back in the day. And that's a big commitment to think about at 17 years of age. And then I was doing research, you know, I did 30991. I'm interested in Defense Force. I actually had the um, the guys come around to schools and took all my name and all that sort of stuff, you know, the, the bus, the tour, the ADF recruiting tour that comes around all schools. So they'd been around. And I was having a chat to them about it, and they actually sent me all you know, all a heap of documentation. And they said that also have a look at doing the army reserve. That was one of the um, suggestions of one of the of the corporals there. He's like, "Yeah, don't think about just giving up school, just join army. Have a thing about finishing school." He goes, "Remember, you can finish do army army reserves. Because have a think about maybe potentially doing army reserve. There's a local unit down here." I got to meet uh, the warrant officer Madrinsky at the time. That was the um, he was a training warrant officer down here. Um, 
to Randall Madrinsky. And so I got to meet uh, Warren Madrinsky uh, at that school meeting. He goes, yep, no worries. Come around on a Tuesday, this, that, and the other, I'll show you around. And he goes, it might be a way of a try before you buy because he goes, so the time he goes, well, what's, what are you thinking about? So, well, I don't know if I want to be a soldier or a chef. He goes, you know, you have cooks in the army. I said, they're cooks, no offense, uh, but I want to be a chef. If I'm going to be a, a, a chef, yeah, I'm going to be a fucking proper chef. So, um, yeah, you know, thinking about going, going and work on a buddy cruise ship. That was one of my dreams. Yeah. I thought, oh, yeah, work on a cruise ship, buddy. Yeah, travel the island and bloody, you know, sleep with fucking, you know, gorgeous native girls and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I think that's every fucking soldier is there. And then when I had uh, a look at the Army Reserves, um, the first, basically, that I brought bank come in and it was a Tuesday night and they were doing escape and evasion exercise. So we got all dropped off all over the place and local cops were involved. With that training, so they're actually driving around, doing hunter as a hunter teams, and buddy, as one of the other all the um, the sec or the, all the warrants and stuff, they were like working with the cops as hunter teams as they dropped us off and go, we've just dropped them off A B C D and E, you know, this location, and then we spent pretty much the next hour and a half, two hours going from our drop off point, you know, back into um, the barracks or you know the depot. And for me, that was like, this This is amazing. It's a Tuesday night. These guys are getting played to play Cowboys and Indians or, buddy, you know, um, basically play Tiggy. And then when I was doing the, you know, when I was doing the reading and all that stuff, there was like, you had the, uh, the reserve commandos. That's what I was actually looking at. And I'm like, fuck yeah. You know, I'd read heaps of works about World War II, the Cockle Shell Heroes on you know, the Royal Marine Commandos and all those commando raids. Um, you know, read all the comic books and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, that looks pretty cool. And um, so they dragged me up for a a me an interview up to Townsville, which is a defence recruiting in Townsville, one of the centres. What do you want to join? I said, I want to join commandos. I said, what commandos? I'm like, this looks pretty cool. The idea of coming up in the submarine, Zodiacing to beats, climbing a cliff face, you know, humping in ten or fifteen k's, you know, raiding a village, shooting all the bad guys and rescuing the dame in distress, and running back to a helicopter flying out there. Hopefully, the dame wins me over. You know, I win the dame over, and like, I thought, fuck, that's wrong. I, I think that is part of the reason why a lot of us become infantry soldiers. It's like secretly we all got this romantic streak. And we think that yeah. we're going to become, you know, rescue fucking some fucking the heroes. Yeah, become heroes. Yeah. And that's what we want. Like, yeah. yeah. And like, we yeah, bullied at school and we're like, fuck this. I'm not going to let anyone ever bully me. Unless I had a bit of bullying and yeah. stuff. And yeah. So that's honestly how it came out. I thought I'd be a commando coming in off a submarine and rescuing some fucking beauty. I'm still trying to find her. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, so, yeah, so from there, so basically you're 13, 19, 01, you go through the process, medical, all that, blah, blah, blah. You go to Choco. Do you go to Kapuka? Is it, is no, it, mate. It was just an in, in-between thing, you so know, actual thing. Back in the day, around the, you know, the night, of, so we had uh, regional training groups. So each 11 training group was where I did mine, which is based out of, um, of Larrick Barracks. 
So you know we sub one is yeah you Wonka yeah yeah yep. So pretty much like that, but they had that sort of setup for each of the brigades would have like a regional training group, uh, depending on what brigade you're attached to, and so every year, two or three times a year, uh, you they would run a two week recruit course, and then they do a two week. The idea is the first year you get your two week recruit course out of the way. And then the following year, you do your IT course. They run for two weeks and stuff. So, you know, I'm very lucky that I, I you know, it took, I only got to do two weeks of buddy marching. And, you know, uh, actually, when I got into the regs because I transferred straight across, the boys in Delta Company, one hour, they're like, fuck off, cunt. You are not wearing that skippy badge. <laughs> so I had a, um, I, I kept my fucking green puggery, but I kept the fucking RQR badge on until fucking wave on curses. He goes, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, no offense, sir, but I have to earn that Skippy badge. And he's like, great answer. Righto cunts, which one of you cunts told me he's not allowed to wear the fucking Skippy badge? <laughs> he goes, you're part of a regiment? I expect to see a Skippy badge. He goes, yeah, and I think one of the boys fucking meekly put his hand. He goes, "I know I would have been one of you." Or he got like, "I know you would have been one of them fucking you dodgy cunt." As soon as this parade's finished, you're marching him down, and you're getting him a skippy badge. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so just so you did three years as a chalk mate. How'd you how'd you find that? Was it just were you just parading every Tuesday? So you know, that was the old every class, here and there. Every Tuesday, mate. Yeah, a three hour parade. So that was class half day, three warming, and then um. Yeah, once once a month, you'd go up to Townsville and yeah, or wherever we we're going, and we'd do a weekend training activity. So I found that I was lucky, mate. I fell in love with the fucking game straight away, and I and while my mates were off smoking bongs and buddy, you know, shagging buddy school friends and stuff, I was you know, on the weekends. I was actually learning how to do cool shit, you know, shooting rifles, you know, throwing hand grenades. Yeah. You know, foreign bloody 66s and stuff and, you know, or playing cowboys and Indians, you know. To me, it was a magic time and, and I was lucky that the organisation just, they got me at that right stage, you know, young 17-year-old uh, kid, highly impressionable, hanging around some, you know, extremely amazing men and women that the ADF produces and for me, it was just like I'm, I'm home. Like you know, you know yourself. Like when you found, yeah, of course, you, you found that job is just like, yeah, this is me. Oh yeah, mate. I was a chalk as well. I was a chalk yeah. first, and then went oh, because right. mate, same thing. They dangle that carrot, and you're like, fuck, I want that carrot. Yeah, semi semi. Did you do the old time. six week call? Did you do Kapuka? Mate, I did. Yeah, I did Kapuka 2003. So we did six weeks. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Did the six six forty five days? I think it was back. Yeah, then. it's yeah. good because cool. they're gonna they're going back to the three. They're doing a three week recruit course. Mm. I've been saying that for years, um, mate. It was good. It was it's great a way to mate. do it. It is not even that because you, you're in, you know, the platoon. Ninety percent of them are, are full time soldiers, and then you know, ten percent of us are just chocks, and we just go back to our chocks and yep. do the chock thing. So yeah, I think there's a lot the army can work on. So from there, mate. So where do you get the? Obviously, you got the carrot dangled in front of you. You're doing the chocos. You're fucking loving it. You have yep. found your purpose. You want to be a soldier. You transfer to regs. Now, where does this come into play? So I finished uh, school, so it might have been 18, 2018. So 19, um, 
there was nothing like I'd finished school, like I was working as a, a glassy, I think. So yeah, and working at a pub pouring beers and stuff. And we're trying to fucking apply for jobs. So at the time we had applications in to transfer into regs. So um and no one was picking up because at that time that was when the ARN come in. So they just introduced this fucking AIRN buddy thing. And the idea was as far as buddy government was concerned, there's too many people in the ADF. So they're trying to find ways to get people out. So yeah, you still had people on the 20 year contract. So the DFRDB do 20 years, then you get to retire for the rest of your life type thing on 80% of your wage, if I remember rightly. So you still though trying to get out of that. Super was brand new. I think Super come in about 96 at the same time. So they were at that process where they're trying to get some of the old guard out and basically go from an army this big or defence force this big and shrink it down by third. Uh, it was a Labor government, mate. So it was penny pinching. Um, you had, buddy, not Howard, who was the one? Keating was in. So they, yeah, the the country was had just was in a recession, just coming out of recession. And then, um, yeah, so I was a glassy for about a year before when I finished school. And then a little place, you know, I was actually doing more to course, uh, more to basic course with one RAR in September of 99. I just was August, would have been, yeah, August of 99. And then we were up, we're actually up in high range um, doing our basically final shoots. And it was like, fuck, get these bombs down, boys. Um, and we were, now this is back in the day when, like, a mortar course, like, well, you're a mortarman. Mm. Like, we had both, we had that much ammunition, mate. It was I know, too much. Too much. <laughs> yeah. They were just like, so it wasn't, it, it was as if, bloody, every man had been allocated, buddy, 100 bombs or something, like, uh, each man and you know, so was, you had a lot of you had a lot of bang and I've been always really interested because our shoot was just like pack up bang let's go all the bombs are gone it was race down you know um, range fucking checks done and then we were racing down the hill and it was like as soon as we got down like if you're one hour out go back immediately back to your company so uh, I was you were 31 I was the only chock on the course which was intimidating but I would say, me and the boys from Tour, we, we were staying back and cleaning tubes and, you know, cleaning everything. And then next morning, same thing, rock up, and it was just like, you know, I don't know, about 10 o'clock, I think it was. Yeah, we all of a sudden, the one area boys are back, look what the fuck are you guys doing? They're like, oh, you know, they're pissed off looking. And then it was um, the platoon sergeant and the 8 9, Peter B, uh, Tommy Biederman, he's like, if you blokes are part of the 2nd Battalion, make your way in to sign off course reports. You need to leave immediately. You need to go straight from here. And so they're handing out course reports, getting them signed. It was just like, you're 2A, got everything, A, B, C, D, and E. And they're sent straight back to the battalion. Um, you know, we finished up the week doing what we got to do before. I was buddy RTU'd back to my unit. And that was pretty much... It was two hours where the balloon had gone up, basically. And within three to, or a couple of days, you know, the boys were landing in East, East Timor. Well, they're on boats and they were landing in East Timor a couple of days, a t- couple of days later. 
a little bit of start and stop. I know that period, you know, it's like boats going like halfway and then coming back as they're trying to get permissions and all that stuff. It's a bit of a confusing time for buddy. You know, we're all sitting there watching, buddy. Oh, shit, it's going to be World War Three, And, um, yeah, two hour went to war with buddy, well, three and buddy uh, five, seven. And, um, yeah, we had a two-week exercise. We had about two weeks off and then a two-week exercise, you know, the Choco thing, which we did. And then on that end of that Choc course, they're like, anyone, buddy, interested in transferring? Or they're going to do training teams because that all the international um, soldiers come to Townsville for acclimatization. And they needed demo parties to go, well, this is how Aussies do section attacks. This is all their formation, et cetera. So I do an induction training for foreign forces. And they're asking for demo teams from buddy the reserves. And I put my hand up. And that's when Max Walker, who was the acting CSM of our company, he's like, Perky, did you put your name down? I'm like, oh, yes, sir. And he goes, take your name off immediately. I'm like, shit, am I in the shit? And he goes, See in my office in two minutes and scratched the name off, went up there. Hey, sir. And he goes, I used to, I was in there was my CSM from 3031 uh, from Bowen Peter Stable. And he said, Are you still interested in transferring to the regs? And I said, Yes, sir, I am. And he goes, Right, excellent. Um, you're willing to go do your buddy testing this week or any day? And he goes, Sweet. And he goes, well, you might as well stay in town. We're going to try organise. So ring up mum to say you're not going to be home on Sunday. You're staying up here in, in um, the barracks, which was Kissing Point up down near the beach. And he goes, you're staying here. And then one of the days you've got to go across to one area and you've got to be trade tested. So I think the Monday or Tuesday, a couple of the sergeants so I posted regular boys come in. They ran me through a heap of training and stuff. Uh, for um, my trade test, uh, you know, general military knowledge and all that, just rehashing shit for me. And then I think the Wednesday they dropped me out. My C- uh, CSM come in and like, dragged me home for a couple of oh, two days, get everything washed, come back, bang, because he wanted to do checks and balances too. And then by the Wednesday I come in, and then the Thursday was training with um, Delta Company. It was um, my first seco at the time there was uh, Whitey. Uh, what is now Major's and he went to engineers. Forget Whitey's name, uh, first name. I was calling Whitey anyway. Absolute stud of a seco, and so mm. you know, same thing. Bang! Everyone's getting ready for uh, Delta Company's champion uh, soldier comp. So everyone was just doing bull rings, round robins, and buddy, you know, rehash and tabulated data. And then kickoff was about five o'clock on the Friday, and um, out of all the buddy things, and then when they read out the names, I think they read out the top ten, and it turned out that I'd come fifth overall in the company. So they went, and that's when one of Von Kurtz, who was this company sergeant major of buddy Delta Company One, area, he goes, "Congratulations, Quirky, uh, you still wanted to come across?" And I'm like, "Yes, sir," and he goes. Any chance you can be um, back here, say, Sunday? I'm like, yes, sir. And he goes, Sunday, any time, mate, because you start work Monday, uh, 0700. In the day. Okay. That was it. That was that it. easy. 
So it was, you know, it was frightening. It was like, holy shit. So Ray's saying, so this is what I've been offered. Bang, I'm going back to um, become a soldier. And then we had a bit of a celebration at home. Then, yeah, mum and dad, buddy, drove me up on the Sunday at the family. Mum was telling me, actually, well, just recently that dad had had a pep talk, so I was moving every stuff up, all my stuff up to my room. They, uh, Dad was down, he goes, don't cry. And he goes, be all happy you know, to the family. He goes, yeah. he needs to see that you guys are happy. And he goes, oh, so you yeah, should yeah, be because yeah. he's just got his dream job. Yeah. And he goes, we'll stop outside the gate. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. And that's- like I, I, thought, I thought he was telling you not to cry. <laughs> no, no, he was telling the family. He goes, don't yeah, cry. Yeah. And yeah. mum said, yeah, they she drove out the gate, pulled over the side of the road, and had a bit of a brawl. And so that was uh, 5th of November, 1999. Uh, that's yeah, you marching in. Yeah, yeah, mate, marching into the 1st Battalion. As you said, mate, you had a bit of a couple of days uh, wearing the RQR badge, uh, as you got told, but eventually <laughs> uh, you had to go down and get your Skippy badge. And how did you find it? You see, you spent, what, five years in the battalion at 1R, mate? How did you uh, find about that? About four years, mate. End of uh, 2003, years, yep. after our, um, our tour, I decided to chase a young lady down to Canberra as she was getting posted. We all got to make that mistake, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I've made many, trust me. I've got Amen, four kids. brother. I've got four Amen. kids. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was intimidating. It like um, – Delta Company were like we had, you know, Blake's of Warren Officer Von Kurtz. You know, the, the battalion still had, you know, it was, I was the first Rio into my platoon for two years. Mm. And they just, they just done it come, the, those boys had come back from Malaysia. They'd done it like a two, uh, the three month tour, Butterworth tour of duty. And during that, the previous year, they'd lost Billy Watts, you know, and the grenade incident. So, that team and and Billy was basically um, he came from the company and I think from the platoon if I remember rightly uh, it, it was Billy's platoon if I remember rightly and I, I think I might have been in Billy's room so they were very very protective of his legacy and you know when you've got a, a platoon that's gone through that trauma um, yeah there's there's a bond that is created through trauma and mm. you know. To break into that, you know, I'll never, I will never fully break into that Malaysian tour where they lost Billy and stuff. But there is that bond, and those boys will always have that bond, and rightly so. Um, but it was interesting to go, fuck you, you're the first Rio, and but the guys are fantastic. They took me underneath their wing, and they're like, right, there's one or two chocks. They didn't, they gave me, if anything, it was the ex chocks that gave me more shit. And I found out later they were ex chocos. Then the uh, boys have gone through Singo and stuff like, um, but yeah, like everyone's got their proving. Um, all right, here's a fucking story for you. So Jack Ivy was my tune sergeant. He's like, right, here's buddy, here's your roommate, and it was like fucking the old spare box or things. Yeah, they were using it as a spare box room, the best spare room. But blokes had been in there changing fucking motorbike engines and stuff. You know, that was like they'd come up and they're like, right, hey, we need a mechanics workshop. So you can imagine the lino. It's not the old school, buddy. Mm. Three hour like lino. It was covered in buddy scuff marks and buddy grease stains and shit. Like that wiped it clean, but it was like fuck ridiculous. Oh, this is fucking shit for it. And Jack's all guy boys, you know, for take the um, rest of the day tomorrow. We're going to have a um, we're going to have a room inspection. 
And I thought, like, fair enough. And so we end up having a room inspection. Like, so we had the rest of the day off, and you know, we went out to the bloody Stocklands and time. I got a heap of fucking steel wool and come back. And like, it's my first time I've had a bloody inspection in the army. So I don't know what the bloody standards are. I was told, get this fucking floor clean. And I steel wooled that lino back to bare lino. And then I was scared shitless that I was going to get back. Jack Ivers, he looked like a rhino, rhinoceros. You know. To me, he looked like a rhino, like a rhinoceros. He still does. You know, just how he walks and he's fucking nuggety. Like, holy fucking. Yeah, you know, he's a bag of muscle. Um, he still is. He's you know, a lovely bloke. Uh, I haven't seen him for years, but I've seen him photos. Like, he still he doesn't eat. He's one of these bastards. I think he just bathes in oil of Uland or something. Anyway, get back to the story. But yeah, I cleaned this thing and then I pulled out the louvers and I was like scrubbing all these louvers back to bare metal and like got, you know, uh, polished everything down so it was gleaming. You know, Kapuka style, buddy. I, don't th- I didn't sleep much that night. I was fucked. Yeah, and um, yeah, sure enough, next morning, you know, if I can stand by you, buddy. Outside by your rooms, which has been interesting, and boom, 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 the boys. And remember, Jack Ivy coming in, he goes, Holy shit, fuck, Greggy, this is the new standard. And I'm like, What? That's <laughs> like, This is immaculate. And he's like, Going through, boss, come in here, look at this. And he's like, Wow, this is on here. The boss, so he goes, Greggy, your, your socks are upside down. I'm like, What, what do you mean? He goes, Oh, they're doing. There's no smiley faces. Yeah. And I had no idea what this fucking smile What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, because you didn't do Kapuka, yeah. You didn't do Kapuka. He goes, yeah. oh, I have Kapuka, but these are smiley faces. You know, these are, and so he goes, all your, all your socks are really sad. It makes me sad. And I'm like, holy <laughs> fuck. But that's quitting. That was quitting massive. And I was shitting myself. Like, holy fuck. Yeah, I'm going to get bashed by the fucking boss or the platoon sergeant. And he goes, so, but he's generally happy with everything. And then, yeah, everyone said, they um, right, oh, boys, fucking. Into the new cunt's fucking room. Let's go. And everyone fucking piled into my room for the debrief. Goes, guys, fucking, yeah, really good. Listen, guys, yeah, yeah, this is fucking what, yeah, this is, check out the new cunt's fucking room. This is fucking what we want. He goes, listen, we're going to do another room inspection tomorrow, but we're not going to worry about your rooms because you've got blokes there, got carpets. He goes, but our hallway, and he goes, look at the floor, guys. He goes, I want the hallway and the common room looking like this. And then, that was our job for the day, mate. And then I got bashed, kicked, thumped by every bloke in that pursuit. I remember just like strubbing like a black slave and fucking, <laughs> yeah, you fucking fuckhead. It was like they all into me like, fuck, man. Like, and, you know, it would come to like five o'clock, like, yeah, fucking knock off. And they're like, you, you can't stay up all night and clean or what well, we hadn't had clean. So the Blake, so for the rest of the night, I didn't sleep that night. I was fucking mate. And he goes, and they was like, but well, when you get that done, you've got to fucking clean the shit is, you know, the SALs both ends. And so same thing. I've gone to the SALs and I've fucking, I've sanded that fucking thing back to be um, basically bare metal on the on, on the urinals and stuff and like sat up all night polishing shit. And then... I can still remember it was about five o'clock in the morning and here fucking one of the blokes, I was down on one end, I was finishing up. And then one of the blokes comes down, fuck off, yeah, get the fuck out of the way, little. It's getting kicked out of the way. And he had, he's going to have piss in the urinals. And he goes, you fuck out, he's done it again. And he's fucking thumped the fuck out of it. I can still remember him lying down he's on the ground, looking down <laughs> the, um, the alleyway or the, the, the lines and just seeing, just 
all these all these rooms because you could just hear you fuckhead and just like and just watching feet and just like oh well just curl up and take it and just like you're a fuckhead. So we got beaten the fuck out of that day. And then for the for the boss carry I got me shit squared away. Shut up, cut. So I could take this down, that down. And then we got inspected again. And I remember this time they what VK and they've got he goes, Yes, it's fucking magnificent. <laughs> and then um VK got all the you know, fuck sides for you fucking Jack, go get the other two fucking sergeants. This is the standard. And so no, no, 11 Batoon and fucking 12 Batoon boys come up and they're like, I'll go fucking. Then we had the piss up. It was a Thursday, I think. It must have been Wednesday. And then a Thursday, like, there's fucking Crave Esky, Esky full of fucking. I just wanted to bathe an ice top thing. And then, yeah, the initiation, the hazy, getting pissed on, fucking sculling, fucking yeah. all the durry butts that happened. But there's blokes just like, you're a fuckhead. We're fucking you up. Because. They'd heard about, like, this is the new standard. This so is the whole company. Want. Whole company fucking just hated on fucking the new cunt. <laughs> He's a chock here. That cunt's a chock. Fuck him. Fuck that cunt. So it was like, there you go. Well, the fucking 3 Enjoy bashing. Or not three, buddy. One area. Well, big blue one. You got to get black and blue, bitch. And yeah, it was a, it, looking back, it, it wasn't abuse. It was fucking, was it, it was character building. Yeah. Mate, you, exactly right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm laughing that's at all, that one. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but, there was, but it's funny you say that because there was always, I remember back in the battalion, there was always that one guy that could just fucking clean. And every time, you know, the boss would walk in, clean, check their room, like, holy fuck, this is the new standing. Like, get fucked. You yeah, can't. you can't. You've just yeah. fucked it for the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> well, my pollies were shit. So that's how I learned how to fucking iron pollies. I've got fucking extras. So I fucking. Got the boys to teach me how to iron polys and I ironed them and I kept no worries. And then, so where to go get right? I'm going to go get another two sets of polys, fucking get them immaculate. And then I end up ironing all the boys' blokes' polys, going, hey, fucking bang. Because if they're not ironing it, because they're like, yep, no worries, that toss it, fuck off, cunt. You fucked that up. And so the blokes all inspect their own polys, like, I better get fucking best dressed, cunt. So you had, so I got to iron, that's how I learned to iron. Is, Ironing fuck my pods, the boys are teaching me they don't iron their pollies and that run just inspection, go fuck off, get it done again until yeah. they were happy with their pollies. And um I remember doing that and also we had a dress, you know, cock of the walk, we had fucking former guard mount. And I'd done my sections pollies besides my two IC. So we had back in the day at a two IC still living on gorge and most of the set goes. You only moved off and you fucking get married or moving in with your missus type thing. Mm. So I was a type of two. And, yeah, I got bloody best dress, even though I purposely put a blemish in. And I was going to get back for my section. And Jack Ivey goes, oi, dickheads, you think I don't know anything? And he goes, I know that cunt fucking done all your fucking pollies. And he goes, and I also know he put a fucking <laughs> blemish in the back of his so he wouldn't fucking stand out. And he goes, I'm not fucking dumb. Shut the fuck up. That's it. <laughs> the only reason he said, yes, he's not the best dressed. He goes, the only reason why he's getting fucking best dressed for the night is because he's fucking on all your pollies. So, yeah. But that was like, for me, that was my right of passage I needed yeah. to go through. Yeah. Because I hadn't done Kapuka or, or exactly. Singleton. It's like, well, fuck, guess what? The boys would have all gone through the same fucking pain and hate at those two establishment training establishments, and they would have all been bashful if fucking each other or them, you know, so they've gone through that hate. So that was 
for me, yeah, that was my rite of passage I needed to go through. F- fuck, mate, you weren't joining a fucking netball team. This is no, the military. Mate. Yeah, this is the military. Yeah. So, and one RR at the time was like I keep saying it's before there's commandos, boys. There's one, two, and three RR. Yeah, yeah. You know, they just say the three. I said, do I write like a three RR of the original commandos because they had fucking power wings. We were the best. We are the best. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, uh, so moving on, obviously, as you spoke about, uh, obviously, Timor kicked off that uh, first Timor trip with uh, 2nd Battalion, 3rd Battalion, etc. In when do you get your first gig in 2000? So, 2000. So, we were the third team in. Um, Yep. We thought, so we expected ourselves to take over two R out. So, you had. You had a brigade of uh, infantry over there, so uh, second and third brigade, and you're all second and third battalion, and like five seventh battalion, the mechanized boys. So, um, but at the stage, the ready company group, the ready battalion battle group, was between one and two, being the light infantry organization. So that was rotated between the two battalions. So we weren't buddy going out to the end of the battalion. So we technically couldn't go on. The battalion couldn't be deployed uh, while that war was or while that tour was going on. So when the boys come back from their six month tour of duty, we thought, no, they got replaced by six RAR, and that gone from a three battalion buddy battle group down to a one battalion battle group, which was battle group healer. And we took over Battle Group Healer. Gosh, when was it? Um, probably October. Yep. Yeah, it must have been about October uh, 2000. We took over from Battle Group Healer. Um, and yeah, we started our six months, six and a half months, I think, you know, left and right, uh, tour of duty before handing off over to 4 RR. Uh, was it four? I think it might be four area. They were they're in that transition stage. So you had one company yep. of commandos. Bravo company, yep. Yep, and the rest were regular buddy you know, yeah, yeah, regular infantry. So you knew the commandos because at the stage none of the blokes walking around the armor lights and buddy two oh threes. Black Co- boots. Yeah, black boots. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So, yeah, the special boys. Yeah, so so you said that was uh, six months that first uh, six months tour. Yep, yeah. And then how'd you how'd you find that again, mate? This is what you joined the army for is deploy overseas and wow, you know, yeah, wow, honest truth, mate. Yeah, um, you know, I just turned twenty one, and it was the biggest adventure of my lifetime. I think because that so you know, everyone was like looking on with envy, you know, when the war started because like oh we got to miss out we got everyone. Everyone wants that tour, and it was the first tour since, you know, it was the biggest tour since Vietnam, and it was the first tour since the end of Somalia, Rwanda, and stuff, uh, as battle groups size. We still had, buddy, smaller elements doing smaller um, operations. But, yeah, mate, it was, at the at the time, six area were, there was actually quite a bit of fucking stuff happening on six RS tour. Uh, when we were leading up, like especially the last two months before we got over there, we'd have a week, you know, weekly insults about like, oh, they've had a contact here, they've had a contact there. I think 
four weeks before we or three weeks before we landed, uh, Private Manning, New Zealand NZ uh, yep. Regiment, he'd be killed on a reconnaissance patrol, uh, V-shaped ambush, coming up a um, it was yeah, it was, it was coming up a uh, patrol. They're patrol. They're, tra- they're tracking bad guys, and they come up a re-entrant, and the bad guys have set a fucking a wedge ambush up the top, and yeah, they got hit hard. And, and during the break contact, the boys got to the RV point. Like, where's Manning? And where's Manning? Like, don't they? Like, oh, maybe he's bounced around now. So there was confusion with the patrol. They couldn't go forward because they're outnumbered. So the poor blokes had to keep bounding back because they're getting chased at that stage uh, until you know the QRF buddy got there, and then unfortunately they come across the poor bloke that cut his buddy throat, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, you know, that castrated him and, and put his buddy bits in his mouth, yeah. You know. mm. um, so we were that's the sort of intelligence you hear, like holy shit, and this is you know the, the gloves are off. When we heard what they did to Private Manning, we we knew. Right, eight gloves are off, um, and six RAR were doing a, a lot of a lot of good work, and you know, um, and then we, when we went over there, the, the platoon we took over, you know, those those diggers, you know, looking back, magic, mate. They told us no bullshit. This is what you're gonna need. This is what you need to do, ABCD. But at that stage, it's like sentry overload. I remember being. Because you, you're dealing with like for me, it's my first trip overseas uh, as an adult. So different culture, different smells, climate, humidity, you know, sites. Of, oh no, I've done Papua New Guinea with 31. Sorry, so my second trip, but you're shitting yourself. Like every mm. every corner, you think it's an ambush type thing. You know, um, dog, you think everything's a threat, and you know, having those old school, but you know, the, you know those boys are just done. Well, Coming up to the end of there, like 100, you know, 180 in the wakey, boys. Don't worry about it. It'll be easy. Just do you. And the biggest thing I remember, buddy, one of the blokes goes, Okay, what's it going mate? If it does kick off, just remember your training. And so he goes, And I remember it was a digger, and he goes, Mate, it's it's amazing. All that bullshit that we got taught. And he goes, It actually fucking works. And um, that gave us all a bit of confidence in how we'd been trained to get ourselves over there. So once we're here, buddy, you know, diggers telling us, mate, don't worry about it. You've been trained for this. If it kicks off, you've got to know exactly what to do. And, um, yeah, you know, I was yeah, right. lucky. I'd Wolfie Mullengraf. So Wolfie's an old, you know, an RAR buddy, um, legend in one RAR, you know, well well known. And it was, it was Wolfie's second tour as a seco. So he was a... He was a um, a seco in Somalia, so for him, you know, he'd been there, done that. He knew he'd got shot at, and he was like, "Cranky old bastard!" You know, the amount of times he threatened to fucking shoot me, like, "Fuck!" Yeah, he's like, oh, "That's that's how Wolfie says he loves you." That's what he's going. Oh, that's his love language, um, threatening to shoot people and stuff. Like, oh, I get it. You know, I'm the only black bloke in the fucking. In any section, he gets confused. I was <laughs> 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 just just on that. Obviously, you, you know, how did the locals take you? You know, they they, they expect They'd that start Australian. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. They take the Australian army as you know, predominantly yeah. white fellas. But yep. you could probably pass as a team of Yeah, oh mate, the, the, 
don't worry, the boys tried to sell me. So, yeah, the boys <laughs> tried to sell me off. Pulled the fuck in, like, yeah, he's Team Reeve. Yeah, he, he was born in Dilly. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, born in Dilly. You know, he come over with the refugees and stuff, and so he's grown up in Australia. So we've had to bring him back over to learn his culture. This is what this is the shit that we've been fucking told. Um, so Joy Cosgrave. So Joy... Uh, Joe Cosgrove's got to be next next RSM a three hour. Yeah. He'll listen to this and he'll laugh like. So Joe just spent buddy three months down at buddy school of Langs learning Ketam, you know, Timorese and stuff. A piss trip basically. And I remember we were out on a job. Jack Ivy's like pulled this old dude up, and I'm fucking pulling security for Jack and stuff. So I'm like, yeah, and he goes, fucking Cosy, come here. And he goes, ask this cunt. Where he's going, and Cosy is like the first time he's been put on the fucking you know, on the spot, yeah, on the spot. And whether it's bloody nerves or whatnot, he's like, "What?" He goes, "Ask him where the fuck he's going." Yes, mate. Where are you <laughs> going? <laughs> and I remember this, like looking at Jack and this team of rings, and I pissed myself fucking laughing. And Jack is, are you fucking serious? Goes, You're meant to be my interpreter. And he goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, mate, I'm sorry. I've just, I've just fucking forgot. I'm just having a bit of brain fart. I haven't laughed that hard because like, we're fucking here. We are meant to be tactical and all this shit. Where are you going? And I thought that is how Australian is that? You can send a fucking bloke. Oh. So I send the piss head to a fucking brewery and expecting yeah. him to keep an eye on fucking, yeah, you know, how much food there's going to be type thing. Like, yeah. no chance. No chance. So, yeah. So, Jack, yeah. So, RSM3, there you go. You yeah, right. him a shit, sir. <laughs> <laughs> fucking classic. So, you spend, what, six months in, uh, in Timor, mates. Uh, you get back to Townsville. Again, mate, first trip for you and I suppose for the battalion. Yep. Everyone gets back and uh, we got back about ten days that? before Anzac Day. Uh, 2000, 2000? Uh, 2001. 2001. So 2001. Yeah, come back two thousand one. Yeah, ten so days back for Anzac, Anzac Day. Day we, we we landed. We landed at home. ICBs, fucking couple of gongs. Well, we didn't um we hadn't been issued any of their gongs, so we're out on, we were actually, I can still remember Buddy being at the um, Townsville RSL. You know, it was a place for you know, let's go fucking RSL for everyone. And the whole battalion was there with fucking, you know, looking like a million dollars of brand new suits and shit. And um, there's a couple of old Vietnam vets and like, remember fucking like getting attacked. He's like, say, mate, fucking get called across from these, these old buddy Vietnam boys. And he goes, you boys are just back from the J, aren't you? And he goes, like, oh. And he goes, just back from tour? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, when was your last fucking patrol? I'm like, oh, fuck. And I said, I said, I said I'll be 20, 20 days ago. And so we, we done like, I can remember doing, finishing a patrol, and then it was like five days later, we're back in Australia type thing, you know, fucking bang, mm. bang, bang, doing this. So we, we had, yeah, it would have been, yeah, around that, it was a small amount of time, which was a great way to finish the fucking tour, to do a live op and then fucking have a couple of days cleaning shit and then you're fucking home in Australia. And uh, he goes, yeah. And he goes, you can't still got your jungle eyes on. I'm like, what? And he goes, we've been trying to figure, figure out what's wrong with you. And I'm like, what the hell are you on about? And he goes, right. And he goes, you point. He goes, 
look at your mates. And so all the boys are all facing each other. He goes, yeah. Look at their eyes. And like, and he goes, they're not looking at the blood. He goes, you'll see them all looking as you're all yeah. looking over each other's shoulder. He goes, because that's what you've been doing for the last six or five hours a year. Situational like, awareness. Situational awareness. And that was when I first picked up, like, holy fuck, you know, from old boy, he goes, yeah, man, welcome home. And it was something lovely about having some, you know, old veterans that, you know, we've all look, looked up to those boys, you know, as a kid, you know, watch them every Anzac day, a fucking chest full of fucking gongs and stuff. Like, holy shit, they're the fucking heroes. And then all of a sudden he goes, now you're one of us. Now you're a veteran. Mm. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he goes, don't worry about it. Don't worry about your gongs, mate. He goes, we know who the fucking, he goes, we, we can recognize you. He goes, there you go. He goes, you didn't even have to have gongs on. We still recognize you're a fucking part of us. So, yeah. So, that was, yeah, the trippy way to come back, as you know, and, you know I think you, you go through the readjustment through – through that and over that next six months, the adjustment period, like um, we were lucky with this third battalion in there because even though it was rudimentary, um, Defence Psych had picked up, you know, the need to do debriefs and stuff. Mm. They're still very rudimentary at the stage and, like, we, people go, oh, no, like, I've, I've got to see how – Psych debriefs have gone for you know through that twenty odd years. You know, starting at like, that interim stage. Yeah, you know, coming back would have been so it would have been eighteen months after the first basically foot boots were on the ground. So a year, pretty much a year after the two area you know, rotation or, or in the interfet rotation had come home. There had been a few things. So psychs were starting to pick up. There may be a few things wrong. Uh, but it was still all very early. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at that stage, what we noticed was that blokes would like were having troubles. You know, things weren't fitting in. And um, so what we found was blokes said they would put their hands up, uh, were pretty much ostracized. So as soon as they went to side, uh, it was like all of a sudden, like, oh fuck! Don't don't talk to fucking Hagar. Like that cunt's fucking nuts. You know, like, we might we we might catch madness, and that's what it was. It was like, so you had these poor bastards that are going through a lot of issues. Like looking back, you know, there's a few things I would have probably done differently too. We all would have, which we didn't know. We were probably too fucking scared of the process. It was like fuck, you know. And sort of thing, we're always scared of the unknown. But those blokes would front up, put their hand up, and then. At the time, there was a policy like, yeah. you were psych unsuitable yeah. and blokes were discharging. Um, so there was a number of fucking, I think that was our first real fucking taste of PTSD, even though we, you know, was course, undiagnosed yeah. PTSD. We're looking back at it now, that's, you know, we're all going through that yeah. post-traumatic fucking. Yeah, script. definitely. And I've spoken about this before, you know, it's, it's you, you look at it, your roles in infantry, outside of what they're fucking calling it now, it's the fucking kill cunts. That is the yep. first fucking job. Go yep. overseas, hearts and minds. If some cunts fuck with you, shoot them in the fucking face. Yep. Now, to come f- back to Australia and think you can just assimilate normally into normal 
civilian culture. Yep. It's fucking important. It, you can't, as you said, you, mate, you, had, you had those old vets looking at you guys going, fuck with these cunts looking left and right, looking for the yep. fucking closest exit, looking, you know, but yeah. it's, it's that, like, honestly, you I don't think spend, that's PTSD. Just that's just training. Yeah. That's just indoctrination of uh, the life of what you live. Yep. Yeah. You know, as you said, you know, six, six months living in each other's pockets. Now, I was exactly. lucky halfway through that tour, actually, I, I'd gone from Delta Company, Temper 2, and there was internal, you know, internal battalion bloody promotions and bloody shifting. And I went for Delta Company to Mortar Platoon. So I was very lucky that at that friction point, that halfway point where we start having the fucking niggle and there was a bit of fucking, you know, pet yeah. butting that was going on, they moved me to another platoon. So all of a sudden I've got to fucking I've gone from being a gunner and buddy Delta Car to Wolfie's gunner to I'm now in buddy Simon Statton's buddy section of mortars, one area. Like right, I say thirteen independent rifle platoon, which is what they call themselves. And I'm having to link in with very senior fucking soldiers of the battalion, extremely switched on fucking men at the base. They they were the masters. And that's when I was seeing like remember my first live fire, you know, section assault during the training at the buddy uh Balabay Rangers with him was just like holy shit. It was just like watching water fucking flow. It just happened that quick and I'm like, now I'm working with professionals. Now I'm like yeah. now it's like and that's where I realized like Fuck, I thought I was, I thought fucking we were good. And he goes, these cunts are fucking just another little bit level. And that's when I started to see, you know, the difference between rifle fucking company sections and that's a poor company section. Yeah, it's got that little course. bit of extra now and stuff. And, you know, just, it was amazing to see. And they're like, right, I've got to step my fucking game up again. Mm. So I got to finish off, I got, I got to be a scout. So I started with number two scout and then worked, you know, got to be a forward scout. So of that first tour, I ticked off being a machine gunner and I fucking got to tick off being a scout. You know, the two jobs we all want to fucking do on ops as diggers, I got to do. And, you know, um, and I, I think, I always said, you know, the, the one year, that you know, the six months you do on tour is equivalent to four years training in Australia. Mm. I, I ther- seriously believe that, you know, well, you've got you've you've got no other choice. No, no. right, mate. Yeah. That that changes even you know when you move to Afghanistan. That's just a different fucking kettle of fish altogether. Kettle of fish. Yep, each theatre is different. Yeah, mate. Yep. So you get back from Timor, mate. Uh, cashed up. One thing I want to touch on quickly. What'd you do with all your cash, mate? I pissed mine against the wall, brother. I'd say I'm fucking. I'd be telling the fucking word about the fucking drunk. If I was a scout. It's about three weeks in a row. And uh, I remember fucking filling up fucking ball and like right out. And the boss had fucking the boss was gonna fucking send me a drunk tank and he's like fucking quirky, you know, and rightly fucking so Quentin Matts and he goes, Quirky, you're nothing better than fucking one of those black cunts at the park. Boom. And that was my out. I'm like, What the fuck, sir? Boss, what what the fuck? Is this a it's it's is this a coloured thing, boss? And I had to fucking jump at it. Like, boss, fucking no way Quentin's fucking racist. Love it. Yeah. You know, he's, he's my boss. Um, and he, uh, I remember not fucking two sergeant, fucking private crew, get the fuck out. Like, yep. Like, stood outside, fucking bang, bang, bang. And he's coming out, rah, rah, rah. 
rinse me. March me back in, John, bang, right cunt, like this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yes, sir, yes, sir. I said, sir, I know you're not a fucking, I know you're not a racist, sir. I said, but you gave me an out, but I had to take it. He goes, I said, sir, it'll never happen again. So I went on the dry, and then, so he was on the dry for a couple of weeks, and then we, the boys, they called up, oh, let's go out of the town. You haven't been out fucking for ages. So we went out of the town, we ended up in Santa Fe with the strippers up here. And I can see my going through, like, holy shit, hey, hey, I'm like, oh, fuck, these can't switch and stuff like that. Yeah. Went upstairs and there's like, and I remember getting to the bar and I was drinking scotch and dry. It's like, went to the bar, hey, Mr. Hey, hey, Mr. Hagar, here's your scotch and dry. I'm like, fuck's witched. And so, and some chicks was talking to me, like, scanly, scared young lady. And then she's like, oh, yeah, this, that, and then, like, those were my name and all this. And she goes, you, how many times have you been here? And I'm like, uh, it's her first time. And she's like, she started giggling. She's like, do me a favor. It was a Friday night. She goes, do me a favor tomorrow. Go to your bank, ask for a buddy, a statement off your last two months since you got back. I'm like, what the fuck you mean? She goes, do me a favor. She goes, I'll pay for your drinks tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, okay, done. She goes, 10 o'clock tomorrow, tomorrow night, be here. Fair enough. Sweet. Thinking I'm going to get lucky with a fucking scantily clad fucking lake. No. <laughs> I remember going back and getting it, and it was just like I'd spent eight odd grand at fucking Santa Fe, or five to eight grand, or something ridiculous. And I remember doing the sums of like, and I can't remember a fucking thing. And she's like, "Yeah," because I remember saying like, "What the actual fuck?" She goes, "You have been that fucking drunk." She goes, "You have been every dancer's favorite fucking customer." She had like, "What have I been doing?" She goes, "You just been fucking th- tossing, tossing fives and twenties at them <laughs> yeah. and saying deployment dance money, dance for me, my little monkey," and like. What the fuck? So, yeah, I call it my my donation to the arts. Mate, right. you're just supporting supporting the, you know, the. I was going to pay That's these schools go girls from university fees, mate. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I pissed mine against the wall. I remember Dad saying, "It's all oh, you should buy a house." And like Dad, you told me back in the day, you used to save all your money and then go for a year long holiday. He's like, "Forgot everything I said. Go and have a great time." So yeah, yeah pissed out first one, and then yeah, you realise. You're, You're a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So, mate, um, just moving forward. So, 2000, again, mate, one of the, the uh, defining mo- moments, I guess, in world's history and especially for the Australian Defence Force, 9-11, mate. 9-11 happens 2001, changes the dynamics of what the Australian Defence Force is and uh, we, you know, subsequently, years down the track, we go out and seek and fucking kill. Yep. There's no capture. Kill. So at the stage study, military bases were pretty much open bases. Yeah, you know, like there was our security was was yeah, you know, looking back was actually pretty woeful. The free open spaces and stuff, like um we were given ID cards. I never used to take my name, I used to leave keep it in my lock, locker at work. And I remember I was riding to work and yeah, got stopped the CSRO flaps the gates there and like for dudes with guns, and there was the um, the Pogues were doing some sort of fucking shaky out ex- exercise. And they're like, so, you know, hey, listen, mate, no, no offense. I just need to get the fucking work. Where's your ID? And like, oh, I've got to be, I said, fine. I said, oh, it's, it's in my locker. What the fuck's it doing there? And I'm like, because I need it for fucking work. And like, and like, I've got my driver's license or whatever it was. And like, yeah, well, you need that. Like, Eddie's like, well, who the fuck else is, is, running to work with a backpack with PT kit. 
and bloody uniform in it type thing. Like, and I'm like, just get the fuck out of the way. I need to get the fucking work. And um, there, there was a major goes, not nah, fucking same thing. And they're like, sorry, John, we were not the buddy. Like, what the fuck? So in the end, we drove around the bill. We drove about four hundred, oh, not even that, two hundred meters around around the buddy, the checkpoint, and tossed our bikes over the fucking. Um, the fence and rode off anyway, and then we got to work like because they're like going on about buddy night, you know, you know, the World Trade Center. Like, what the fuck's that? And I'm like, where, where's that? This it's New York. I'm like, this town's where you fuckhead. <laughs> I'm like, never heard of it. Never heard of it. And then so I think a lot of people never heard of it. Like fucking World yeah. Trade Center, I never heard of it. Um, yeah, got to work and it was like, what the fuck? This, that, and the other. And then we got to watch buddy, um, on the buddy. The common room bloody thing. Holy shit. I thought it was a movie. Yeah. Fuck. Game changer. So, but Game there was changer. nothing really. Was, was there any talk of, uh, you know, dig it on the digger net about, you know, going to go fight a war? Mate, we it, thought it we were. Yeah. Because yep. we were training. Um, so we we're back in the normal training. And I think at that stage, was that 2001? Two. We got back in 03. So. Yeah, we thought, fuck yeah, we're we're on. We're gonna we're gonna get a Guernsey, and then there was words, there was rumors around that the Yanks wanted buddy at least the battalions were, and we we're like, we're on, and they're like, no, they wanted a paratroopers. So we thought, well, fuck, that's pretty cool. So we thought three at one stage was gonna go, uh, because of your parachuting, mm. it's you know, your insurgent capability, and then. It ended up being, um, I think it was two squadron SAS and a couple of commandos, like, um, you know, which way it happened. But it was interesting to watch it. And then, yeah, you, I remember we'd, you see, remember seeing all that footage of blokes just like looking that they're in the Antarctic type thing. And like, how the fuck? I think our cold weather fucking kit at the time was a Howard Green. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. How green jumper and a fucking and a smock and a winterweight sleeping bag. Yep. Yeah. 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 Winterweight sleeping and like uh, a Japara. Yeah. It wasn't it? Oh, the Gore Tex. It was. Do we have a Gore Tex jacket? No. Nah, no. Nah, yeah. That wasn't Gore Tex. It was just a Japara. Yeah. Hang on. You got me? Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Looks good on you. Good. 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 Yep. 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 So. No, hang on, lost your sound. So where do we leave off? We're gonna fuck. You gotta explain this. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll explain it. I'll explain it. All right. So let me hit record. Yeah. Recording in progress. Um. All right. Just quickly for the listeners. <laughs> Completely fuck up. <laughs> um. I think Coco might be the smarter. Oh, the smarter one out there. <laughs> That's why you become a medic. Thank God you didn't become a medic. <laughs> so we've just had some. <laughs> we've just had some uh, technical difficulties with uh, Hagar's comms. His headset wasn't working, so he took it back to the shops. Um, some young blonde bird sold him a, a better set, and it it works. And it took a bit. We got it working, and then he fucking touched something and fucked it. <laughs> I think we've. <laughs> It's been about an hour and a half, I think, since we stopped. Yeah. Now, just to think back where we were, I think we were talking about Japaras, uh, about the winner kit that we we're getting in. Oh our, yeah, uh, yeah. So 
post uh, 9-11. So, post 9-11. So 9-11, come out, um, I think it was two squadron boys were over there. Oh, was fucking, oh, SAS was over there anyway, the first rotation in Afghanistan. And then we've seen, like, we thought, yeah, cool, we're going to finally get a fucking gut of, you know, gut out uh, Afghanistan, which was, that was something that comes so far out of the blue. That was on no one's radar. Um, right, yeah, I reckon you could go to the most high-thinking strategic planners of the of the day, and that would, you know, the idea of Australian soldiers will ever fight in Afghanistan. Who the, you know, who the fuck thinks that? Yeah. Um, so, but it was the sort of kick in the ass. We were, the ADF already had a bit of a kick in the ass uh, from the Interfet tour, just like how quickly it happened, and then the realization how actually how far behind. The eight ball were like, look at, look at the flak jackets. We were having oh, yeah. like flak jackets. Fuck, today. they were terrible. Yeah, uh, terrible. You know, the Israelis. I think the Israelis made flak jackets. The Israelis stopped using them bloody ten or fifteen years beforehand, and you know, two area blokes were actually getting issued um, plates. You know, American made. Well, they they were having American cam. You remember that bloody DPM or what they call that that American green cam stuff, mm. old school cam. Um, Kevlar plates, uh, basically plate carriers, because we we're that far behind where we should have been, and that was a direct result of, you know, basically government stealing from the ADF. You know, fuck, we, you know, look at our webbing of the day. You know, we had fucking canvas made webbing for God's sake. You know, hey, something Thomas. that's oh ridiculous. Um, you know, and people think. Think about it, like when you look at that, like with five and seventy-seven sets, for God's sake. Ninox was brand new, mate. It was, you know, all of a sudden. Well, we were at that stage. We were very lucky. Um, you know, two Aria went over with every man had a set of nods, at least for the buddy, uh, the right for for the rifleman. I, I don't know how we went for buddy, you know, for all the log cells and stuff getting buddy nods, but they're brand new. So that whole concept, we and fuck, you know, like uh, God, we were lucky. And then yeah, and then obviously behind that, you've got nine eleven starts, SAS are over there, and then they're doing snow. They're fighting in snow, Alpine yeah. conditions. Yeah. Um, they're looking like bloody something out of uh, you know any Antarctic type stuff. You know, uh, so that 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 was a big eye opener and a big game changer for how ADF. All of a sudden, we that's when we started to get proper winter, buddy. Oh yeah, winter equipment and stuff, and it was yeah. it was a change we needed. Um, yeah, we were in a good place. That by that stage, everyone had done a couple of tours. I'd done two tours. Oh, I was about to do me me second because we were getting. We, we thought, fuck yeah, fuck Timor. Yeah, Timor's boring anyway. Let's go fucking do some bloody killing. Let's go fight. You know, fight some Jundies. And I was like, nah, and. Uh, well, you, you know, three hour we were like, mm. fuck, when we heard about three hour potentially getting the um, the Guernsey because there's like calls for buddy, like a ranger style buddy air, air, airborne operation for buddy that sort of train, you know, that sort of insurgent capability. So there was rumors going on that it'd be a possibly a, a three hour contingent and then went to uh, the special force community. Yeah, it, mm. as a rightly probably should have type thing. Um, but then, yeah, we went. We got ready for our second tour of duty. So I was in mortars at that stage. So stayed in mortars, and um, yeah, like 
you know, especially having, you know, transferred over to Mortis halfway through the 2000-2001 tour, it was nice to come over and actually do some watering and, you know, get all that ammunition and actually do some really good training uh, for the next couple of years as a basic mortarman and then get, re- you know, re-rolled as a buddy normal rifle concern again. And during that time, uh, there was a shortage of ammunition, so they were trying to get us parachute qualified. But we, we were able to do a few things like testing new ammunitions and all that munitions, Denel munitions for the ADF, which is awesome, pretty cool. And but there was a bit of sense of frustration because I remember one year we had I, I got or oh, two thousand and three, I think, before we went to Timor, like. I had 36, 36 bombs or 32 bombs I've, I've fired all year. Like, you know, I, basically I'd fire more in a group and zero practice, you know, for a range. I'm like, that's – and um, – but that was that change of capability going from old ammunition to a new ammunition. And it was interesting to be in that position, like, you know, unless you're in a mortar platoon at that stage and, I'm, you know, very proud more of it. You wouldn't have actually seen it like um and it so there was about an eighteen month period where there was pretty much no mortar ammunition in the ADF or limited yeah. ammunition. And I seen that, you know, it that would come back to bite us in the ass later on because all of a sudden you had bloody platoon commanders who done their entire platoon rotation as command platoon command time that never actually seen mortars in action. And it was a few years later. All of a sudden, those platoon commanders a few years later would be their majors now, their OCs. But because they hadn't seen mortars in action during their their command time, they didn't have a trust in the system. They didn't understand, you know, they understood DFSW, uh, you know, support for weapons and all that. They, they understood all those other trades that are there that the infantry battalion has, but that the one spoken thing they did not say was offensive support from integral offensive support. And it was amazing to see, and I didn't realize this until later, like how if you lose a capability for a period of time, yeah, you know, currently we have uh, got no Blackhawk. Oh, we've got the MRH 90s are down. So they've been scrapped and we are waiting. So there's a gap now where you've got the current buddy platoon commanders that, um, yeah, they're working out of uh, Chinooks and stuff. So Chinook uh, operations going to be very different to bloody single bloody, but we have where you can put a fucking section on, like you know the S seventy or the uh, the Blackhawks, and because well we don't have the old bloody platform which is the MRH nine because that's been scrapped and for good reason, um, and you know for the poor you know the families of the poor the four poor lads that have had to pay the ultimate state you know. Make the ultimate sacrifice. You know, we're, we're thinking of you. Don't don't ever think you've forgotten, guys. Uh, but there's a gap in like where that MRH ninety stop and there where this buddy Blackhawk's going to start. And there'll be a period of time where you'll have young subbies that haven't had that experience, or section commanders, or young diggers, and all of a sudden they may come back as a sergeant, and you've got different platforms. Or right, are you working out of Blackhawks? Only a small thing. Because it's just a platform, no worries, we'll jump on and we'll figure it out. You know, we'll debust out of a bird, no worries. But 
if you're looking at a strategic picture of like how a commander is meant to be trained at that junior level, that it it was amazing like how it, that has a trickle effect, for, you know, mm. down the track. So anyway, we're going down a bit of a rabbit hole. We'll save it for a debrief. It's yeah. definitely that's definitely what we need to talk yeah. about. But yeah, so we're talking about so 2003. You get on that third. Uh, Oh, your so next operation, tour? yeah, yep. second tour, which ops uh, Citadel. And just yep. for the listeners, the <laughs> I don't know why the Australian Army called it uh, ops Citadel because the last ops Citadel was in the forties, and it was Nazi Germany fighting the Russians. Yep. So, mate, I'm, fuck, I'm, someone obviously didn't do any fact checking uh, when they called it ops Citadel. But anyway, so back to Timor again, mate. This is uh, you've you've done your time again there. How was how was it this time? So it. I was in a different role. We'd gone from so mortars re-rolled as immediate action reaction force. So our job was to babysit the Blackhawks on Moliana. So we, you know, Moliana was the main, um, the main buddy Australian base, uh, military base with buddy choppers and all that. So gone down the hill from Balabo, which is our first tour. Which was the current lo- that was the initial location of the choppers, moved down to uh, Moliana, which was the main buddy Australian base central to the AO, and it was an interesting. It was interesting because you know we got to do you know cool things like get buddy repel qualified and stuff. Um, but we had you know all of a sudden like our platoon uh, leadership team. Yeah, it was it was taken away from us. Um, you know, our, our boss was moved on to another job down in Suai, and our uh, platoon sergeant, uh, his, his darling wife had had miscarriage, and yeah, you know, he, he needed to go home. So all of a sudden, you've got a, a senior platoon. Um, so Camo, uh, Richard Cummings, uh, you know, top bloke. Um, he ended up stepping up as a corporal. He was my seco, actually, uh, and he stepped up to become the platoon sergeant. Um, that bloke should be – he should have been decorated for the fact that he stepped up to a role of a platoon sergeant, a platoon commander on an operation deployment. And that's – you know, if there's anyone that deserves a DSM or, you know, Distinguished <laughs> Service Medal, it's, it's blokes like that, you know, yeah. that have stepped up to above – He's, you know, he, his job, and he did a fucking great job. I mean, there's, there would have been a lot of fucking stress now looking at that. He was a, you know, he fucking turned a bit of a cranky, but, but, you know, looking at it now, having been a platoon sergeant, like, fuck, and you, yeah, and, you know, and then you, he's in charge of fucking mortar platoon, you know, it, and I think it, the, all the three mortar platoons I've been, I've been part of one, two, and three mortars. For somehow, in, in a fucking battalion, we get the biggest, like, what, what, what we could, what, like we are fucking retards. And we're like, the col- fuck, it is a, it is collection. a collection it, of it, the it, asylum. It's funny because it's probably one of the hardest, you know, with calculations and, yep. you know, doing all that type of stuff. But yep. fuck, they're just, it's like a, a, it's like a retarded fucking school. It is, mate. Yeah. Yeah. You've got fucking DVSW, which are fucking like, yeah. What is it? Gorillas. Nazis. 
gorillas. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like <laughs> fair enough. And you, and you, you know, all fucking A top personalities go to deal, and they have to be because yeah, yeah. There's five or six different weapon systems, and yeah. they're, they're hunting tanks for fuck's sake. Yeah. Like, right, eh? Fucking you do you, and then so they're gobs. And then mortars have to be fucking the senior gobs of the battalion because what we don't do, we've got about two and a half minutes to stay alive in a fucking real battle. Yeah. Because we're going to be fucked on. So I think they get the gobbiest fucking people in mortars. That's what I found. And then recon, fucking, you know, I don't know how work, recon works type thing. The prettiest boys and stuff go to recon. <sighs> You got to have a fucking thousand dollar bike, five thousand dollar bike, and you got to shave your legs. They question their sexuality. Question your sexuality a bit, type thing. Like, yep. <laughs> and like, and then you've got snipers who are just like, fuck, right, yeah, they're the introverts type thing. They yeah. don't talk to anyone, and then they've got their own fucking little like, fuck, right, oh, one that flew over the cuckoo's nest type thing. They're like <laughs> Aspergers, I reckon they're all Aspergers type yeah. bloody. Yeah, you know, personalities and yeah. No, but you're right with mortars, mate. It's just a collective of uh, different human beings. Kiss oh. Rex, love it, yeah. love a take a barbecue outfield. Oh, hundred percent. And that's it. Yeah. So that was what I seen. Fucking one, I'd be fucking humping. I remember fucking a Delta. Like you're going past for a fucking twenty out that stupid forty clicker or thirty clicker, whatever we're doing, and you're humping past like an advanced to fucking contact, fifteen kilometers, and then you walk past. Hump past like at fucking at night time, past mortar position, and they've got a like they're watching the football and they've got a barbecue going. And we're like, what? That's what I want to be in. And then when that's I got to I mortars, <laughs> I got to mortars like so. Quentin Quentin Matson, he was training for selection. So all of a sudden, fucking yeah, mortar platoon went from being like these fucking like fucking drinking pies, you know, goffers and pies outfield. Take they had a pie machine they used to take outfield, apparently. We went from that shit to fucking all of a sudden, like we're SAS style level. Like this is bullshit. Back to humping boys, um, but you wouldn't change. Like wouldn't change it for the fucking world. But no. anyway, yeah, two thousand and three, we were the immediate reaction force, so we got to do repelling. And if there was an incident, our job was basically the QRF type thing. Um, yeah. So how was Timor? How was Timor though? It was starting to wind up, wasn't it? It was winding up. It um. Like, I think people forget, like, it was a bit ticklish in the first fucking, mm. those first few years because there was still fucking a bit yeah. of militia movement. Of course. There was that counterinsurgencies type thing. Nothing fucking crazy. I mean, let's be honest, fucking Afghan was counterinsurgency, but it was just that low-level counterinsurgency. Well, we were thought it was a bit fucking serious, looking back. But it was a good way to get operationally focused. Mm. And when we went back, so that was basically that was peace, peace enforcing. Um, so, and then when we we did go back in two thousand and three, you could see it gone from a peace enforcement or peacemaking role to a peacekeeping role. So there was a yeah. different transition with to the presence. mindset. Yeah, yeah, going from hunting killer, you know, mm. going from a hunter killer type fucking active to you know be seen and. Very mm. much more humanitarian side of it. Hearts you know, and minds. Hearts, hearts and minds. minds. Yeah. So, and you learn different skills, I think, and, and you know, every tour you're going to learn different skills, and they're all fucking different. Um, yeah, but, you know, I love the team reach people. They're, they're generally, I'm very proud of the place, you know, like, it's, 
for me, one of my biggest achievements to be part of a team that helped Buddy create, you know, you know, one of the youngest nations in the world at the moment. You know, you know, help help free him from oppression. Yeah, you know, that's something to be. You know, you you you've got to stand proudly about. You know, like oppression. You mean Indonesia? Indonesia. Yeah, yeah. They're friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, uh, yeah, so yeah. you finished that uh, deployment, mate. Again, what's that? Six months. Six month tour, mate. Yeah. Six month back to Townsville, mate. Back to again. Townsville. Um, Just that reoccurring theme. You cashed up. You saved yep. it this time. You didn't go to yeah. the strip club and. No, mate. No, I learned from the first. Oh, we went for like, the first one. I just remember it was out, buddy. You know, fixing up this. Uh, I did go to Thailand. We did have a fucking Thai <laughs> trip with a few. Like, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. I can't say because there's a couple of gentlemen that are. From that tour, that are still in it, they're RSMs at the yeah. moment. So, yeah, you know, if you know, you know. If Biggest you're a part of that tour, yeah. like, if you know, um, you know. <laughs> but we'd like one of them, like, this is classic Australia. Like, we'd thought about like going to Thailand as a bit of a team, and there's about 10 of us. And we worked on this live when we were in Timor, uh, Muff Diving Australia, <laughs> Mackie Unfarrell, Mackie Unshame and Feral Fanny Divers Australia, and then. As we we're like, no, we can't fucking because we're gonna be fucking European chicks understand English. So we we're like, what? Well, we need a cover name for it. And so the cover name we had was buddy Marine Ultra Fast Fin Divers. And the idea is we we spent fucking you because know, we boarded Timor, so we spent the whole thing designing, planning it, planning it. Like yeah, coming up with this design of like uh, a jet ski that can go underwater to chase dolphins. And the reason why we're in buddy Thailand, it's a smeak. It's smeak, but yeah. So we, we worked in this line. Everyone knew. And like we were talking to blokes who actually, you know, got their diving tickets and have got like fucking like instructing divers or other paddy paddy master divers and stuff. Then along the two, I'm like, what the fuck? I had dad um, send over buddy hex books and we we're like reading them. I'm like, oh fuck, never heard of that type thing. You know, there's no computer, no internet back then. So we're actually blokes are sending over like reading paddy dive manuals. I'm like fuck, I wouldn't even know how to fucking. I haven't even got a fucking dive ticket. But that's how we went out. We went out. We actually got fucking shirts made. Like that's. The cover story. Shirts, mate. Yeah, shirts, mate. So we were like, we were legit, 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 unlegit, unlegit. Yeah. So you had to have a spotter if you're going to use the fucking the muff diving fucking cover to fucking pick up some fucking bird. You always had to have a spotter, and the spotter's job was to keep an eye on the bird, make sure she could sell the fucking yeah, you could sell the lie, and if he could see that the fish wasn't biting. He go, oi, Hager, speaking of the muff, have you heard what fucking Squizzy Taylor wants us to do with it? I'm like, what the fuck? So he mentioned some of the other cunts from work, and you could tell like straight away, like, like, so what the fuck's that fuckhead want? And he goes, he wants us to take that thing down to fucking 150. Like, they're not fucking designed for 150, meters, mate, yeah, 150 feet, cunt. I said, first of all, like, we're fucking moving at fucking 12 to 15 knots under fucking water, and then you go on this fucking tangent of a fucking argument about how that's not going to work or whatever. You listen, you know, it's fucking wet season for fuck's sake. It's already murky enough and dangerous enough, and this cunt wants us to fucking push it down. What a fuckhead. And so you'd have a fucking argument about why that's not going to work. With this chick fucking beside you, bang, this on it is fish on, on. fish it's on, fish on, <laughs> and so that was the whole idea. And because we'd worked on like these bloody lines, and like right, here's the, here's the points. And because we knew we we're going to be fucking caught out by fucking you know blokes who are divers, mm. so we had to have enough fucking tab data knowledge to go. Well, yeah, no, I can't tell you about that, mate. It's all fucking you know 
this is all developing fucking technology, mate. You might be trying to steal my tech. But we all knew enough of the lie so we could keep an eye on each other and shadow each other. Fucking delicious, mate. I will fucking, when I die, I know I will spend part of eternity in hell for the lies I've told women about being a yeah. must diver. And there's a couple, are, of, there's a a couple of RSMs out there yeah, that are must divers. Yeah. If you are a young lady, an older lady, and you're listening and you've become fallen victim to one of the muff divers, <laughs> yeah. On behalf of all of Muff Diving Australia, yeah, we are sorry. <laughs> we are sorry. And a couple of them are, are serving RSMs at the moment. Yes, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to find out who these Muff Divers are. <laughs> You'd be proud Mates. of such a <laughs> Yeah, so you've uh, you've been a little bit smarter with your money. You spent a little bit in Thailand. Get back. However, this time you, you're still a digger. Yep. Still a dig. So halfway and through get- the tour, buddy, my girlfriend Mel, um, she got a posting order down to Canberra with Federation Guards. Mm. And so she told me about it. I'm like, oh, fuck. So um, I asked the RSM, like, it, this is a go, fucking bang. And he goes, I, um, I said, listen, I'm following it down to fucking Canberra. I said, I prefer to go with Army, but if Army doesn't want to send me, Want me to go with them? I said, I'll go without Army. And he goes, don't worry about it. So the CO and RSM, you know, they did the righty and they ended up getting me down there. And I did get down there and then, you know, it's that's happened. You think you're in a love type thing and we moved in and, you know, all of a sudden I was buddy, 28 days. That's how long the relationship lasted. We moved in. 28 fucking days. I remember the song because that was the song of the time. 28 days. 28 yeah, it was, days. yeah. Yeah. yeah, mate. So that's how long the fucking celebration. That's how I can remember it. And I was bloody dumped when I was. So we'd moved in, and like I think it was the first or second week of my sub one down to Victoria, uh, down Melbourne, and it was, nah, we're done. And I'm like devastated. I've just left the battalion that I love. You know, one of the premier fucking. I'm number one of number one tube. Yeah, I'm the fastest in the fucking regiment. I'm fucking, you know, I'm kicking goals. And I've left all that, left all my mates that I love behind to chase women out of last, you know, that relationship last 28 days. And the, the unit down there are really good. They're like, listen. Um, what unit was it? Sorry. So that was training support. So I was part of yep. RMCA. So Royal, yeah, yep. uh, Royal Military College Duntroon, uh, oh, A, I yeah. think, but the, the – the academy or ad, admin type fucking side. So TSP or train support platoon, the old old school, the old school, you know, the Urka, Urka fucking 10 Urkas or the enemy parties and mm. uh, demonstration parties. So we'd be mainly used as demos for the Royal Military College buddy students, uh, cadets and the after cadets. So we'd play, you know, one week we'd be doing demos or do this, mm. you know, this, that, section and the other, section yeah. attacks or whatnot, manoeuvres, and then the following week you'd be playing enemy party for them. But I had a really good sergeant down there when I first heard uh, Roddy, uh, ex-recon 1R, 2R, and he goes, Quirky, you've just done a couple of tours, and he goes, this posting, mate, you can either come down here and just slack off not really get anything, he goes, or you can have it set up for your, you know, your next rank. And I've got this interesting way of looking, he goes, you're going to be in positions where you're in a location before the cadets get there. And he goes, 
what you need to do is when you contact them, listen to the target indication that they give on you and then put yourself in that second and go, well, if I was from that information, am I doing an up the guts, am I doing left flake, right flake, or am I withdrawing type thing? And that set me up to success later on um, because during that time I was able to get me, well, the sub one was done and then I was able to get me sub two done as well. And I think there's something to be said about something. I've been able to play enemy party against other people because you get to see it from the other end what what a shit fucking sex attack looks like against what a really good attack looks like. And, um, yeah, I'll, you know, that two years, the organisation, they said, listen, we can send you back home to Townsville, uh, back up to one. They'll take it. But it, I remember saying, like, no, nah. I said, you know, my CEO and RSM fucking fought to get me down here. I've made my bet. I've now got to line it just because of relationship. And it was the best decision I'd made because uh, looking back, it's probably, I probably needed a bit of a break from the the battalion being on, you know, it's, you're on the merry-go-round, as you know. Oh, yeah, you, you are when you're on that buddy range. It's, um, for those who don't understand, you know, military, especially in, in a battalion mindset, you are doctrinated to like, you know, you start just because you start work at seven o'clock doesn't mean you're going to end at buddy uh, 1600. You know, work starts, you'll get home and you're told to go home type thing. So it's nice to get off that merry-go-round and then. Get to see how the officers get trained, which is like, holy shit, you know, there's a lot of work. And I've always had a bit of I've respected young officers a lot more having seen the pain that they go through, you know, or part, having seen part of the pain they they all go through to, to get those pips and stuff. Um so, yeah, and it worked out better for me because I was able to find, you know, well, you become mates with the cadets type, you have, have beers with them and all that sort of stuff. So later on when I, you know, went back to the battalion, well, I had a pre- where you had established relationships with yeah, yeah. with some of your bosses type thing. And um, so, yeah, that's what was there. Uh, I was able to get me sub two out of the way. And we didn't do it up, you know, didn't get sent home to the battalion. We actually did ours uh, down at Singleton. Uh, Barney Avu, he was the senior senior instructor um, for our course. And we had buddy SAS and two commando or four hour commando boys. For some reason, like, because they're doing, you know, sub to fucking corporal, um, I don't know what had happened. Or SOCOM decided they were going to sit. They they started to send um, their their diggers on the uh, you know diggers on the our buddy corporal course, and yeah, you know, it was good. Yeah, you know, because we got to interact with the guys, got to learn a lot of stuff from yeah. You know, all of a sudden, you're working with the best and brightest in the country, and you now and just seeing all yeah, you know, and they've got it. You know. It's, as, as you know, with SF, you know, they've got a certain way of being, they're always humble to bloody share their knowledge. And that's what we found. Like, holy fuck, these guys, yeah, they're the best in the system. But then the guys, well, the guys I was fortunate enough to meet, you know, 
they weren't selfish with their knowledge type thing. And, um, yeah, it, having got to meet them, that's, I think, was really a driver for, for, for me to have a crack at, you know, go, right, I want to have a fucking crack at, but he, at that job. And as it was, I started training for it. And then, but he, um, got a death in the family. So, yeah, that's kicked the fucking, kicked that in a touch for the next year. But, um, there was something happening. There was something happening in the family. And, and yeah, anyway, kicked that buddy in the touch because I wanted to do the 2006 uh, selection, but didn't happen. And as it was, I went back up to two areas, Lance Corporal, and I was swinging Dick Lance Jack. So we were fucking, you know, it was a bit of a weird stage because we got up there. There was like 12 band sections, you know, like we're, we're overmanned. Like, this is ridiculous. And, um, and so, yeah, I was one of the spare Lance Jacks. And then, man, and let, you know, we ended up going down for a couple of, for six odd weeks down and, um, working with second 14, uh, carriers. They're, they're getting rid of, like, doing their buddy version of Cutter, I suppose. Um, which is awesome getting to see, you know, working with buddy, uh, with second 14, Queensland Mountain Infantry boys. Just seeing how, and like having six with you, you learning their SOPs, them drilling you. Like we, we didn't realize how bloody slow we talked on radio compared to them. That's like, yeah, right, yeah, they are lightning. And um, but by the end of it, at at what were what was just like boom, 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 boom. Um, it was hard and fast. And like great training, you know, and getting trained by a different core with a different mindset we're acting as we are work acting as their veggies um so you know default drills with bloody debusted like stunned listening and veggies they call like, anyone green in the back of their buddy carriers are called veg vegetables and they'll bloody yeah send the retards out the buddy clear the minefield or something or yeah clear default and then secure the default where they drive drive through so great training uh live fire Amazing, and then being there to see their live fire and seeing the you know capability those what a twenty five mil can do is like oh it's bloody frightening and yeah it's yeah, a fucking weapon oh weapon so you know getting to talk and seeing how how they do their you know they or how they do their IMAP or how they prep for a fucking mission prep you know admittedly I was Pollock. The LT Polly goes around. He was a stud, absolute stud. And just seeing how, like, right, you know, you, you get a mission, boys come in, bang, and then see how you use a team and, like, their combined team. This is what we've got, ABCD, you know, and using, picking the brains of, you know, all his assets and then going, yep, okay, right, this is what we're doing. So, what are those blokes? What do you reckon? What do you, what do you reckon? And be the last bloke to talk on, yeah, okay, this is what we're going to do. I found, like, holy crap, you know, this uh, just a different way for me. And um, then when I got back to the platoon, um, our boss, I think he, he, he was back. And then it was good to have, you know, working with Buddy. We've got a great work relationship. I was in, I put into another section. Um, so Lowy, uh, so 
Lowy was bloody Lance. We were both Lance Jacks. And so we were, he's like, when you get made up? And I told him, he goes, well, you know, you're made up before me. I'm like, no, it's, this is your battalion. Now it's two. I said, I'll be your two, I see, which I was. Um, even having been out, out of a regiment for two years, you know, shit changes, SAPs change, and then going across the road from one to two hour was a change. It was, you know, yep. The show bags are all the same. It's just a different coloured fucking show bag, basically. But there's still a difference on how, you know, there's always going to be individual battalion battalionisms or battalion SOPs. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah so definitely. just just was, on that, sorry, just on the on you getting to two R R. How was the the boys from one R R? They call you a trader. Calling you a trader. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what? <laughs> they wanted to send me up to five seven R R as a lance jack. I'm like, listen. I've got no idea about fucking carrier work. I said, I can jump in the back. I said, because there's a land shack, you know, all of a sudden you're a crew commander. I'm like, nah, fucking jam that. And that's mecha- that's mechanised warfare. And so I was trying to be a light infantry, you know, light infantry, throw a house on your back and just keep walking until you fucking stop. And then, yeah, you fight or dig a hole and fucking fight out of it. So that's been my entire fucking, at that stage, eight years of private soldiering has just been light infantry work. So I'm all over it. And then to go to mechanize on that, I said, I said, it wouldn't be fair for me to take on diggers who know more about me. And he goes, I oh, know, like, no, no. I said, I prefer to go to one or two AI because they're light infantiers and I understand that warfare. And that was the biggest thing was to ask for a reposting, like, no, nah, fuck off five, seven, send me off to one and two. Not of a pride thing. It was more, I didn't want to be the burden for a section of mechanized fucking warriors. Yeah. Because yeah. as far as they're concerned, you're a Lance Corporal, you should be all over this fucking this shit. That might be that may be pride, but um yeah, so they did uh and I had a great boss, uh, Joe Joe Lavery, um we're still we are still mates. And Joe pulled you aside he goes, you know, that you're like, this is a guy you've been offered all this season he goes both battalions said, they know you're coming. And they said, you know, they'll let's take both take it. So Schema said, oh, I'll go. Well, which battalion do you want me to go? And they said, well, Schema says it's up to you. So you can get choose one or two hours. So I actually got a choice. And I come back, like, what the fuck? And my boss went up there. I'm like, fuck. I said, can I just have a you know, Give me a couple of minutes to have a fucking thing about it. And like, have a chat with the boss. Went away, the boss had a fucking, you know, we, I think we had a coffee and a cigarette, you know, me and boss and Sarge. And he goes, listen, You've done one area. You've got great memories of that place. And he goes, things have changed since you moved on. And he goes, so why go back to a place and potentially wreck really good memories or your love? Like, when you could just go across the road, same organisation, your boys are still going to be there. We just do little things a bit differently. And that mentality, like, fuck, you know, it's a different, why not try something different? Um and I did, and it is the best thing I did. So, because I got to see a different culture um, from you know the boys, the black and black boys and stuff, and they are different. It is a different breed. It is a different animal compared to one around. There is a different culture that I've known. Same thing with three when I got there. Um, yeah, the soldiers are just the skill levels are just as you know exceptional. In any of the battalions, but it was interesting. Just a culture, I don't know. 
It's a different spirit. Yeah, of course, of yep. course. But back to back to the boys from one hour. What were they? Wow. What, what were they doing, mate? What were they saying? Fuck off, turncoat. All this shit. <laughs> Fucking turncoat. <laughs> like I remember, buddy. I was a winger for rugby, and I was fucking on the wing. And I knew it was good. We're playing one hour out. It's like one of the first fucking games of the year. And I, you know, like, I put my fucking blue one hour mortar shirt on and um, fucking along the sideway, fucking against fucking quirk, you fucking turncoat cunt. <laughs> and I remember, like, fucking eat a dick cunt. I remember pulling me fucking jersey up with me fucking, uh, me blue PT shirt. And I'll always be one motherfuckers. And they were like, yes, you haven't forgotten us, type thing. And I think that was when, like, but the first clean out, like bang, I was bloody, yeah. They were fucking feeding it to me. Fuck again, yeah, this is what you get for wearing black, you fuck. And, you know, all love. The hardest game I played um, was against Sisby. That was when I was in one out. And I got cleaned out by McCoolty. So he was, you know, number eight, coming out, bang, cleaned up. And I'm like, bang, put the ball, but place the ball back. Everything's down. I'm getting fed. Just like, what the fuck? And the ball's not moving. And like, so what had happened was <laughs> he'd clean me out and he goes, stay in here, boys. And then on both sides, Timmy Glover was there. He said, keep it in, keep it in, keep it in. And basically there was me and him, like we ended up fucking like fisty cuffing and, you know, fucking Sisney and buddy one area. I was getting fed, and they, the two sides stayed on top of us, so we could fight it out while the boys watching. And like in the end, like I think the two RSMs come on, like oh you fuckhead, you're dragging off and fucking yeah, like we're feeding each other, and like he fucking rinsed me, like Coco rinsed the fuck out of me, like <laughs> the six foot fucking four, like oh, I think I was seventy eight kilos, seventy four, seventy five kilos, yeah. he's like he had twenty kilos on me, and like. Ab- Humbled the fuck out of me. And like, I've got blokes like trying to carry me off to the fucking silo because I've been fed. And he's like, fucking take that, you fucking, you, you gobby ass figures. You may be the eldest cunt, but you're not the best. Some fucking lip off. I'm like, and there's me like half knocked down. Like, I'm fucking telling mum, cunt. Fucking <laughs> 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 like, true story. Like, yeah, he knocked classic. me out. And like, I think Tammy come on because she's the medic. So yeah. She had to come off and like, fuck, I remember getting carried off because I'd fucking. Yeah, I'd Clark coming out of me fucking long. He fed me fucking good. No, I don't fucking tell it, mum. I fucking tell mum, you fucking <laughs> sookie la la. <laughs> Which nearly started another brawl. He fucking like, fuck off. Yeah. But yeah, that is the hardest fucking fight I've ever had. Like fucking getting rinsed by your own brother. But the fucking Jack thing was the two fucking sides had arranged it. Like, I don't know who he fucking talked to and fucking, because that clown, I think he was Timmy Glover. He talked to her and he's like, Keep men, this will be good. Uh, instead of fucking spinning the ball out, nah, they fucking held that and let him fill me the fuck in. Again. Oh, yeah. Again, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Classic, mate, classic. So now, as we know, Afghanistan, or I should say Iraq was in full swing. Afghanistan's um, ramped up for SF. SF, uh, you know, two commando and or four yep. R, I should say, at that stage. And SAS were in Afghanistan. Now, regular army gets the call up, finally. Yep. The infantry gets the call up. So I was meant to be, you know, by the papers, I was meant to go to Alpha Company. 
And then we found, like, the Alpha Company's got the fucking Guernsey for a ruck. So they'd been like, ah, fuck yeah. So I was pretty excited. They got down and went to Charlie Company instead. So the, and as, as should happen, like, why the fuck would you give it to some new pleb that's just marching in when you've got a heap of young fucking corporals and NCOs and bloody who've paid the battalion their due so they should get the fucking, the good Guernsey. And, um, so at that stage, team was over. Uh, Afghan, there's nothing happening in Afghan. SF will fucking come back. But Iraq's the main goal. I think it, oh, maybe a bit of work with SF over in Afghanistan. But there's no regular forces in Afghanistan. And, yeah, Afghan is the buddy. Oh, sorry. Iraq is buddy. Everyone's going towards Iraq. So Alpha, Alpha Company picks up that gig and then basically where the – the rest of us, we were we're ready to go to Hawaii. That's right. Charlie Company were getting ready to go to Hawaii. So, um, yeah, I see Jeff Frisby and Dave Trill was our CSM. So they're prepping us with our lead up training and stuff. And so Dave Trill is ex commando. So he was actually very hands on with the development of our uh, urban fighting skills. So, you know, old school shooting and all that sort of stuff. So we we're doing a lot of urban drills, shooting drills, dry drills and all that. Um, and we're getting ready. It's like, I'd just been made up, actually. I was just been made up to buddy full corporal, Mickey May, Colonel May, buddy, he's, I think he's a general now. He'd, uh, so the Colonel at the time, uh, CA, made me up to full corporal. And then, I went from being to I see of the of the section that I was in to the seco. So me and Lowy actually did a fucking we did a swap of leadership, and then um, they, as it was, you know, because proper leadership, internal postings and all that. So we went. I got made up on a Friday, and then by the time we got back on work Monday, I've got I've got a brand new section. I'm like what the fuck, you know. So we're getting ready to go out to our range to do some training and all that. And I got cool, you know. So I got a brand new section. I just want to do get out and basically do you know, a bit of guns go rifles go action with the section, get out TTPs and all that. And then um, we were up in high range, getting all our stuff off the buses, and at the same time stuff was getting thrown on. So you had support company trying to get home, Charlie Company. It was a fuck fight. And in the fuck fight, my fucking pack got kept on fucking board and went down. I'm like, where the fuck is it? No. Nah. So they took me down the hill to get me packed so they could fucking bring me back up. And because uh, we had no cold, well, had no fucking, no sleeping kit. No set of webbing and stuff. But went down the hill, fucking rifle, fucking webbing, went down the hill and get there. And like, quick, what are you doing? Like, I'm fucking finding my fucking, he goes, oh, that's yours, mate. Bang. And he goes, as the ex of the company he goes, don't worry about buddy going up. I'm like, wait a minute, everyone's coming back down. He goes, I needed to come with me. And we went up to the S2 office and there was like piles of maps. Like a team all. And he goes, Yeah, mate, fucking recall, brothers. I'm like, holy fuck. He goes, You've been a team all? Yep, no worries. And then uh, I was given fucking piles of fucking maps of buddy team all and went back and over that next two odd hours it took for the company to get home, um, the XO's off doing briefings and then 
it was me fucking working in the bloody thing. I just placing maps, going to basically piling maps up into different groups, going headquarters and and the three platoons and all that. So by the time and then taking my fucking all the platoon stuff down and then subsequently fucking swapping all that out to down to section levels. So that way when the ace um when the boss come back, like he's like fucking the ace he's like quick, what's going on? So you got buddy, you need to be here. You got it says something about Timor, here are fucking some maps, blah 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 blah. That's study your sir, that's your sir, that's your sir. Uh, what the fuck? Yep, and he goes, these are this, this, and this. So I arranged stuff as much as good, and then it, it was just like go, 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 and um, yeah, and then have a look at that talk. We eventually jumped on that plane. It was so fucking quick, and then ten days after, I'd fucking picked up my first tape. Hadn't even done a flank fire section attack, mate. With a brand with brand new section, we're landing in East Timor, mate. And yeah, are you a full? Sorry, you're a full track, or you're still landing? Yeah. So you, yeah, you're fucking second hook. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I'm a seco now, and then ten days after getting that second tape, I'm landing East Timor. Yep. Never having done a um, a blank fire section attack for the boys, so we we're shitting ourselves. And um, the night before we flew out in Darwin, we got a raffi, and we we went over with buddy five SAPs, mate. And we we that's we had that was how we developed we developed our SAPs on a tarmac, um, yeah, you know, on the rough base of Darwin, basically using a chalkboard, chatting, smoking cigarettes. And we oh, we stayed up about two three or oh, would be three or four o'clock in the morning till our CSM you know, Warren's Trill come out and help us through a few things, just walk us through, talk us through, rock drill us, make sure we go test us in a few things. And he's like, go to fucking sleep. And he put us to sleep. I think Ravelli for the day was like six. And he goes, don't worry about that. I've got you. And he isolated us because we'd been up. And then we come too. He's like, wait, time to get up. And then he gave us till about nine o'clock or eight o'clock, nine o'clock. We'd be fucking rogue. It's like, fuck, we're fucked. And then all of a sudden we've got blokes. The other sections were doing fucking, they're doing dry drills for what we'd done the night before. And that's what saved us. Now we were getting ammo. Fuck me. We walked over with something. We had, we had that much shit that I had to take the spare cams out of my the fit the fit stuff in my pack. Like, oh put throw that in your ish bag, they'll fucking follow you. I didn't see that ish bag. We didn't have a bloody um I think it's about eight, eight, nine weeks before I seen my ish bag. And um it was six weeks before we had a first shower on, on the uh, I can't remember if it was a Knimble or the or the broken, one of them. And um I've got I walked on with me rifle, me webbing, and uh, me toiletries. That's it. So everyone else has got fucking grab bag, you know, with their spare cams and socks. So, yeah, you know, I had my spare socks, and they some dudes like, mate, with your spare cams? Like, mate, I don't have them. The, uh, my S bag is in there. They've lost it. He goes, fuck, right, And he's, I guess, wait here, mate. Fucking here. Here's a set of fucking, uh, here's a set of overalls, mate. The only goes, fucking, Where's your fucking thing, eh? Bang, here's a bloody wash bag. He took all my clothes, everything off me. Um, yes, right. He goes, I'll see if I can inside. And then he, he went off and this sailor took off well, you know, with all my kit, went and washed it, dried it, fucking ironed it, and he kept he brought it back. Fucking, you know, you know, washed it and dried it. And then fucking found me in the fucking in the galley or you know, the mess. 
Hey, go. Yep. Here, bud. Like, fucking, what the fuck? You know, by that stage, I had a shower. I'd had a feed. I'd fucking actually had some fucking, yeah, used a porcelain. And, buddy, you know, I felt a million bucks and I was able to fucking finally have a fucking, you know, fresh set of cams and that. And I'd love to know, I'd love to remember what the sailor's name was because I'd fuck, you know, I'd buy beers yeah. every day for fucking every Anzac day for the rest of his life. But that's, you know, that simple story just goes to show how fucking, you know, when you were on ops, if we see another service person, if you know that he's wearing a bloody Aussie flag on his buddy on his sleeve, blokes would go out of their way to look after you type thing. And same thing with a section, like we were very tight. We were you know, Lowy will tell you and all that, you know. We were the red out of stepchildren. Yeah, of course. There's a reason why I got all the re you know, they all got this cunt's retail. I'm like, no, I'll fucking take him. Yeah, you know, was it was that like, oh, he's a fucking gobby cunt. Yeah, I need a gobby cunt. You know, like and like so we were treated like the red-haired stepchildren because I was given the guys that no one else wanted. I'm like, yeah, I'll fucking take him. We took it that as a bit of a pride. We call ourselves the asylum type thing. That was, you know, we're the fucking asylum. Um, but we, we took pride in that. They gave us something like, fuck the rest of everyone else. It's us and we'll look after ourselves and we're tight. And we did look after each other and that fucking gave us the strength we need. Yeah, you know, and this is one thing I've realised how well fucking the ADF trains people. You know, like here's me ten days a seco landing in East Timor, and like that some you know, to get invited back out in the barracks just to have a chat about that experience. Like last time was seco as well. I'm doing fucking my sub two was the last time I done as fucking was actually a seco. Um, yeah, you know, as a section attack. But using that experience, like, well, you know, my orders went for longer, so I was more detailed in my orders. The biggest thing is my, my orders were longer because I had to be more detailed and my rehearsals were fucking longer because we had to rehearse everything, whereas the other sections had the ability that pre-established by the SS, SAPs. Yeah. But, but, you know, I wouldn't fucking... If, I'd still go to war every day with that section because we had that brotherhood. We had that buddy. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. and there's something special about that, buddy. I think the biggest compliment is from my um, OC, Jeff Frisbee. He said, listen, you know, there's few secos I looked at for certain jobs. He goes, if I ever wanted intelligence of an area I'd send buddy um Walshy. Walshy had a fucking he he picked up the language. He could just get um yeah, as if I want to influence an area, he goes, I'll self send Frankie. He goes, if I want buddy uh, to close down an area, yeah, you know, I'll send Suggs. So I'll send Ken And he goes Yes, but if I need something, if, if there's a job that there was a list needed quite a little bit of finesse or something outside the box, or we didn't know, he goes, that's why you, you got them. He goes, so and he goes, but I took pride in that. And, you know, me and the boys actually like, fuck, why are we doing all the fucking security fucking shit? You know, why are we always taking over the security jobs? Um, but I'm like, I'd learned, like, because we fucking, we're the best at it. I remember telling the boys, because we're the fucking best at boys. We set up the, we set the stand and everyone else has to fucking follow it. 
and I've, you know, I was very proud of my my boys. You know, I'm not boys; it's fucking my, you know, my lads. Yeah, you know, we become that fucking team that yeah, you know, one of the teams that you know, fucking Major Frisbee was able to go. I need you to do this, Hagar, and like get yeah, it sweet, done. get it done. And yeah. Yeah, nice, mate. Nice, mate. Yeah. Uh, just just quickly back to that uh, that navy story. That's what the navy's good for, mate. Washing washing clothes. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to uh, you and Jenkins from uh, Tap and Rack. That's uh, <laughs> what you blokes are good for, mate. You navy blokes. Let me tell you what, navy. <laughs> you're certainly better than the raft, mate. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. There's only yeah. there's only one thing the raft did, <laughs> and that was to bring over the mail guys, and even that was fucking late. <laughs> Fat. <laughs> Fat. So here's here's one going back to that 2006 trip. So we were getting bombed up with um with rations and stuff. We go to mm. five days with rats. This is down Townsville. And I remember so um Hurdy, Richard Hurt, my platoon side, Somalian veteran, another team or veteran. So Hurdy was our platoon side. And I'm like and blokes are better stuff like Sarge, I remember I don't realise, fuck the chance we don't know when we're gonna breeze up. And Sarge, you you gotta give the order that we're not allowed to break down rats. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, we don't know when we can freaking reach up, Sarge. And he's like, no, no in five days. Like, who, who the fuck says, Sarge? We only just found out about this fucking two days ago. You, you, know, you, you went to Somalia. Look how much shit that fucking, how long that took for them to fucking sort their shit out. He goes, nothing's, nothing's established in Timor anymore. So everything's got to come back, and it's a fuck short night's deployment. He's like, fuck yeah, no worries. I said, well, how long did it take you guys? Because he was part of the interview. I said, how long did you guys go without food? And he's like, fuck, that's right, bang. And he goes, fuck, bang. And he blanket bang, right, no fucking, no breaking down of rations. That fucking order saved our fucking bacons. And then the other thing that saved was the fact that there's a number of us who were team or vets. And so we were taken over. So we got um, American currency. So we're taking American currency over. And. That was the other thing that saved us because, you know, day five, we, we're out of rations and, like, there's no reset. And then apparently the pellets of fucking rations that were meant to be coming over to feed us, they got taken out of the airplane because Rafi's wanted their fucking – to put Raf fucking equipment on. I shit you not, like fucking tents and, you know, ash bags and stuff for Rafi's to stay. Like, God, you know, heaven forbid they have to fucking – Living a fucking hoochie. But that's a <laughs> fact. So their comfort equipment was fucking seen as a priority before fucking rations for the men. So it was about day 10 that we got fucking rations, or, you know, it was around day 10, 7, 8, 9, 10. We actually got fucking trucks full of fucking rations. CGB had got over there and we we're fucking driving rations out. And then that's holy fuck. And then for the next couple of weeks, all we ate was sea fucking pack rations oh, because no. apparently because it's like fucking, okay, the uh, RQ ever. So you had fucking diggies in there fucking praying and worries fucking straight away pellets and they're fucking stacking A's, B's and C's, you know, fucking mixing up the pellets. So the boys have got different fucking rations to eat because they're going out to different companies. And apparently the words were like, what the fuck are you doing? I have time for that yet. A fucking packs can go to A, B's can go to fucking Bravo, Charlie's get fucking Charlie's and Delta gets fucking Delta. The rest will fucking sort out. And that was how we fucking, so for like, I think three or four weeks, we were eating fucking C pack rations. <laughs> and I was fucking shit you not know, because um, 
he got sent out. And we're like somebody fucking put a complaint in. They're like, Jay, you know, Mumford was our buddy, was the, so it was three RLN operation. Yeah. Mickey Mumford was the CEO of the fucking, he was of the task force, uh, of the battle group. He was and a he's weird, like, like, yeah. Bit, bit, bit too fucking religious for me. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't fly to Mortimer's fucking. <laughs> no, <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't mate, no. <laughs> yeah, we're more of the devil's children. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he, he's standing me out. I reckon it's me like, like we've just been doing patrols. So we, we had a bit of a rest day or something. And I was uh, back, or we'd come back from patrol, whatever it was, but I was having a rest, smoke a cigarette. And I can still remember, like, what the fuck? This fucking, some cunt yelling at the front gate. And, you know, the gates were getting pulled over. The buddy Land Rover was getting pulled through. And one of, this, one of the security cars, you know, Blake's out of security, he's rinsing, absolutely rinsing some poor bastards just driving in the gate. Yeah, CSM's heard this. He goes, what the fuck's going on here, cunt? And he goes, that's him, sir. It's fucking him. Like, what? <laughs> We're like, because by that stage, everyone's like sitting there. Like, what the fuck's going on? He goes, that's the RQ, sir. He's the one that gave us those Charlie fucking pack. <laughs> and that was all I could remember just like watching the absolute teeth and hackles come on the CSM's fucking face. Like, I'm surprised the CSM didn't shoot him. Like I'm like, oh, like, ooh, ooh, yeah, oh, this gonna look good. And just like, and blokes is like coming out of fucking like fucking. We must look like the Walking Dead. Like ah, like absolute fucking hate. You know, blokes fucking ripping open fucking mozzie nets and all that. Yeah, you fucking. And so he'd been standing out to a fucking probably. You know, Listen, guys, sorry. You know, the idea was just get some rations in here. Blah blah blah. Um. I think he fucking, like happy days, yeah, we could eat fucking rations for a fucking yeah, couple of days. Yeah. But, um, you guys, it was a mix up uh, with the guys. He goes, they thought that you guys only get fucking Charlie packs. And so, like, and, but still not good enough. Still not good enough. No, no. Your shit excuse. Yeah, yeah shit, shit excuse. excuse. Yep. Yeah. Worst apology ever. <laughs> as Hargo would say. Yep, yep. Say right. your last rites. Yeah. As your last prayers, yeah. you can better fucking die. And like, well, sorry, guys. So I've got to keep going to a thing. So <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. So I felt sorry for that buddy RQ. I'm like, fuck, who's that poor prick? <laughs> and like, I don't, I didn't even get to see who it was to up there because there was that much mm. hate, you know, when Blake's like, <laughs> that, fucking, that, yeah. it, was prob- it was mob mentality, mate. <laughs> and like, this is ridiculous because I'm like smoking the just don't worry. I'm fucking all singing in me more me green noodles or anything. But yeah, that happened on fucking the eight six or the eight six trip. Oh, yeah. then at that time, you had fucking my brother was over fucking over in Iraq as a medic with fucking Alpha Company. Mm. Now during that tour, that's the first time I shot a cunt. Fucking so right. Eh? Well, let's let's that's get onto this. Quarter. It seems like a bit of a turning point in uh, your career. Hundred percent. So we were on a fucking job. I was on, buddy, platoon rotation. I was on a patrol rotation, section patrol. So we're at the, what we call the tennis court FOB. So we'd taken over, like, the Team Reese Tennis Fucking Club that become a platoon, a platoon house. Um, what are they called? Platoon house. 
or a platoon fob type thing, patrol house. And so operating over tennis court, sleeping on it, and then doing patrols, etc. from there. Usually section work and, um, yeah, me and my boys had been out hunting that night, hadn't found anything. Just got back. We'd just done a hot wash debrief, you know, basically we'd back briefed the platoon commander, um, Stevens. So Adam Stevens and bloody um, Hurdy. So Steve-O was bloody my platoon commander at the time. And so we'd back briefed that this is at, at what, 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 this is what we've done, blah, 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 blah. If, no worries, fucking just get the boys down. So we crashed out and on. You know, when you're in that deep fucking sleep, and then all of a sudden, oh, fucking quirky, wake up. Fuck. And I just reached that deep ram, and you know, you fucking look groggy. You're like, fuck. So it's bang. And you could hear the rocks. The biggest thing was there, fucking Shanghai's and all that sort of shit. So out the front, you know, it's need to get out the boys, rake the boys up, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and Shane Scott was, he was on fucking picket, gate picket. We triangulated where it was. He goes, hey, Quirky, last night we were on fucking patrol and they'd got ambushed with buddy blokes from Shanghai's and buddy and bows and arrows. They had a bow and arrow in Shanghai. And the Shanghai is like, Shanghai, then he had that dart. So he had a buddy metal dart type thing. Getting, so hand hand arrows, basically. They were fucking, so they'd, yeah. they'd walk through a, an ambush of fucking basic bows and arrows and hand arrows. And um, he's like, that happened to us last night. We're like, well, what are you guys in? Oh, we, we that patrolled down the road, got ambushed and had to break contact um, dry. And then, but he went in on a different angle and they're already gone. So we, they're like, oh, fucking nice. So I got the boys together, but quickly they come out, quick fucking cigarette, quick fucking, you know, quick smack situation, blah, 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 blah. This was go. And we're like, this is how we're doing. We're going to keep going south to use the dark. Because we could, uh, there's a banana plantation, water banana plantation. Break into the fucking the compound again. Um, that was getting bloody uh, rocked and stuff. And then we'll fucking use that as cover to try to find out where they think it is to nab it because we didn't know where it was. And then that's what we were doing. And then, um, you know, boys were moving like fucking tigers and fucking bang. I was, we nabbed a couple of dudes. They're fucking cool, like, nah, this is where it is, mate, blah, blah, blah. We always get them. So a bit of a neighbourhood dispute, disputes, basically, what was going on. So the young blokes left them for their pool game. Then we went out, got out of the compound, and then we were sneaking up. And there was, like, a T-junction. You can go, like, a T-junction. So we're on, we're on this side of the of the T, got across in this compound, go down, and on the junction, there was a um, street light. So as I was going down, yeah, we walked around the street line. There was an alleyway on the on the on the stem of the T. So we looked down and could see barbed wire um, obstacle twenty uh, odd meters down the stem, and that's where you, you could see the blokes fucking firing shanghais and you know this that now like right that's where they are. And then um, my scout uh, Fad's good. Fad's good. This guy going to keep going fucking left to see if there's a fucking Entryway, so he's going to scout around to the left, which is further up, further up the T. And Lowy had come down this center, and he, and he was going on the right side. He was stacking on the right side of the stem with him. So he basically, 
the wedge was covered so you know all sides of the tee were being covered and I'm like I just wanted to have a look and it was the way the uh, the light shone I was in the dark it was just in that perfect angle of the dark and so if that's the angle where light is type thing I was creeping up this side using the uh, the wall and they're about so about here if you can see that's where the vocal there's a money drain so yeah I've got feet left and right of the money drain and as I'm moving up I was I had me night weapon side on me style because I had a fucking a spare fucking night weapon so I don't fucking take it but it was good because if the scout seen something I could have a quick scan from depth to see what they could see and so the boys could be a little bit further at times when I need them and so still be able to see down what they could see and you know like Happy days and you know come up with comms and stuff, and I look for so that's what I was doing. I was moving up, moving up, have a stop, have a scan. They haven't seen me, haven't seen me, and then yeah, move up. So I've got my main single monocle, my left eye. So using my master eye for me, uh, my weapon sight. So coming up, have a bit of a look, keep creeping, creeping, and then I was looking at the obstacles and I just want to see like. Maybe we can just quickly fucking bound over it. I just want to see if we could leap over it, how thick it was. Um, don't do it. Because maybe we could charge it type thing, uh, which is why I needed to have a look at it. Otherwise, we had to come in from a different angle. And for some reason, uh, all of a sudden, there's a dude move from move from left to right. Fuck, he's only 10 meters, less than 10 meters. Yeah. Move from left to right. And as he come out, I don't know why, but he pivoted on, on me. And from all I remember, it's like, fuck, he's pivoted on me. And I remember just saying, you're dead. As in me, I thought, you, you, you're dead. And that's when I started the drop. I was on the drop. And I remember just thinking clearly, like, take him with you. You're dead, take him with you. And on the fall, um, uh, of let go of the round, boom. And as I've hit, I remember, bang, and our buddy coming up to the, uh, the night weapon slice on my eye, and I had that perfect, you know, the old inverted V, the old chevron. That chevron was fucking pointing straight on his hip and like fucking oh, just above his hip and like fucking perfect. The next round, I knew where the next round is going to go, fucking land on his hip. They'll bowl his, or, you know, where he's basically where his hip joint is. He should bowl his legs out that way, and he's going to land with his head closest to me. So, Bowl his legs out or fucking take his head out in the next shot. So that all happened in the drop as I've reached up and I've seen it. I knew exactly how the body was going to go. And, um, but as I've fucking gone to take the shot, what had happened is the bolt was still back as my magazine hit the deck and that forced two rounds into the chamber. So I have a fucking double feet. So I'm like, oh, fuck, stoppage. So what I did was fucking quickly try force the fucking. The rounds out, hoping that it would clear. It was a fucking, you know, I had to do what I do, like you fucked anyway. So go for a miracle. Hopefully, the fucking, the force would fucking empty the two rounds out of it and then I could get another one. So bang, and pull the trigger out. All I'd done is fucking put another round on top of the two. So fucking completely fucking, yeah, you know, malfunction at that stage triple malfunction and, and by that stage uh, Faz was on, on kneeling on top of me and he goes I've got it I've got it 
and uh, took over. They were on the run. So what had happened, we cleared over. And it was a weird feeling. I could remember like it's like my body was here moving forward, but my mind was fucking here. And it wasn't until, you know, we, we went to re-reel, re-reel. And then once I started doing reel, there was a fucking gun set, salt set, scout set. I remember saying, gun set, fucking left, fucking funny. That's when it feels like my brain had caught up the rest of my body type thing. Um, you know, a bit of an out of body. I feel, still feel, I can still see it. It was a bit of a weird fucking situation. And then we started to go through, and I remember, buddy, on the, on the radio, and then I can still remember all of a sudden starting to blubber. And Lowy fucking, yeah, that was me starting to go into shock. And then, yeah, I could still remember that feeling like, holy shit, it just felt fucking, you know, how would they call them? Dissociation? Everything has started fucking, yeah, dissociate. And that's when Lowy just, Lowy just come home and fucking grab, fuck, wait, give me that, mate. Uh, light him a cigarette. I was like, give me that fucking, and he said, uh, was it 3 1? 1 3 2 3 3. 3 3 3, this 3 3. 3 3, no, 3 3, 3, this is 3 3, Charlie. Um, my seco's going into shock. I'm taking over control. Because, yeah, no, I don't yet. This call signs and maneuvering will be making our way back to your location. We are five to 10 minutes away from you, or five minutes away from you. I'm taking lead. And as soon as I heard him say, I'm taking lead. It's as if my brain just went, like, when the standby mode. I could still see anything, but I just wasn't registering shit. And it was, oh, I just felt like it was in slow motion type thing. Everything was in slow motion. And um, Kurtzy was, well, he was the youngest bloke I had, fucking ex-buddy prize fighter and buddy. He paid his way through fucking, you know, was a street kid. And so to fucking pay his way through school, he did prize fighting and he worked on fucking a fishing boat as a sword fisherman. Sword fish, fuck it, not. Good cut. And um, like the boys took charge. They all stepped up. Boom, boom, Greggy, don't like, bang. He goes, and Greggy just goes, Greggy, you're with him. Kevin goes, fucking bang, I'm taking lead. And Greggy's fucking goes, sweet cunt, look at me. And he goes, stay on fucking my ass. You are five metres off me at all time. If I do something, you fucking copy it. Do you understand, Quirky? I guess, Quirky, fucking slap. Do you fucking understand, cunt? Yep, on me, move. And that's how the boys fucking maneuver me. I fucking just, yeah. I still, it's really weird because I can still see it like fucking, it was like my brain just wasn't computing what, what fucking, just, you know, I was still thinking, but the messages from me fucking common sense brain just wasn't getting to the fucking outer yeah. lens type thing. And yeah, my boys fucking they stepped up, mate. They fucking love them. Always will. So just just on that, what did what was old mate doing? Oh so they were fucking um I don't know if it was a bow and arrow he had or a fucking Shanghai. But when I pivoted, like he fucking we locked eyes with me. So he had so, his fucking bow and arrow fucking ready to roll, yeah, ready mate. to yep. smack you. Oh yeah. And, it, did you? Yeah. It, was he killed? No, it blew half his ass off. Oh, did it? Yeah. So, as I've been on the fall, they reckon I must have because I must have hit the barbed wire because 
uh, when it hit him, it fucking hit him side on, they reckon. Must have hit him side on because seeing photos of it, one, sorry, the face, the cheek face the closest to me, you know, you have a ripe watermelon, you tap it and it just fucking splits. That's what it looks like. And then the other watermelon beside it, split, you picture a soup ladle and scooping out the bottom half of your fucking, of his ass. It's gone. Like a soup ladle fucking taking it. So anyone fucking doesn't know what a fucking, what a 5-5, five, five, you know, good old fucking 5-5 five, five, fucking F1 ball, don't worry, she does the job. Um, but yeah, he'd run. He had fucking run. And uh, there's a bit of fucking commotion in the warehouse. Looking back, that's where the cunt had got into. So, yeah. But by the time, remember, by the time I'd got back to the fucking fob, there was AFP, fuck, two AFP cars there. And I'm like, really? holy fuck, yeah. They had just been on a, on a patrol. And they must have heard fucking, like, fucking, they just moved in. Like, yeah, you obviously heard, like, right, I fucking contact, fuck, contact here. We're fucking. Actually, around the corner, so that just pulled in like oh, anything we could do. So yeah, and then there was a bit of an investigation. Now the investigation at the time went for fucking ages. It went for longer than it should. Like we weren't allowed to go on patrol. We weren't allowed to talk about the incident. Yeah, you know, had MPs, mate. I've got fucking in that somewhere up here or so downstairs. I've got buddy four hours, four and a half hours of interrogation tape. Of fucking getting interrogated, grilled on the spot. And yeah, getting, you know, same questions. Why this? Why that? Like, um, yeah, but the reason why it took so long is that I, MPs didn't have an investigator in each team or because they thought, well, we don't need an investigator. Like, how the fuck do you not have an investigator? So we had to wait the 72 hours before an investigator fucking. He even looked at us. And then they called the incident side of fucking, well, no, the cops, you know, like uh, a crime scene. Yeah, you know, that's how they've been. Well, that's that's part of their doctrine. It is a crime scene. And I remember fucking getting upset and talking to my tree like, fuck, they, you know, so they're calling it a fucking crime scene. I fucking did my job and stuff. And it, knocked, it knocked the section around a bit, mate, because we weren't able to talk about it. Um, they'd see me go into shock. So there was a little bit of fucking loss of a couple of boys. Like, fuck, it's, it's quick. You got the fucking minerals for this. Um, but yeah, like, like fucking re earn it. It's just, but that comes down to fucking a, a delay in, you know, a full leadership not having fucking implemented an investigation team and, um, or giving caveats for, my own organisation, my own the battalion, to run its own fucking investigation. So, yeah, yeah, but right. that, yeah, mate, yeah, Fuck. there you go. So, That's, mate, yeah. uh, that happens. Uh, how long is the Timor trip? Six months. So, we did five. We we're two weeks short of five fucking of six months. Of course you yeah. were, and so we didn't get a, we we didn't get a rockle. Yeah, for um, that reason. They yep. would have done it on purpose. Well, six area, there was blokes from six area. They were going to rockle before we got home. And like our tour got extended and extended and extended. And um, I was telling you what, that was a fucking interesting way because our boys would fucking turn into Alton. Like, it was like, because you get a build up, like two weeks' time, we're going to go home, boys. Like, fuck yeah. And then, like, 
a week later, boys, sorry, that fucking that decision's been cancelled because Australia fucking the government wants you guys to do this, that, and the other. And so there was two, probably three times where we got told two weeks time, guys, two weeks times, and then in the end it was like, just don't fucking tell us unless you got a fucking plane ticket for me. We don't want to know. I said, you know, because it was getting dangerous because the boys would just turn into fucking wolves when they found out, you know, they're a week away from going home and then their tour's yeah, been extended. Yeah. But, and then you'd go on a patrol and they were like fucking, like, um, which is good in a way because there's a few places where, I can assume one of the orders is like, there was thugs, there were fucking thugs and we were trying to fucking close down and it was like a new area. Um, the patrol that we had were taken over from, you know, the tail were taken over like thugs that tried everything. And Steve goes, the only way we're going to win this is to be bigger thugs. So I want you guys to patrol like thugs. And he goes, you find cunts, you bash them. And that was a come down to. It was just like, fuck yeah. And you know, all hand-to-hand work, delicious. And that's how we've like, I remember fucking actually patrolling, like no fucking, like uh, fuck off fucking formations, pretty much extended line, walking line, soccer hooligans. Yep. Like boiling like soccer hooligans, fighting dudes, like, oh, fuck yeah, no worries. And then, ah, you know, and actually actively hunting fucking, like, bad just cunts. young fucking, yeah, yeah, young bad cunts, catching them. And just, we found that if you fucking arrested them, like, they just get thrown out. Like, fucking, you'd only could keep them for fucking 24 hours or whatever, fuck four hours, and they'd be on the street. And give so, them like, rough up. So we'd rough them up. And that's honestly what we did was just like, fine. We will fight. We will sort them out. You know, we'll apply pain. Everyone applies pain. But, you know, those blokes who were thugs, next time they seen us, there was like, thank you, sir. Please, sir. No, sir. They're the most polite gentlemen I've ever fucking yeah. thought. So it, it works. You know, thuggery, yeah. brute thug. Of course, of course it fucking thugs. does. Yep. Yeah. Uh, take, good fuck uh, work. I think the police around Australia should mate. take note on that, or the police brass, I should mate. say. Okay. They need to take note on that. Mate, mate we were uh, we were chasing, no, we were hey, chasing these cunts, <clears throat> and we we're like, "Fuck this! Let's go back to the fucking patrol base." We're fucking you know, fragged, um, running against these fucking blokes and sandals and stuff, and we've got fucking oh, body armor. And shit. We come around a corner, walking back, just fucking beeline it, just get me fucking back to the fob, boys. I'm like, yep. And they come around and Fudge goes, "Quirky, have a look at this." They like come around the corner, and they're like, they've managed to wedge themselves in this like fucking. Against two wall, and just like so, all the boys come out like fucking seething. Like it was one of those days, you know, when it's so hot, you can actually see the steam yeah, raising. Them. Yeah, and look, yeah, you look like kettles. So we must have looked like fucking monsters type thing, like hating on the world. And there's blokes have been chasing like for two or three hours, and they thought it was a game. Fucking throw like we just come around and they're like, "You dumb cunt!" Wedged in the wall. Wedged against wall. I remember, like, the boys goes, like, what do you want us to do, Quirky? And I was like, fucking, I felt like Tony Soprano type thing. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I want you to fucking bash him. Like, watching these blokes bash, I think, thumping these dudes over the hill comes the AFP Soggies. And, you know, fucking all their stack cars. You got the fucking, these hard cards on stack, buddy, stack bars with M4s and, like, looking black and belly clubbing up. And I guess everyone looking like, hey, 
and they're like, and oh, the one of them, the blokes are drawing it, hey, and like, hey, and the other side, they kept driving, and same thing, but second vehicle, just nods, and then as soon as like we realised they weren't stopping, I'm like, get back to it, <laughs> and so the boys fed the fuck out of them, and like, right, now we've got that out of our system, they're not going to fucking fuck with us again. We got on the main highway, we started humping back by fucking feeling a little bit better about the day. And these soldiers come back, come fanging back. Beep, 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 beep. Boys, boys, come here, come here. And, like, and they're feeding us Gatorades and stuff. Like, oh, it's like, fuck, it's ice cold. And they're like, fuck, they're laughing now. And that was the fucking best and funniest thing we've ever seen. Doing patrol to vaccine. And he gets come across the corner. And there's a section of you fucking card cuts just absolutely feeding these cuts. So they fed us fucking hamps and end up giving us fucking lift back to the fob. Boys, yeah. awesome. That was fucking brilliant. And that was, yeah, but that was Timor. Everyone, like, anyone who did Team Warring 6 will all have the similar stories. I mean, like, fucking go sort out, fucking go sort it out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Minds. Hearts Hearts and minds. Yeah. <laughs> so you said that was uh, just shy of uh, six months back to Australia, mate. Yep. No muff diving again? No, mate, no. Nah. Um, Change of plans. So I I actually used that – I've used the second tours to um, buy all me, all me furniture, all me white goods, you know, have enough furniture and everything to – to, to basically, the way I thought of it is like, listen, I'm gonna, I want a house that's fully furnished. So when I b- have a girlfriend, like, it's all my stuff. This is my fucking theory. And like, this will be all my fucking shit. And she <laughs> won't be able to fucking change. She won't be able to fucking move anything because she's going to be moving into my house. And so I'm going to have fucking shit set up the way I fucking want it. It's a great theory. It doesn't fucking work. <laughs> no, mate, no. Yeah. So... Yeah, so I end up saving that fucking coin because, like, right, hey, time to start. You've got, you've had your piss trip. You've now got a full fucking house. You know, furnished, enough furniture to fucking fill the bloody three bedroom house. And, um, right, it's time to start saving for the house. So that was yeah. it. And then got posted to Mortars for 07. No, fuck yeah. Back to Mortars, back home. As a seco, as a seco, yep. In two R out, yep. And yep. just like yeah, and we so Steve O Adam Stevens come across as our platoon commander, so he was the eight eight six, um, our eight our eight nine captain. He was posted over fucking sea somewhere, so we never got to meet him. And um, Ruth Skinner was our platoon sergeant, um. Chitter, Josh Chitterer and Dutchie Owen was based, uh, were the two MFCs. We had. So, yeah, in fact, uh, yeah, that's when I was, so I was in a platoon with Hugo and uh, the boy. I fucking, again, a dynamic team of A-grade, A-grade hitters. Mm. And everyone in that platoon had done at least a tour. The majority of the boys had done two, like, from probably you know, all the Seccos had done two. Like, Two to three fucking tours. Um, very, very bloody um, tours. Like many team war, but the yeah, we had a couple of uh, at that stage. There's a couple of our boys were uh, Iraq vets as well, so multi bloody team war tours and, and Iraq veterans. So there was a wide range of different experiences across 
across the board. And um, and then, well, yeah, we're, we're busy into it. You know, we've just lost fucking four months of training. We've, all that training that we had, the government had bloody organised previously because of a short night's deployment. Like, right, I've still got these training to do. So you're flat out doing that. And then now you've got even more ammunition to allocation. So we've got last year's fucking ammo to fucking shoot. And then we got this year's ammo to shoot. So our training for mortars was was through the fucking roof. It was amazing. Um, where at this time we were able to get up to E five, you know, Ruth Skinner and buddy the boss, buddy Steve O. They did a lot of fucking work. We we're always out the range doing you know some absolutely fantastic shoots. Um, you know, complex, very complex shoots, and you know, looking yeah. back at it, uh, yeah. and you know, dynamic shoots and all that. So. It got to the point where the fucking they're starting to push the envelope. So what else can we do to them? And testing different theories, our link shooting and all that sort of stuff. And be able to do link shooting live. You know, so very dynamic shoots and stuff, which is fucking great. Good training. And obviously oh. that, that new ammo coming as well, all that yes, fucking mate, the, uh, the adjustable yeah. fucking shit and Yep. I so we had <coughs> I remember when it first came out, <clears throat> we had a tail fin blow off. Yeah. Yep. Literally dropped this bomb and it fucking come out the fucking tube, landed yep. about 20 metres in front of us, and I got fragged in the face and blokes are running. Yep. Ridiculous. this bomb to explode. So the reason being is because, the you know, of the propulsion, because it was the tail fin was being made in two separate parts. So the fin itself, and then you've got the stem with all the charges and stuff. So they instead of being like the old fin, which was a single fucking piece, mate, these are two separate pieces. So, of course, you know, engineers, for fuck's sake, you add bloody, um, you know, pounds of pressure followed by bloody immediate heat up to what, bloody, you know, a couple of thousand fucking degrees instantaneous. So what was happening was that basically a tail fin was basically expanding and the stem was fucking... Yeah, take it off without it. Yep. Fuck. Mate. Good times. Good times. Good times, brother. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like, so... But no, look, oh, fair enough. You know, crack yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that set us up, mate. That, that year, the amount of work our buddy platoon, their command team fucking did, you know, absolutely sensational. You, you can't replicate. Yeah, you can do all the fucking line drills. Don't get me wrong. There, there is a, there is, yeah, you know yourself as mortar. And the only way you can get better at that tube is to dry drill, dry drill, dry drill it. But, there's nothing like having dropping, live dropping bombs, bombs. Yeah. dropping bombs properly, and you, you, you know, and we we had that, yeah, the guys' speeds and you know, brilliant team. Yeah, mate. So 2007, obviously Afghanistan kicks up, mate. Now mate. you're going, you're going to be going over as the as no, a psycho for mortars, no? Yeah, no, no, no. We were getting no, a team, or mate. So Ta- at the what? time, what? Yeah. What? 2007, Again? so you had oh, buddy no. um, Charlie Carm, was it? So Charlie Company has got the fucking gig to fucking. Um, so let me set the scene. So 2007, you've got Reconstruction Task Force 2, uh, 3CR-led uh, mission with engineer support from Delta Company, and cavalry support from, I do believe, 2CAV, 
with bloody drivers from Bushmasters being also allocated from um, 6R out. So, yeah, so a bit of a fucking mix and match type fucking combinate, uh, uh, combat teams and stuff. They weren't, you know, engineer support teams and stuff and security teams. So technically, engineer uh, infantry was there for a security element for engineers to be able to do reconstruction task force. Yeah, the mission at the time was Australia Survival Fugger, uh, protected reconstruction task force to enhance, buddy, to build uh, s- uh, schools in order to enhance fucking area security of a Garden base or something similar type thing. It was all about protective reconstruction, about rebuilding schools, uh, hospitals, wells, and all that, you know, providing infrastructure for the Urizgan basin. And um, so, yeah, at the at that time, the offensive fire support was being provided by the Dutch. It was like, well, we'll just piggyback underneath the Dutch fucking operation. So the Dutch were um, battle group. They were they were the fucking they were battle space commanders. That was their battles. That was their AO. And um, Delta Company was over there, and then. We were actually training for for Timor again. So we were actually in the training for fucking Timor. We're like, fair enough. We are like, fuck. Fucking round four. Here we go. <laughs> and I always thought, it was, I was a bit back to front, like we expected a, a combat team. We sent a combat team basically to, um, to Afghanistan and then we sent a fucking a battle group basically to East Timor, but that was the, the, the government day, that was the priority, fucking keep a fucking stable fucking East Timor to become a global neighbour and all that sort of stuff. So we end up doing that and then Delta Company had a massive contact and at the time they were like four or five hours in, in contact and they got out by the skins of their teeth. The only reason why they got out is um, the Dutch pilots went against orders and stuck on their heel like, no, because they were pulled off. They're doing direct support to Aussies, and then there's Dutch and buddy, you know, Dutch troops in fucking contact. Um, so that was one of the days where Delta Company was nearly fucking surrounded. So they had to fight out of the valley, break contact out of the valley, and the Dutch stayed on their shoulders, providing, you know, attack by fire basically to help the boys break out. And they got back to the base, and at the stage you had. The Minister of Defence, um, he's now, buddy, in charge of the War Memorial, Dr. Nelson. Brandon Nelson, Dr. Nelson, yeah. And um, Angus Campbell, I think it was. Not Angus, buddy, the Raffy bloke. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, forget his name. Houston. Sir. Houston. Houston. Yep. Yeah. So Something Houston. Houston. Yeah, Angus is in, is it? You know. Is it? I don't know. Well, Angus Houston will fucking sir, whatever. Douchebag douche to douchebag. Yeah, general. <laughs> so CDF, so Minister Defence and fucking CDF are over there. The boys were told, boy, you can't just got to go and have a fucking shower, fucking this, that, and that. And then Timmy O'Brien, another fucking legend in the RAR, especially one RAR world and that, uh, he's like, he's like, he's fucking go fucking jam it, cunts. He goes, the MINDEF, was to see what fucking was come over here and fucking see soldiers. He goes, we are not having shouts. Every man will be fucking going down the fucking dress they are, sweating as they are. He goes, he wants to see what fucking soldiers, combat soldiers look like. Yet 
we're about to show them because we shouldn't have got out of that fucking alive. And uh, he goes, furthermore, we'll be five minutes late, which I did, you know. So they rocked up late. Nelson's fucking, oh, yeah. Uh, so the Minister of Defence is up there fucking giving a speech. The boys rocked up late. They pushed their way into the front because you've got the stage and all the posts. So, so the boys fucking barged their way in, fucking get the fuck back. And Paul and Blake's new and they goes, so he's in there. Timmy O'Brien fucking pulls out a fucking cigarette, lights it up, starts smoking it. So he's already catching eyes, fucking, you know, CDF, like, what the fuck, you know, like RSMAs and all that sort of stuff, like, you know, twitching a bit because the fucking corporals decided, like, you're not going to pay it. A, he's got a death sucker stare, the Minister of Defence. He looks like a bag of shit. And then furthermore, he's going to light up a cigarette well, I'm fucking, yeah, you know, one officer, the senior minister of defense is fucking giving a speech. But you did, line up. He goes, oh, any question? Yes, sir, I've got a fucking question. Where the fuck? Yeah, you know, this, that, you know, we just got out, we just had a five-hour fucking contact, this, the only reason why we blah, 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 you know, set, it, set the picture? Yeah, you know, had we had Australian mortars, we would have been out of that fight in 20, 30 minutes. He goes, so... I need to know now, and I need to know immediately, why the fuck are you sending me to fight this war and you're not giving me Australian fucking waters to keep me and my boys alive? Because you sent us over here and you're not set, you haven't sent us with the fucking equipment. Yeah, and I need a fucking answer and I need an answer now. And they're like, well, yeah, the Dutch, you know, no fucking defence. The Dutch are divided fucking direct support there. Do you understand what direct support and fucking, in, you know, um, direct support and uh, what is it? Indirect support, no, indirect fire. So you got directed and uh, I can't fucking remember the word. Sorry, boys, fucking hear So you got one said, like, if you're direct, anytime you get a mission, they're going to fucking put bombs on the fucking yep, yep. yes. And then you got a support or fucking general. So if you're in general support, like, if we're not busy, we'll put bombs down for you, Hager. But if we're putting bombs down for you, and then all of our oh, guys getting the fucking shit, we've got to pick up and we've got to start putting bombs down for our boys. You understand that? Look, yep, sweet. So that's what we had the agreement with the Dutch had. Like, Dutch would go, yeah, we'll fucking drop bombs here, but be aware. Our fucking, our bombs are fucking primarily for our fucking boys. And even fucking pretty much, I need to know. And then, must have been a Wednesday, Thursday night, I got a fucking phone call. No, I was on leave. We're on leave for, so we're on leave for, but it's pre-deployment leave before we fucking come back, do our last two week, you know, bit of training before we head off to Timor. And uh, so I'll fucking whatever leave was. And that's, well, I got a phone call. It was actually my girlfriend, and my wife, um, my boy's mum, and, you know, my future wife, current ex-wife, <laughs> my darling ex-wife, um, we were dating and stuff. So, um, so yeah, we're we're out in a fucking like resort here in Townsville, and I guess remember like fucking getting a phone call. Like, and she's coming out of laundry, looking fucking stunning. And I'm like, bring <laughs> fuck, boss. Like, fuck, better answer. Like, fuck, you look hot. And he goes, boss, sorry, I'm fuck, sorry, boss. What's, hey, boss, what's going on? And I'm like. Hurry up, boss. Get me the phone. He's like, mate, I need to recall fucking your section. And I'm like, 
the fuck? And then so much for romance, mate. And it was just like Judy calls. Judy calls. Yeah, Judy fucking first. And it was that's a bit of a weird night because like your boss couldn't tell me like this get all your you need a recall the boys, fucking bang, bang, bang. And I remember like trying to recall, I'm like, fuck recall fucking like boss. I'll be able to get a hold of mass, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I've had three blokes. And they're like, the other six blokes I can't play. He goes, have you got the recall register? And I'm like, yeah, I do. Yeah, I have the recall register. He goes, go through it. And he goes, and remember, he goes, I prefer you to take single blokes, take the alphas, take who you want in the section. I prefer fucking single men going with you. I'm like, boss, I'm not taking, you know, I've got Matt's. Matt's is fucking married. And he goes, I'm still fucking taking him. He goes, yep, take him. And then... I'm like, boss, what do I tell me is I can't tell you these means. Like, right, is the oil good? And he goes, the oil's of the best quality. And that was a bizarre night. Ringing up blokes and going, listen, mate, this is a situation. You're in or out. I don't know what the fucking mission is. I've been told to fucking put together a, a, a team. And like, but what do you got? I'm like, I don't know, mate. I don't fucking know. I don't know where we're going. For all I know, we're fucking going to Perth, getting, t- getting taught how to do halo operations strapped to a fucking SAS cap. And we're landing in fucking Pakistan. I don't fucking know, mate. You in or out? You got 30 seconds. And then blokes like, been putting blokes in there goes, are you legit? Queer? Like, I'm fucking 100% legit. You in or out? And blokes have to go, and you'd like, nah, fuck that. I'm out. Don't worry, mate. Fucking bang. Cross that name off. And go down until I had the fucking 12 dudes. And um, like, this is all I know. We've got to be at fucking work at this time. Go, you know, what are your details? Ring this fucking number. You know, because you're going to have to fucking fly back, blah, blah, blah. So we went through that list and there's blokes flying back. You know, what time you get in? Okay, fucking bank. You need to be at fucking barracks, fucking uh, 11 o'clock, I think it was, or 1200. So, so we had a fucking week. Everyone's like, yep, no worries. We're fucking back. So everyone flowing in. Like first flights out of fucking here, that everything. And so everyone was back by time. We met up an hour before time. It's like, what's going on, Kelly? Like, I've got no fucking idea. And then, we got marched into fucking the ops room. No, uh, the, uh, the CO's fucking, you know, fucking conference room. And it was just sat down, like fucking, because remember, there was 12 fucking nervous men. And just like, boys, congratulations, Benny James. Gentlemen, how are you? And like, I'm shitting myself, boss. So the boys, what's going on? He goes, gentlemen, have a seat. He goes, you gentlemen have just been selected to be the first fucking uh, regular fucking Australian fucking mortar section to be, to be deployed on um, uh, offensive operations since Vietnam and uh, you're landing in Afghanistan I'm like fuck and you're like boss when did we leave and he goes Tuesday so it's Friday I'm like what date and he goes Tuesday the 4th I'm like oh as in this coming Tuesday yeah. and he's like yes mate you've got four days bud is there going to be a problem I'm like look around I'm like nope but we've got a fucking, he goes, yep. All that's been sorted. Um, so that afternoon we were fucking pulling out because we'd, you know, you'd packed, we'd packed all our tubes away. We we're pulling tubes out, having to fucking, you know, armories to come back to re-fucking calibrate them. We're taking three tubes over because we we're going to take, fuck it, go three tubes because that was one of the fucking things we're developing doctrine for uh, Army 2020. The 2012 contract, like, well, every fucking company should have fucking a section. In. Every section should be a three-tube section. That way it can support companies and stuff. 
for three platoons. So we were going to use that concept. And then, yeah, you got, you know, along with all the other balances, you, you're getting through equipment, this, that, and the other. Um, the QM or the sergeant that we have is fucking awesome. What do you need? Quick, I'm like, is there any chance we're getting a fucking 20 magazine per bloke? Do you guys want to just fucking keep alive? Yep. And she would just fucking, anything the boys needed, she gave fucking, she gave it to us. And so that's initial issues, fucking sizing and all that sort of stuff. So she put in orders for that. And then it was just a roller coaster. Next day, we're out fucking the range. And this would annoy me. Like, all of a sudden, there's fucking like three, four hundred, three hundred 300 odd bombs or whatever it was, 150 odd bombs we had. And then it was like, right, this is the trace unit. This is the instruction you're using. We just pen amended a few things. Here's a fucking minute to cover this, that, and the other. Up you go. Up the high range. Yes, all just knows point. Okay, guys, here's a fucking couple of traces. Recommend this one, this one, this one. Bang. Here's the instructions. Just sign here. So CEOs are coming up and just doing pen amended fucking signatures on minutes, handwritten minutes, basically, uh, to certify previous instructions. Yeah, and, right. Yeah, yeah, and, and TELTs that we'd previously used. And like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck is it? I've seen my boss and Sarge fucking spend fucking weeks upon weeks for fucking nights upon nights doing all these fucking things. And then within a 24... Uh, you know, twelve hour period, shit's just getting hand fucking signed. I remember saying, like, what the fuck, boss? And he goes, Why well, isn't it always this here? And he goes, Yeah, I'm you know, this is warm like, Sir, it was good enough for a fucking short notice fucking operation. This should be the standard. This should be how easy it is to fucking take men out to fucking train them. And frustrated me a bit and that um but we you know the boss um so the boss come out and he's, you know, fucking Borderline fucking, and he was throwing us through the fucking ring up, like, and and just out the box fucking thing. So we're doing a fucking mission. He's like, "Fuck, quirky, you've just been hit from fucking left flank, incoming from left flank." Look, what the fuck? Number three's with me, and fucking taking a fucking, go you know, fucking, match. You've got the line, and taking buddy your number threes and running off with an eighty four. To engage that fucking target, yeah, yeah. or number three tube because I had three tubes. Number three tube, fucking direct lay onto that. Fucking carry on, and just like concentrate, look back, got it. Happy days, fucking. So really, really good fucking train, like snap training, like, snap training, just yeah, shit the boss could think of. Yeah, fucking, he's just been wounded. What are you fucking doing? Like fuck, number two down. Fucking you cunt. Number threes, cars are back. And just keep, you know, fucking number one's fucking down that tube. Fucking one, two rotate in. Fucking drag that cunt back. So really fucking dynamic, like on your fucking, on the ball, throwing us in fucking so many fucking curveballs at me where I've got live missions on and just throwing a fucking curveball at me. Mm. like And keeping brilliant. rounds down range. And keeping around down so yeah, you know, there's a mission going on, but you're getting attacked, so I need you to deal with this as well. So, but, um, and and having to fucking, you know, I, I still reckon it, it is eight of the best fucking hours of training when it comes to mortaring as a section commander I'll ever have in my fucking life. And, um, you know, even we tr- I try to replicate that. Fuck, fuck, can't do this, can't do that. Because it goes around the rangers and like, Fuck, I miss how fucking Steve-O trained us that day. Yo, just throwing curveballs at me, 
left, right, and centre, and just fucking smacking shit. Yeah. So and just then, quickly, mate, how how was the obviously all the other boys that you called up? Any anyone you know of the boys that missed out? They'll be just fucking kicking kicking their own mate, asses at that stage, just going fuck. Monday, everyone, yes. every, everyone was back on 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 ground. So it was like the last week of fucking holidays anyway. And so the Monday morning, like, we're about to fucking deploy fucking, you know, 24 hours. And we're waiting for ammo. The only thing we needed to do, we've done all our pre-deployment. We're coming in, get our gats, tape them, lock them up, and just go try to get some rest pre-packed as we're flying out at 0500. Um, might have been that night. No, we had fuck all time. Yeah. You know, was it Tuesday morning we flew up? Anyway, but the company's getting, you know, all the fucking battalions, they're getting ready to go fucking field. So, orders, you guys can go last because you can't start fucking deploying with us. Just like the boys, like, got a thousand one things to do. We've got to fucking, you know, make sure we're fucking this down now. It was just like the, there was a bit of animosity. Up there, yeah. You know, CSM, like I remember, CSM was like, "What the fuck are you doing? You've got a thousand one things to do." Like, whilst we were told to fucking wait, um, they're fucking issuing you can't get. Wait, he can't. Yeah, it's fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This cunt's going to fucking war. They have got fucking. They got fucking shit to fucking sort out. Fuck up, cunt. You look after these fucking men. Oh fuck, no worries. And then we got fucking looked after. But the CSM, he's the one fucking. Yeah. You know, oh fuck, was a cunt's name. Stewie, Stewie, fucking fuck you, cunt! You're this cunt. You're going on exercise. These cunts go on exercise. These cunts go on the wall. Who's got fucking priority type thing? Fucking pause. Fucking fill those cunts in because they've got a thousand one things to do. And that's what he saved us. Uh, and um, I'll get you know, I'll get it. I'll just I'll remember fucking saying this. Calm down, boys. And then you've got a fucking bloke. Oh, this is bullshit. That's my fucking position. That cunt's a lead. I'm like, that cunt answers his fucking phone, cunt. Fucking, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. Fancy phone. Yeah. And that's yeah, one of the boys. He'd been in the fucking platoon like two or three weeks. Then he just got, got to the platoon. But it's like, fuck, well, he answered his phone. You good? Yep, done. We're fucking taking the cup. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, from there, mate, Tuesday comes along, you fly out to yep. uh, wherever, and then you end up in Afghanistan, mate, landing into oh. Tarrant How is that, mate? You know, not fucking stinky Timor anymore. It was, so, holy shit, mate. What a fucking experience. So we come off the, the um off the ramp, you know, stay we're at the Qantas fucking did you know the Qantas Club, it's just a shed in the fucking beside the fucking <laughs> yeah, the dirt. Yeah. The, the Qantas know, Club. The Qantas Club. <laughs> so waiting at the Qantas Club for the fucking, you know, this pickup, um, yeah, mog. Pickups and stuff. You got fucking blokes doing this and then I remember like there's labs fucking racing up, fucking smacking the you know, we didn't realize the fucking the range there, like fucking this shit. Getting shot out of the fucking range, just stuff getting blown up here. Patches are flying over. I remember seeing patches flying up. Just look, what the fucking fuck? This is in the first fucking, in the first half an hour. Like, what the fuck? This patches doing some gun run down here. This is a real deal. This is a real deal. You know, fucking labs fucking racing up, and there's blokes fucking, you know, there's, there's movement everywhere. That's basically what it is. And it's just like, uh, seemed to be like control chaos somehow. Then we got fucking taken down, quickly introduced, given a fucking a sleeping quarter to sleep at, and then sent off to fucking have a feed. But I remember we 
I made the boys bring our slouch hats because it was like, yep, I'm going to help fucking my boys, my brothers, and fucking one. But I made, we're the first, second battalion boys. We will wear our slouch hats. I'm like, that is fucking my order. I'm like, I want us to walk through this camp with fucking two RR slouch hats on. To show cunts, like, we're not one RR. And we're going to represent our fucking battalion as our fucking, with our colours. And just more of a fucking show of bloody defiance. They're like, it's okay, boys. Two RRs here to help you. <laughs> That's part of it, too. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, yeah. it's part of that fucking, like, fuck that. I'm like, and the boys, you know, I remember my boss, so RSM, square girl, fucking take your fuck. We'll take your hats on that. Like, no, fuck off, sir. I said, my orders is to fucking, we had to take slouch hat. He goes, why? I said, because I want to walk through that fucking camp and every cut wearing our fucking two-hour hat fucking set. And Betty James, he's loving it. Um, he goes, I want every cut to know that two-hour is here to fucking rescue fucking, here to rescue one. <laughs> and he fucking loved it. And he's like, yes, I feel like it's fucking legend. And the RSM had it. He goes, quirky. And we're like, yes, sir. And he goes, like, oh, by the way, you're coming back early because you're going to sing out. I'm like, Sir, I've got another. You said I had another year. Yeah, things change, mate. Have a great trip. I'm like, but you said I had fucking three. I was meant to have another year. I was meant to have another. So I'm fucking walking down here. Yeah, have a good fucking walk out. Enjoy it because you got to come back in December. No, sir. No, no, come back in December, cunt. No, that's how I left fucking Australia. Like, fucking pretty much like bullshit. Going to Afghanistan. But I mean, you're telling me I'm going to sing out. Yeah. Like, you jack cunt. Um, Good on you. What a way to do it. Like, I'm going to fucking give you a handshake, say congratulations, look after you boys, but I'm also going to fuck you in the ass again. You're coming back early, and I'll send yeah. you to fucking sing O cunt. So, um, yeah. And um, you know, the boys are great. Uh, I'm finding the sort of mental of fucking to see young blokes with old eyes. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, you know, that old fucking, you know, the thousand yard stare. Like, we've seen that in, in those men. And Delta Company were young, young men that had eyes of fucking 30 and 40. That, that scene, that just seen and that just done a fucking bit too much. And uh, by the time we got there, they were fucking thankful we were there. But you could just see these, they weren't just fucking, they weren't diggers. They, they, these cunts were killers. And they were good at it. You could see it. They had a bit of a swagger about themselves. They weren't showboaty. They were just reserved, hard, fucking-looking mm. men, mate. Yeah. Yeah, it was intimidating. Soldiers. Soldiers, mate. Yeah. 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 So, mate, in regards to the mortaring side of things, obviously, r- run me through this first, I guess, you know, setup of a, a mortar line. Mate, um, the first, buddy, real... Um, Mission was basically show of force, bed in. Um, so what I found was all that stuff we'd been trained at, like even though I'd been since basically, sorry, mate. You're right, you're right. It'd been so long since the doctrine had been proven. You know, we hadn't really proved the fucking doctrine since Vietnam. Everything fucking worked. Like, um, there's a few things that didn't work uh, because we're used to being part of a bigger network that we're now working on a smaller network that did get massaged out after the first mission 
Like we've heard it, we get fucking clear air ground, you know, use her go through an eight, nine or a fucking gunfire, you know, um, the J, uh, the JFEC would give us that fucking clear air and clear ground. So we did need a lot of, a few things that had SOPs that hadn't been fucking tested, um, and working in a combined uh, national fucking AI or theatre added a little bit more complexities to it that we weren't we weren't ready for. Um, and looking at it, um, like yeah, it's, it's good to hold fucking to send a fucking a section, um, but they probably should have sent me boss as well. Oh yeah. Well, we said to go. We got another platoon, fucking sergeant, like fucking Dutchie and stuff as well. But just for that command and control in a CP, you need that SME, you know, which a captain or you know, a captain or a warrant would have been able to fucking provide. You know, well, this is how fucking mortars. This is what the boys are asking for because A, B, C, D, and E and all that. So there was still a bit of fucking hiccups we had to fucking work out, which did get ironed out and. um yeah, it, it was by no means, it wasn't like smooth sailing. I mean, there was quite a few fucking hiccups and buddy, learn, there was a lot of learning pain we had to go through, like tactically and it, the employment-wise, because we were going from a two-tube concept to a three-tube concept as well, which is different. Like, what the fuck you mean you got three tubes working? I'm like, well, fucking guess what, you have you know, and you've got the old and bowls, so fuck worky, no, no, like, no, no, he said, you got one and two tube, but then the third's going to be in the gut, so should we have the break, you know, so we have the crash action, always crash action two tubes, but if we're doing a deliberate thing, I'll do a triangle, one, two, and three, and it made a better defensive position, but then it meant that each of those tubes, the day could be allocated to the three platoon uh, positions, they're three platoon FPS, basically, so dispersed platoons, now instead of having each platoon had their own FPF covered by at least one yep, tube, yep. and that so, and it made it made more sense that way. Or when we're doing, you know, you know illumination and hey, you know, HE illumination missions, number three tube is my illumination tube, so it could throw up my light, and I could still have a fucking beaten zone created by that two tube section, which is what something that we don't have in that two tube system. So that you know, academic. You know, if you looked at it as an academic, it it was a better fucking option. On the theory side of it. In the theory yeah. side of it, yeah. I think. And it did, it worked out better. Yeah. Uh, we found, like, yep, no worries. We only had, to, you know, I was only take, I only had a fucking nine-man section. So, you know, we trained everyone that we're located with, which is generally a um, CHQ element. Um, so everyone on that fucking hill. Our drivers and all that, anyone that was there, they all got taught how to fucking be bump mortarmen. And it was started off with, you know, how to prep fucking ammunition, how to recognize what ammunition was. So, how to prep, you know, what charge bags were, how to prep charge bags, all that shit. They all got taught how to do, down to teaching them how to fucking lay on, how to reach tar- charge tables. And I'm like, what do you mean? I said, well, listen, mate, I said, if. We get fucking incoming and we get airburst by fucking, yeah, they fucking airburst us and we're all fucking dead or dying. I said, 
you're going to have all these lovely tubes here with all this ammunition. No one would fucking shoot them. No one would shoot them. So I said, you you need to fucking basically learn how to do soldiers fire, but how to fucking do a direct lay onto it. I said, don't give a fuck about you. So you don't have to do fucking missions that you can't see. But I said, if you know that there's a target within 600 meters, you can direct land to it. I said, and you can fucking thump bombs down. I said, that may be the difference between your hill getting overrun or whatnot. So teaching guys and, you know, practicing all that, that was part of the fucking, the, the craft, which was great. And um, the biggest thing, coup that uh, the coalition had over there, and like, I would love to know if I can set it up, was telling the Taliban that the fucking candles were cameras. So the illumination rounds had cameras in them. So that's how we were able to see them. So because I was working on a fluid battle space and generally if I was going to get here, the boys got hit in ambush, and we're doing a um, a convoy when the boys get hit. I would fucking, you know, we would be in a distance where generally the fucking tubes would only be doing charge, charge once, potentially a charge two. So we weren't going to get a good bet in. So I would force to charge, I would bet in with illumination. So we'd calculate for HE mission, but I'd force to charge. So I was going to run a fucking, this is fucking charge one, quirky, like, I force to charge. Fucking, what's time of flight? Fucking, Ross, it's 25 seconds. Okay, fucking set to use set. Fucking time of flight, fucking 18. 18, fucking, um, so charge, or whatever, charge, fucking, charge three, use set, fucking 18, 18 or 16, whatnot. And so the boys would all, fuck, we'd bet in with illumination. So technically, the first round that should be hitting the deck, because the candles, all things going well, should be all in the sky. The first adjusting round will be HT round. So the first round that goes boom will be HT round. And the beauty of that, because you know the split, instead of having a wider belt where there's a chance, especially in an ambush where some of the contacts were, we calculate might be 100, 150 meters, two hundred. Instead of having rounds fucking quickly fucking sway in and accidentally fucking clipping one of our boys, like well. Yep, you've got canisters in the air. There's a chance. That's a limited chance of injury. It's still fucking not, still hurt you. It'll probably kill you. But we're not going to take out on top. Like, we reduce the risk, basically. And so being able to cheat the system to reduce the risk and still create an effect. And as we found, it was um, the candles in the air generally would fucking nullify gunfight. Um, not had to have much, but yeah, areas would just go no, Fuck, they got fucking cameras in the fucking there, and we were all in the sky. And cameras in the sky, yeah. <laughs> the other thing that was leading, uh, we had to our advantage. It was going from the fighting seasons. Yeah, you know, autumn was there, so all the leaves, all that foliage that the insurgents would generally. You know, don't get me wrong, our fucking first week out of our first patrol out, first day. Yeah, you know, we were in that fucking massive gunfight. Yeah, you know, more Wilton's, uh, what was it, Spolycott? No, six or fucking you know, seven or eight hours. It was just fucking panned to fucking modium. So I started off about midday. Um, was it Nelso's boys got fucking hit? Sabatoon, they were fucking, they had their ass handed to them. And they had to break contact and they ended up in an L shaped ambush. 
And I just remember we were fucking on the flank and we were fucking, fuck, mate. I've never seen so much fucking, like, ordnance. And we were fucking putting down love for them. And um, I remember debusting out of that, like, this is first patrol, day one, fucking, yeah. We've done one or two nurseries, like, just around 2K out of the fucking thing, just a bit of look, eyes on. But this is our first actual patrol. And, yeah. Nelson's team fucking temperature. They had kicked fucking that. They would basically bury their cock into a fucking hornet's nest and pulled it out. And just, yeah, they were swarming. It was like fucking ants, mate. Um, it was at this stage, they say it was the biggest company battle since long ant. And, you know, fuck, I can fucking believe it because um, to the north of us, you had, buddy, you could hear dust. You'd see dust trails off the north of just coming from Troy Valley through the Troy Valley, Bluchy and all that. Just, you know, trucks, first trucks, you just see them just like, holy, there's another dust trail, another dust trail of trucks just dropping fucking, you know, fighters. Yeah, basically re-supping teams and just fucking dropping, you know, dropping lads off. So you had fucking all that shit happening and then, yeah, there's blokes fucking moving down, trying to flank. Um, they moving down, so we we're hitting from the north. So they're using the creek line that was fucking north south creek. So pushing down through the creek line on the other side of the creek line, you had uh, Point Jack, which is a Dutch patrol base. So between us and patrol base, we're on one side of the green zone. We're in the s- south. We're in the western side of the green zone. The da- dash. Looking at the western side of the fucking um, Dorishan Road. And then they basically was using the green to try flank uh, flank the boys. So uh, Nelson's boys had to break contact. They got out of L shape, mate. That, that bloke's fucking, you know, they, were, they were hit hard. That bloke's down the last fucking magazine, last two fucking clips. And, um, you know, we're fucking putting love down. Just watching, I just remember fucking seeing 25 mils fucking. Just pull human human beings apart, mate. It's fucking a mate. Um, they're just bizarre. Like, um, I remember debusting from it. I remember the fucking once that the boys were fucking linked around, buddy. Um, the mongrel, what the fuck are you cunts doing? And we just had two RPGs fly over our fucking um, over our vehicle. Then I get through, what the fuck? What the fuck was that? Quirky, there's an RPG. Like, fuck, boy, it's RPGs up here. And he goes, yeah, quirky. What? And he goes, they're shooting at us, cunt. And I guess I'm like, get fuck. And then, like, you know, when you go on the show and everything seems to go on slow motion. And I can still remember seeing this football y fucking looking thing, like fucking long dildo fucking football flying past. And I can still read there's an A and a T, and I do believe there was like a six or a G. It seemed, I could still see it, even though it's fucking would have been fucking banging, but my brains slowed it down. I can still see the A, T, just. G or some shit, and it's this fucking this fucking rock is coming fucking banging past. Um, fucking major with you fucking you remember? You still see it clear as a bell. But yeah, that fucking come like oh shit, D bust, D bust, and we D bust. And uh, we got to remember our last bloke here wanted D bust like what the fuck are you yawning? And like boys, you know fucking shit's going like and having like pretty much you know can't standing there. Blake's fucking huddling like blokes, you got to spread out. And just having to, like, world's going to confetti. Like, if you don't spread out, one of those RPGs is going to hit this and we're all being dead. Like, 
they're targeting the vehicle cut. And that was like, fuck, they are. And then the boys started peeling off left, right. Remember the fucking, here was Zed. Zed had the radio, so he was being more sick that day. <laughs> he was a bullet magnet that day. Everything we hit, that full cut move, or he's fucking peeling left. Yeah, get an extended line. He just had fucking bullets fucking on him. Some kind of pinned him, and it was like, I'm taking that blonde fucking, that blue-eyed fucking <laughs> goddy out. Fuck that fucking, yeah. Fuck that Aryan fucking cunt. I'm gonna fuck. And they were taking him, and like, um, Nico had found, like, he found, like, this perfect shell scrape. Like, look at me. He must have been fucking an old fucking Russian fucking, like, um, like pit. And he found, like, his fucking, and he is scot-free, home and nose. So I can see around looking back, like, fuck, fuck. Like, hear my boys, that's it. Like, and just hearing, fuck you, fuck off, God, fuck off, <laughs> like, fuck you. Like, fucking, so I'm spinning in, like, fucking, is there a cunt behind us? Like, no. For all it's Zed, he's like fucking Leopardron, Leopardcrawling into fucking this cunt's pit. Big enough, like, there's fucking more than enough room there for two blokes. And Nico, because Zed's getting his ass handed to him, so I think, he's trying to kick his best mate out. And I think these boys went to Kapuga together and shit, like, fuck you, can't get the fuck away from me. And I remember laughing. Like, yeah, I remember like, full of Zed, like, look at me. And I'm la- I fucking pissed myself laughing. Like, most inappropriate thing, he's fucking shitting himself. And I remember that's the thing, like, his eyes, I remember just fucking laughing. And like, Nico, what? How much fucking room he is? Oh, like, but he's getting shot at. Like, just let him in, you fucking hole cunt. Stop in a fucking, you know, stop in a fucking dickhead. Okay. And it was like taking him to you know, being a naughty boy type thing. And then I thought I fucking. Back and observing like fucking Bono's up. Greggy, fuck what? You know, stopping on your knees. I can't see anything. And, um, well, fuck a bit of dust around top, you know, dust fairies and all that. But yeah. But fuck, mate, what a, what a day. What a fucking magic Do you have any day. tubes with you that, that time? No, no. That was our first no mission. Tubes. So our, our tubes were double X'd. So we got yep. over there and, um, the armorer, he goes, fuck, did you check? He goes, Greggy, your fucking tubes are double X'd. They had too much play and they had too much play in them. And the reason being was the armorer. Did you bring home. them over? Yeah, mate. Did, did you bring them over? Yep. 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 So they'd been signed off, but the armorer that fucking signed them off hadn't done his job properly. Oh, no. And so just because one comes fucking laziness, mate, we weren't able to fucking drop bombs that day. And so our job was to be direct, like, well, sorry, boss, we haven't going to, like, we've got, well, yeah, well, what can you say? Well, we're all. Well, we'll basically become a new support group, which we did. And I listen, we'll fucking be a, um, we can hold a CCP. We've got three of us with combat first aiders. I've got three fucking GLAs in the system. We've got 84s. We'll take 84s and said, we will fucking maneuver around the battle space and we'll become the immediate fire support team if need be. And that was, you know, right out, that's what you're doing. And that's what we, you know, well, basically what we did. We just bombed up at 20 mags each. Because we were like, well, fuck, we did the calculations. We're like, well, how long? Well, we could hold a bit of dirt for fucking two and a half hours. Like, max, three hours, I'm dead. So I need to be fucking evacuated. So at two and a half hours, you can't, not coming to me. I'm fucking, I'm leaving. So, yeah. 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 So each man had 20 magazines. Over so that day, we ran in. Um, I had 266. Fucking, every bloke had fucking like at least 266, one of 266s each. Um, 
had two fucking 84 rounds. Most of the blokes had 84 rounds. We had carried six 84 rounds into that day. Oh, no, it might have been eight. So Trap, uh, Trapper, he fucking, he'd slung his fucking, t- um, his GLA, so he had his fucking sty with 20 mags. He slung that bad boy, took the fucking mag 58 and humped that out. So he dragged two fucking guns into the fucking, into a fight. And then, yeah, we were carrying as much ammunition and water. We are fucking blowing up water because the boys went in, in, the, in the contact, so they'd be in the tick for fucking a good couple of hours at that stage, so we knew blokes were running out of water. So we were basically preparing to fucking reach up men in the field in the fight, give them a bit of water and fucking carry on the fight. And, um, yeah, mate, it was a good day. Yeah, fuck. That's the day I threw the, the fucking tape grenade. Yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So over that uh, next, uh, you know, how long is this? Um, we're talking. This is the first couple of weeks in country. This is, I think we land in uh, in country tenth September, fourth. At two days, two or three days in fucking um, in Kuwait, doing all the mandatory fucking shit, and then we so I think yeah, ten or twelfth of September, one or two patrols. It was ten days after we'd land, or ten or twelve yeah. days. It was fucking pretty quick. So the first couple of weeks. Yeah, and then it was pretty much, yeah. And it, what was the tempo like for the rest of that that the, the point? Like how many Absolutely bombs? So, like, oh, well, how dro- many bombs are we talking about? No, we didn't drop any bombs. Like, we'd do shows of force. So when we yeah. started fucking doing show of force, and a lot of, you know, try me illumination, but then we get into an area, like Bellucci, the Mount Bellucci, when we fucking did Lydiards and all that, like, FOB Lids, Lydiards. What was it, Lydiard then? No, I fuck. What it was. Um, we dropped bombs um, onto the high points. So the towns of Rodeo Count, this is what we can reach out to. Um, what Foss? Yeah, mate, yeah. So I remember we did fucking, like, one of our first missions. We ended up doing, boom, boom. oh, there's fucking Entailment. Like, oh, fuck. And um, Raz, the interpreter, hard old cunt. Um, Raz, Raz, yeah, yeah, he was on our, he was on ours, mate. Yeah, how solid is that cunt? Yeah, uh, hope you still, fuck, I'd love to see you still alive. That cunt, fuck, is good, but yeah, oh yeah, well, listen, guys, you want a pistol or anything? And he goes, don't worry about me. I go, I've been in plenty of gunfights. He goes, if I need something, mate, I'll pick up one of the, you know, something that's lying around. The fuck, you know, got, you're just another day from that contact. But yeah, he's like, oh, quirky, they're um. The Taliban said that you're hitting the hill that they're on, uh, Daz. Hey, wait, wait, Daz. Nah, you're still further down the hill. Like, add what? Add 400. So I was going to go, add 400, add 400. Like a bang, boom, bang. Really? Nah, he said, no, no, it's still there. Add 400, fucking bang, bang, bang. Dump it, boom. Like, that's really close. They've just landed just behind them. I'm like, right, I should really drop fucking. He goes, I know I should. My next one should be drop two hundred, but I think it was like drop, uh, drop one hundred. And the boys, I was like, fucking drop one hundred. I said, drop behind him, drop one hundred. It's just right in front. So add fifty, fucking five, six rep for effect. Fifty percent WP. Boom, 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 boom. And like, yeah. And it's like, oh, that's uh, they've just landed in front of us. Like, fucking add twenty five, fucking six round for effect. Boom, boom, boom. And that was just like they're not getting anything. Like, right, right, and it was a few fucking like. Might have been thinking, you know, three or four, three or six 
think it was six. By the time we fucking around, like, boom, we got him. Six red four effect, fucking bang. And then add 25, six red five effect. So we fucking blanketed that fucking zone. So, yeah, but we didn't hear any more radio chatter. But then it doesn't mean anything type thing. So, like, but did we hit yeah. him? But did we hit him? But there was no more fucking communications up in the hill. And that was fucking, I think that's either, they went either stop fucking talking because someone becomes listening. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're like, fuck yeah. you, cunts. I'm running. <laughs> they're either running, they're burning, running. <laughs> burning. We had buddy, um, <laughs> I remember fucking, uh, that's why the legal oak. The legal, the legal officer was there for some reason. I was fucking, are you guys using WP? Yes, sir. Yes, we fucking are. It's like, I'm in my elevator, just like, yes, ah, delicious. As with the boys, you can't use WP against human beings. Yes, we can, sir. We're merely obscuring the target. We're just obscuring. You're obscuring them. You're burning them to death. Obscuration. You know, like, <laughs> And so I remember fucking that and like giggling away, like, yes. And just like smoking cigarettes. Like, fuck, yeah. Like, yeah. But I remember at another place we had fucking bleachy, like, we'd done a fucking bit of a show of force, we did a WP, and I was like, fucking, every cunt's fucking packing up shit. And I remember fucking sitting there admiring the WP, so I'm like, and then I remember like seeing the rocks start rolling uphill, the burning rocks. I'm like, what the fuck's, I'm like, God, that's fucking rolling uphill, like, rolling fucking uphill. And I picked up the fucking thing and I realized, you know, you fucking, like the sheep. <laughs> so like, yeah. Oh, I can strip on like smoking. And I remember like looking around and I look out and there's one of the boys. He's fucking looking at the same thing. And he, he looks down at me. It was on the cab boy, one of the cab bosses. And like, he could read like, oh, fuck. And he's like, I think they're sheep quirky. And he goes, fuck them. The Taliban sheep, anyway, and I started laughing. And then, like, about an hour and a half later, these fucking these blokes, about three of these blokes, come past, yelling absolute abuse, shaking their fists. And I was following them. Oh, that's how they're shaking. I'm just fucking just wave. And so we're waving. I'm like, this cab bloke's like, he goes, "Oh no, they're fucking shaking their head." He goes, "You just fucked up his lover." Oh yeah, you're like. Do you want to know, I will write a book one day about fucking short stories about fucking, you know, killing Taliban yeah. and shit. But, yeah, that's, yeah, that happened. But, yeah, it was but, just, uh, just. Just busy for the just next. busy, mate. You'd go out, you'd do, buddy, a couple of weeks out. I think the longest we had was Bellucci. We had a two, it might have been a two-week job in Bellucci and then it ended up being a four-week fucking job. It's just, and then come back in. So you'd come back in. Refit the fight, boom, boom, boom. And it's just like fucking coming right quirky after fucking after dinner time, mate. Down in orders, and then go straight in. So you'd, I'd be fucking bang, clean fucking shit, fucking you know, refit, clean the fucking vehicles yourselves and fucking equipment, and it was just like straight away that night. Um, oh, you'd do an after action review, AAR it, and then it was like fucking bang quirky straight down. After lunch, after dinner, mate, planning in the next job, and then you're straight into plan the next job, which was interesting. You know, being a seco, getting to be part of that buddy development of plans from a combat team point of view was was humbling and, and learned a lot, mate. Just quickly, now Poppy Pierce was killed prior. How was that uh, reverbing around 
so Poppy was on our tour. Um, we come back. That was our first look at. Um, so that was more Wilton's major, more Wilton's, more Wilton, and Delta Company's last uh, patrol, active patrol, where we went up to Chora. So that was the first look at Chora we'd had as a combat team. We'd driven up there. So it was set in conditions for fucking Reconstruction Task Force 3, basically mission, uh, to take over roles, responsibilities that um, – RTF Reconstruction Task Force um, two had been able to can um, to gain, and so our job was basically going to be moving into Chora Valley and extending all that, and so going in doing a reconnaissance and setting preconditions of what was needed, and that was on the way back, and um, yeah, we're fuck mate, we're only seven. I reckon we're seven k short. He was seven k short of fucking TK fucking when yeah when. They hit the fucking, you know, using a different route. And just new command team, old boys, new command team. Uh, you know, new 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 crew commanders and uh, you know, new new crews and on the uh, on the buckets and stuff. On other buckets, the uh, labs. So a bit of a mix of of experiences. You know, limited, no experience versus experience, and a call getting made. And you go, no, instead of fucking potentially listening to a few older heads from the tour, um, probably a little bit of complacency uh, looking back at it. You know, everyone makes a fucking bad call and just, um, and yeah, the, the area wasn't cleared, wasn't done, there wasn't a deliberate clearance by engineers and it just so happened to buddy run over that pressure plate and the dudes are like, no. I remember thinking about Poppy, you know, which is, he was like Bunny's old boats. We were in the fucking cab. He used to share our bloody lines as, um, in the cab lines. Uh, so guns, cabs, um, mortars were on the same line. So, you know, you'd see him down in the smoking area at the time, have a fucking brew and all that sort of stuff. Love, love the old bloke. Yeah, I just well, that's why he's fucking called Poppy. Everyone fucking, yeah, yeah, did look like fucking everyone's dad type thing. Yeah, and yeah, you know, it's just if, the the one thing I buddy have that gives me comfort is I know he's doing work, but I was thinking like, hopefully, you know, besides fucking maneuvering that fucking drive now, I was like, I hope one of the fucking things he was just on his mind was just looking forward to, you know, having a chat to his girls, you know, you know like mm. if I could say like, mm. like only seven k's from fucking home, like oh, you hopefully he was just having that little bit of a daydream. Yeah, thinking about his girls when he went, it was quick, you know. Mm. But that was how did that rev- how did it revert oh, around mate. the? Just you know, this is the first first fucking, fucking yeah that not regular yeah you know, regular army guy yeah. killed. So he had Russell, uh, yeah, Sergeant Russell, two thousand two. Yeah, um, he had two commandos two com- in two thousand seven. Yep, uh, Marks and Worsley. So Worsley was after fucking Poppy, so he was number two. Oh, was it yeah. after? Yeah, yeah. There you go. So Poppy was like the first regular, the regular army. army, mate. It was fucking mm. um it knocked the shit out. I can still remember saying we we the boys are fuck the boys are angry. My boys, we we're all angry. And we set up and went down, we we're ten K away, like fucks. Um Yeah, and we 
went and set a base plate up, reported into fucking more war Sorry, just quickly, like when did you get the the heads up that an incident's occurred? Immediately, mate. Gone off? The yep. fucking, the uh, mushroom cloud was still raising, mate. Contact yep. ID, contact ID. Fuck, quirky contact ID. Fuck. Remember looking bloody south and just seeing you, fuck, you could see it fucking right. see the cloud. See the cloud, yeah. Yep. I mean, it was, fuck, we had a big one. We're 10K, yeah. we're, we're, just, we're 10K away. Just to cut in, just for the listeners, like literally from the Baluchi Valley, you could pretty much look straight through the dash all the way back to TK. Yep. Like it was just one flat fucking yeah. trip in a way. Yep. So you could uh, definitely see any clouds along the way. Yep. And we only been, we we wouldn't have been more than 10K, probably seven at the most. So, yeah, we were fucking, you know, humped down. We were fucking pushing hard to get down because that had already been cleared. And um, we got down to the, we set off the buddy, the police fucking checkpoint there. Forget the name of it. Anyway, we, yeah, that's where we set our base plate. That was actually the location of our first fire mission when we had been out there fucking week, a few days before. So we using the same buddy. But. Interesting dynamic where you've got men who are fucking ropeable because we know we've got a casual, we know we've got a dead. Got the boys trying to get them fucking stay the fucking stay switch, blah, blah, blah. They want to shoot everything. Getting them to calm down. We stay on point and you can understand it. And then I, at the same time, being angry and like going down to see more water. I'll be back racing in the morning. Hey, boss, we've got this, this, and this set. Fucking bang. I need a fucking target. Because he's trying to find out this, that, and the other himself. He probably hasn't thought about that, you know, or fucking. Um, I don't know where the JTAC was. I'm like, I need a fucking target, boss. I need a fucking target now. Find me. And yeah, yeah, we're ready. Like, find me something. Find me something to kill, boss. And fucking do it now. Yeah, quick. No worries. Um, that just, you know, being angry, boss, find me fucking something to kill. Fucking do it now. Yeah, boss, you know. And then I ended up giving me a fucking target as well. And then I remember, like, fucking in vicinity. But then we had bloody vehicles, the two hills we had beside us. Like, oh, I'm not, I'm talking like 200, 250 meters away. You had vehicles fucking stacking in behind them. So we're like, fuck. That's threat one, that's threat two. They're going to use these vehicles. They're going to smoke the fuck out of us. So all of a sudden, I'm like, right, I achieve one, achieve two. Cheap one, sound task, cheap two. This is your fucking primary. Cheap one, that's your fucking primary. Uh, cheap three, that's your primary. And no, no, directly fucking top, add 50. Um, so having to fucking doing exactly what Steve O fucking did to me, it was like, fuck, thank boss. Thanks, boss. Um, yep, that's covered. Now I need to do direct land, direct land to those fucking things. And then, Joe, so boys got fucking ammunition for that task, but then now they've got fucking. They've got an extra couple of rounds for that fucking task, those immediate tasks, just in case we get hit, which is at the stage looked like it was on a fucking a lot behood because it, you know, that had caused a bit of movement around the um the place and that vehicles still coming in from the north. So there was, but I think we were like, um, we were like one of the rear areas type thing because sections had to move forward. So we were technically, we took over. Uh, area responsibility rear. But yeah, man, it was fucking, it was a couple of hours of work before 
probably got evacuated. And then, buddy, we eventually fucking got evacuated. I can still remember fucking pushing south when we did eventually get moving. And you could see all the buddy um, on the, so we're on the eastern side of the Dorshard Road now. And on the western side, you could see all the motorbikes not shadowing mm. us, like out of fucking small arms way. But you could see them, like, fuck me. You got 20 or 30 fucking bikes and motorbikes. Like, and then trying to fucking figure out, like, well, if they're going south, what are they going to do? Um, so, Poppy's um, been evacuated. We get everyone back. Uh, it, it's shell shock, mate. The entire task force was in a state of shell shock. Um, got us in a room, quickly briefed us, you know, refit the fight quickly. Uh, and then um, it was. They opened up the, the lines. It was just like, yeah, yeah, they ring home quickly. Everything's okay. Going to hear some shit. Bang. I'm okay, mum. Don't worry about it. You know, rang up my girlfriend. Like, hey, this is going on. You know, I'm okay. I can't tell you details. You'll see sitting in the news the next couple of days. Like, I'm okay. I've got to go. And then, yeah, because we had 150 old fucking people trying to use, buddy. 10 or 20 computers or phones or whatever it was and everyone was just going through about a turn of time type thing and um, you know, a few days later we were able to give Poppy a ramp ceremony which was you know, it's absolutely devastating, surreal. it's surreal it's a surreal experience you know, as you know and you're in shock more than anything and you know it's a whole ceremony of it um, you know it was but then out of that, like, because Charlie Company was in, you had fucking Delta Company still going out. Um, I remember fucking seeing Will Wilton, and you're like, hey, boss, and I'm like, fuck, we right? So, hey, boss, stop here. And I'm fucking, you need this cunt. And I got one of the boys got a coffee. And I, I mean, boss, I remember just saying to my like, boss, that wasn't your fault. Yeah, you, know, you did everything fucking good. The enemy has a fucking say. Just remember that, boss. The enemy has a say. Remember the mission. It's not about bringing up everyone home as live. As you said, not about bringing home everyone at live. It's about fucking doing a mission. You did your job. He's like, yeah. And I think you need that fucking, and just have that bit of a fucking one on that quick five and have a fucking brew and just go, well done. Carry on. But yeah, it was, um, we sent him off. And yeah, unfortunately, within. Two weeks, two, three weeks, we lost fucking Luke Worsley was the next fucking Aussie to um two commando. Two commando. He got hit doing doing a job. Yeah, you know, what a legend. Yeah. You know, the PLN identified a threat and he just fucking um he went down fighting. Um what a fucking legend. Yeah, you know, and you know, when you've, you're hearing the stories about mates that are, were there with him, you're like, oh, you fucking hard cunt. And then the boys, you know, he was a big man. And like, I remember saying, like, fucking two weeks before, and I'm like, hey, fucking, you know, quick shake hands and bit of a fucking quick, quick two or three minute chat. There you go, keep him busy, man. Yeah, fuck yeah, awesome. You know, morale's up. So, like, so he was, was he from one or he two? Was was one, he was one. You're from Morale? Yeah. yeah. So, yep, gotcha. yeah. We just caught, oh, fuck you, yeah, how you going? It was just a quick fucking. What are you doing? Yeah. And like, yeah, fucking water. Fuck you. How's it going? 
Um, but, you know, and then fucking, you're like, holy shit, you know, you're fucking on, knew that cunt. And then um, we are getting ready for operate to Spingar, which was in the Chora Valley. It was around fucking 50 of fucking, it was, and then SAS were up doing recon work and that's when buddy, um, uh, Matty Locke got hit and you know, one of my mates was, um, he was, he, he was his patrol medic and stuff and he came down and we fucking went out of fucking, had a brew about that and, you know, we had a bit of a debrief and, you know, what can you say to a fucking mate that who's fucking, you know, lost, lost one of his brothers type thing and it was, it was a bit of a cloud come over the fucking, the task force, like, fuck, are we, are we, are we using up all our luck type thing? Because we'd got away with so much, you know, you know, that big, t- you know, that big fucking contact we were in. Like, at first, I was like, how the fuck? We were, we, you know, we got blokes fucking rounds of hitting them in the plate, doing 90 degrees and fucking taking off top buttons and stuff, you know. You know, blokes getting hit three times in the back as they're walking in for orders, turning around and rinsing, you know, Reaching two or three of the blokes that have hit you know, the wolf, yeah, you know, three blokes hit him at the same time, boom, 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 and turning around and rinsing two or th- two or th- of the three blokes that's fucking tight have tried to hit him. Yeah, this is the sort of it was, you know, blokes with rounds to their pants because they had welts, rounds are coming that close to the blokes that welts in them, like as if you've been hit with a stick, yeah, and no yeah. one could understand what it was. It was we figured out it was like the rounds are passing through blokes, fucking cams and stuff that close that it's pretty much you're like like getting whacked with a fucking uh, yeah. towel because rounds are fucking yeah the kid skinning. skinning them yeah, yeah skimming fucking so um it was for me afghanistan was it was the war i wanted to experience type thing proper fighting the taliban were fucking good to go yeah, I found them fucking quite chivalrous at the time because they, if they wanted to have a fucking crack, you knew you're going to kickoff's going to happen because all the villages were just fucking evacuate. You're like, well, wait till kickoff. So, a lot of fucking, you know, things going to kick off and then everything's like fucking mellows out because it's like, oh, fucking, you know, my wife's cooking a curry tonight. Oh, fuck, we won't worry about that. This, that, and the other. So, it was a few, like, I got home. The 20th of December. So we got home from our last job. 15th of December was the last time I had Brown's fucking come home for me. <laughs> 10 days before Christmas. I'm like, I'm fucking too short for this shit. Fucking 10 days before Christmas. I'm going to be falling out. And um, the 16th, 15th, it was not 15th. The 16th, we get back to Chora. The 17th, I'll fucking hand over. The 18th, I'll leave fucking Afghanistan. Um we had first beers. We had our first beers, two beers. We're because like, as far as they're like, right, oh, no, that's the last patrol, Aussie patrol for the task force um, before Christmas. So we're getting a couple of beers. And there was a card, of, there was a pommy blade. He goes, Quirky. So I'm like, I'm staying up. There's me and another call. I'm like, we're staying up. And he's oh. like, found a fucking, oh, Quirky, what's this? And I'm like, oh, I think it's the case that Nibby is. None of these are fucking Heineken's. They'd forgot to fucking lock the Heineken's away. It's like all the yeah. piss. Yeah, and he's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to be a good corp and get rid of it. And so me and this other corp, we stayed up that night. This is when we were fucking one o'clock in the morning when we found this fucking car. 
And we stayed up the rest of the night and we sank, me and him, we sank a carton of fucking, uh, of uh, what they call Heineken's. And so it was bag check, was buddy, bag roll out was like six o'clock or fucking five, half five, finished. We rocked up bag check, we're still fucking, I had to walk sideways like I was fucking, I was fuck eyed. Like I was fucking, <laughs> like if you had no pips for fucking, haven't had a beer for buddy yeah. for three months, four months, whatever. And I'm walking sideways like I'm fucking John Wayne because I couldn't walk straight. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got on, we were like last two on the plane, stinking of thing. And now, I don't know what happened because I was fucking asleep. The boys said they had to do tack long because apparently, oh, they got lock on. They had a lock. Apparently, there's a Sam locked onto them or something. Next one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, this thing's fucking yanking back, throwing chaff and everything. And, like, we're in the back, me and this bike, so the last two fucking all out. And then they thought we were dead, apparently, because, like, we're getting thrown, <laughs> me and this bike getting thrown around. <laughs> you know, like, fucking. So... The loadies thought we were dead. They're like, fuck, yo. So they've apparently come over to fucking check us out. Like, fuck off, go. Like, fuck off, yo. Going back to sleep. And then we rocked up into Kuwait. Yeah, I was fucking late. It was maybe like three hours. I was like, fucking. And like, I remember coming off and those blokes are fucking like, looking like this little shit. Like, what the fuck? Like, me and this other, we've woken up fucking so refreshed. He's like, fuck yeah, how you got, man? I had best fucking sleep, same here, man. And like, what's going on? Smoke, really? You guys okay? Like, did you fuckheads? Like, what's what's going on, cunt? And then we got told, like, yeah, oh, you fuckheads. All we can see you, it's like, fuck, I laugh my ass <laughs> off. Like, so we look like two corpses in the back as fucking this bird's doing attack flying. Everyone's shitting themselves and like, yeah, the two fucking, the two dickhead corporals down the back is going back to Australia, just sunk a fucking a case of fucking Heineken's. Delicious. And yeah, um, yeah, so we land there and then I got fucking posted off to Singleton, so. Yeah, so a couple of years in Singo, mate. Yep. Yeah. Teaching at the School of Teachers Cool. Teaching School of School. Had my two cracks at selection there, so I had a crack at bloody SAS. The first fucking crack is selection. <laughs> I got lost for fucking five days. So. <laughs> right. All right. So we're doing our fucking NAVX bullshit. And it was like night time. You do like two NAV checkpoints by night. So it's round 50, Hagar versus the fucking world. World's 49 up. And I'm walking along at night. I remember tripping over and fucking hitting me soul plexus on this anthill. Like, <laughs> I'm fucking <laughs> snot and tears. I'm fucking crying like a schoolgirl. And I've got fucking, I remember having a torch on me, like, fucking, uh, yeah, yeah. And it was like, uh, are you right, dude? Uh, 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 I'm so I just, just fuck myself up. And he goes, calm the fuck down, mate. Just have a fucking, make yourself a cup of tea, crack on. Well, it takes her. Uh, made myself a cup of tea, got myself fucking cleaned up. Oh, fuck, so I have a cup of tea, bang. And I'm walking, not even half an hour later, not even 45 minutes later. I'll come across a cunt. I'm like, hey, dig, you right? You're, oh, I'm just so just fucking like, mate, have a cup of tea, cunt. Fucking chill out, mate. Have a cup of tea. You feel a lot better. Crack on. Oh, right, uh, just yeah. And it was fucking wandering off type thing. <laughs> we come back later on after uh, that bloody cereal. And one of the blokes goes, oh, fucking walk past some cunt. I would tell you, 
I walked past some cut that was like he'd fucked himself in the fucking soul plexus. And I told him, be like, hey, mate, just fucking calm the fuck down. It's not until you don't know who it was. He goes, I was too embarrassed to look at him. He goes, just have a fucking brew cunt and just crack on. And he goes, lo and behold, fucking 45 minutes later, I've fucking done the same thing. And some cunt comes walking past and gives me the exact same advice. Like, that was me, cunt. And he goes, what? Well, I'm like, I'm the cunt that fucking. Fucking smash my solar plexus and what this way he gets, yeah, fuck no. He goes, yeah. I said, yeah. And then a half an hour, I fucking, I told the same, I was told some other cunt. And he goes, yeah, that was me. And he goes, what we mean? So he goes, no, no, I told you. And he goes, 45 minutes, so you're telling me to do the same fucking thing I told you. <laughs> fucking just fucking nightmare of errors. Like, I remember my fucking, I remember walking down, I had me torch on and fucking, and I tripped over. I remember seeing me fucking torch fly into the air and then fucking hit a branch <laughs> and fucking went out. So, fucking tumbling down this fucking re-entrant. So I've lost me mat. I've lost me fucking torch. And so I was lighting matches to find me torch and fucking found that. So I could, no worries. And he's and I'm like, fuck, no, that's not the work. So I was lighting hexamine. So I was using the hexamine like a fucking torch, like old school fucking torch. And he was yeah. fucking, turn, put that fucking, put that fucking fire out. You cut, there's a fucking fire. Fuck you, cut. And I'm like, oh, there's me fucking torch. Quickly poured douse that fucking thing and like, fuck, come here, cunt. They're like, oh, some DS is after me. So I'm fucking, I'm yanking and banking, fucking running. <laughs> <laughs> Just... <laughs> and it had been burnt out. So we're fucking covered in soot. And then I can remember this end. So we're all waiting for this fucking checkpoint. You just hear some kind, where the fuck is this checkpoint? And I can assume this is what I love about the Australian character. You just hear some kind, I think it's over here, cut. And then you had some <laughs> other kind, like, no, it's over this way. And they're just like, no, it's over there. It's just like, cunts going jack in this poor fucking bloke in selection. I'm pissing myself laughing because I realized what's going on. And this poor bloke and say, just fucking rinse. So this is 2000, is it 08 fucking selection? Mm. Fucking absolutely losing it. And I remember fucking finding, finding the checkpoint. He goes, Oh, you want these fuckheads that are out there fucking, you know, some cunt out there burning fire? I was like, No, nah, no idea, mate. He goes, Why the fuck are you? He goes, Listen, mate, I don't know, but I just fucking went walk through some place that smells like a fucking fire. And he goes, Fucking highly unprofessional. He goes, Are you one of these cunts out there yelling to him? Like, No, nah, sir, I fucking heard that shit. I was fucking, yeah, I was further up. <laughs> so it's one of the, it's still. This diggers tape. Diggers tape. It's like even you're fucking on selection for the hardest fucking organization, and there's still time to laugh about fucking shit. You know, like fucking. I reckon it's. You know, I got lost. I was doing fucking. What the fuck happened to you? You know, I was doing East Coast navigation on the West Coast, so it doesn't fucking work. So I got binned. Yeah, off you go, and then I did it the next next year, and we're on, buddy. Um, we're on lucky dip, so everything's going well. And fucking, I think, um, so fucking day 16 or 17, my body decided, like, nah, eat a dick cunt, time for you to stop. And I fucking kept passing out, and I just went, you're done, cunt. And just, yeah. Yeah. So that fucked my body. And then at the end of the year, I ended up getting promoted to sergeant and getting posted to Tasmania. So, um, but what, well, I had, that was 09, that was a year. Liam, my eldest boy, was born. Yeah, and I left Heather, my darling, my darling wife at the time. Left her with a six-week old. See you later, honey. I'm off to fucking do a selection and shit. And then we'd try to move. We'd try to get married, and we'd move. We'd have to move the date for army needs four fucking times. So she wasn't a fan of army, rightly so. And then oh oh nine, tried to fucking yeah. That was I tried to go. You know, my body just fell apart basically and 
got bozzed, got bloody medically vocal withdrawn. And then it took me two years to get over that. And then, you know, by that stage, I was in Tasmania working with Second Force Support Battalion as a recruiting officer down there, which is pretty cool. Learning how to do logis, it was my first posting as a sergeant. And then from there, that's when dad. So that's. So it's 2011, 13th of August. I've just been talking to my brother on the phone, and I remember just like, oh, fuck, got to go. And, um, to keep your head down, don't be a fucking hero. Then I remember that night later on that night, ten o'clock that night, we just got to bed, and uh, the phone rang, and I was ready. Uh, chalk weekend, and I'm like I wasn't meant to be working, and I'm like fuck it. And I got by the time I got the phone, it stopped ringing. I'm like fuck it, if it's important, I'll ring back the uh, landline. And just as I got back to bed, it started ringing. Like right, hey, that's when I rang. I picked the phone up. That's when Tammy, uh, Coco's wife. She's like, hey, there's been an incident. Like, fuck. Uh, ID strike. I'm like, yep. Uh, Coco's been hit. I'm like, was he in or outside the vehicle? Because uh, he goes, no, he was in a Bushmaster. And then it was like, right, cool. He's in the best vehicle he could ever fucking hit by an ID. Mm. This, that, and the other. I'm like, you know, you've trained those fucking people. Have a bit of a chat about it. Like, you've trained half those fucking medics. You know what you, you know what he's. You, He's, he's going to be okay. He's exactly where he needs to be. Um, had a chat to her dad that was there at the time, like, put your dad on and just said, you need a fucking, you and Leah, you're on fucking picket. So she's not going to sleep tonight. Um, so give him a bit of a brief. This is what's going on. You're going to, this, if this happens, just sort of that baby, bang, bang. Gave him a bit of a run down. Like, she's going to be too fucking wide to go to sleep tonight. So I said, she's probably not going to sleep for the next fucking two days. Um, the hardest thing you're going to do is fucking keep her fluids and her food up. I said, she won't be wanting meals. I said, but you need to fucking give her fucking, she needs calories in it because she's going to be burning them with stress. So I said, you know, you get food into her when you can. Uh, distract those kids and keep her distracted as much as possible. I said, she's not going to eat fucking big meals, but I said, you need to fucking force her a bit of fruit every now and again, but fluid. She's going to need liquid. She probably needs a drink, but I said she's going to be needing to fucking keep us her fluid in. And and then having a chat to mum, mum was a mess. And then um, Joe fucking calmed her down a bit. And then the next day, because dad's on his fucking, dad's got cancer at this stage. And when we ring in the next day, uh, so that's the 13th of August, not the 13th. That fucking 2011. Phone, this is the 11th, yeah. So straight after that phone call from mum, ring the RSM, add out what, 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 this is what's going on. Fuck, this is what's going on. I'll see you tomorrow. I need some sleep. I need to get some fucking sleep just in case. What, you know, so, you know, if it goes shit, I want to be, I need to be on that fucking bird to get him home. No, no, like, I expect to be on the bird. My passport's in check. I know the fucking country I'm going to. I said, if anything, the army needs me on that fucking plane so I can get into fucking the lads about getting there, keeping them on the fucking job. And um, had a chat to dad the next morning. I'm like, you need to fucking sort mum out. And um, it's a tough thing to do. You're like, you know, read the right act to dad. I'm like, I know it's her big boy. And I'm like, I said, she doesn't fucking get to lose her shit like she's last. But that's, that's a one-off. If she wants to cry, she cries in the fucking bedroom or in the fucking shower. But she needs to fucking be strong. I said, I know it's her big boy, 
but he, he needs to fucking start approaching this like the nurse she is. He's like, you know, his mom's a clinic nurse. I said, she needs to fucking look at it as she's like exactly how a nurse would for another fucking clinical fucking patient. He's exactly where he needs to be, and uh, which dad did. And there was a rough, it was a hard fucking phone call, you know, to have a chat to all my family and my brothers and sisters at home and let them know this is what the go is. And and being a sergeant, you know, like basically becoming that platoon sergeant, you know, like fucking for the family, add out what, 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 and then going in. I remember the next day because everyone, all the fucking leadership and you know, knowing about what was going on, Kirk's fucking brother's been blowing up. So I've seen the boss. Uh, so I remember like every fucking scene, like every eye wanted to be in that fucking room for the debrief. I remember just like, if you're not the XO, Chief Clerk, fucking 2IC, CO, Regimental Sergeant Major, so who else you need, or fucking the Welfare Officer, get the fuck out. And just went, gentlemen, A, B, C, D, and E, while I knew, and just kind of said, should it go fucking pear shape? I expect me on that phone. And he was the RSM, uh, Dave, fucking, sorry, boss. Can't remember your last name. He was really, he goes, Fergie, like, no, no. I said, I expect me on that plane to go pick him up. Like, if it comes to it, I will be fucking flowing into that country. And to be a sibling of a, a person who is a WIA, I went in action and stuff, and the stress of seeing the family go through mm. direct and indirect, you know, and all of us coming together in the community that, you know, Army, don't get me wrong, you know, fuck me, Army did a great job. You know, was, yeah, you, you see when when the chips are down in this organisation, you know, with defence, you know, that fucking organisation looks after us, you know, after their own, which is great to see, especially the families and, they needed it and, you know, a little bit of friction and stuff and we finally got Coco home and um, it knocked the shit out of me. I fucking, you know, more than I I thought it would, you know, fucking, you know. Yeah, I, I think probably, you know, looking back at it, and like this one of the things I've taught the psych, you know, fuck, your mission focus, but then you just like, you, every now and again I'd fucking crash. It's like fucking be a bag of tears with Heather and like, fuck, you know, you, um, because there's certain things you just don't know. Like when he's down that system, he's down, he's in Germany. Like all of a sudden, um, there's information. Like you, you, because the information flows will fucking will all of a sudden stop to an extent. Yeah, and um, privacy acts and all that sort of shit. You're not privy to it, and then that was the hardest thing. Is not. Been privy to certain things that are going on. Where the what's going on? How is he? And what the fuck's he look like? You know, and you know when you start hearing about the injuries and all that sort of shit, you're fucking stressed out. You know, Blake's giving you a call. How are you going? And all that sort of shit. RSM fucking Dave's a call, and you know, but you are you cracking on? You've got another job to do. Fucking no, it's just crack on type thing. And um, I think I was lucky that I was in a job that. I dedicated, I was able to fucking use the job as bloody ammunition not to fucking do shit. Oh, to distract myself. But it was, it did knock the family dynamic around a lot uh, with dad and, you know, his dad was fucking, and then 
he come home and then we found out dad was terminal and that was 2012. Um, so I got a, a passionate posting back home, uh, back up the townsville and was then part of 31 RQR for the period until dad passed on. And that led in, you know, which was 2013, um, May 2013. And then um, 2014, the, the butcher's bill came to pay. Yeah, you know, all of a sudden I've gone from buddy you know, do pick up and drop offs of kids and all that sort of shit to butchers bills are here now. Like fucking, you part back part of the RAR. And, um, I was going to go to two for one bit. I was going to go to one, and then they had no MFCs in three area. But more to fucking, you know, yeah, yeah, senior NCOs fucking shorts. Uh, you know, more to qualify for senior NCOs short in three. And like, so you went to the best battalion. Went to three, mate. Yeah, the best battalion, mate. What a fucking <laughs> – and it was interesting to go there because three just moved different, up. Different. Yeah, different times, yeah. different times. So we had a lot of old school paratroopers that just got back home the year before from – or the two years before, 18 months before, from their tour of Afghanistan where they'd lost – they'd come over two or three light from that tour. And um, – yeah, The green on, green on blue. Green on blue, it? yeah. So – you had blokes that were – you still had some of the old fucking – the old guard, the paratrooper, and um, Gavin Keating, Gavin Mark Keating, um, Colonel Keating was, buddy, in charge of the battalion, and his whole job – he was the right bloke for the right time, and his whole job was to change the battalion from a being a parachute-type mentality to a light infantry mentality, and – you could see that you still had that old school paratrooper fucking, you know, the boys with that bloody, you know, blood wings and all that on them. And there's a certain pride that um, three hours is different. I've always, you know, I've been one and two. Was like, there's always been something about three. There's always something special. They had something that was different. And it wasn't just the three hour thing. That, you know, that cap on day. There's something special about Capion. And yeah, each battalion's got their own buddy battle line, but Capion Day was something. Yeah, it was just yeah, they've got the lion's share of the fucking battle on as the fucking of the regiment type thing. So that year it was amazing. Had a great fucking leadership, got to be a toon sergeant as a rifle fucking platoon, amazing bunch of men. A very tight platoon. We'd be of oh, company we were. Uh we just had the right all the stars aligned. Right CSM, the right fucking OC, Kearnsy, Jed Kearns, what a legend. You know, would go on to fucking become the CO of that battalion. You know, you know just men, they were just, the, you know, Malcolm Gray, you know, another RER veteran, you know, you know legend. Uh, I was two RER legend and the you know, he was our CSM, you know, you know Stoddard, and you started, you know, stopping up, you know, fucking two IC and all the, you know, we had, we had the cream of the crop and we knew it and we were special. And of course, I was going to fucking, you, you know, what company I was going to, don't you? Hagar Company. So Charlie <laughs> Company. So yeah. Yeah. I remember thinking, it's Greg, how you going? Look good. And I said, yes, what company you reckon you're going? I said, it better be fucking the one with my name in the fucking front. He goes, you're going to Charlie <laughs> Hagar Company. I yeah. fucking nice. And, um, yeah, it, it was, that was an experience, mate. Just it was different. What a culture! What a fucking dynamic team, and you know, busy. Fuck, we were busy. We've done two hundred odd plus days our fucking field that year, and then 
the following year, I got to be eight, seven of three RER magic, you know, to be a mortar platoon sergeant and, you know, the premier fucking position for a a senior, you know, to be a senior NCO in mortars. It's my third battalion. It's my third mortar platoon. And I had a great fucking team of men, and, you know, fucking wolves, wolves, absolute fucking wolves. And, you know, still love those boys. You always will. Same my boys, you know. They're always been my lads, and yeah, you know, it's fucking great. We 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 were, we were a dynamic team, and um, you know, the following year was got to be lucky enough. I asked for a buddy to be op sergeant, and um, while I was there, fucking all of a sudden I'm getting nominated for buddy um, my sub one and sub two for warrant course. So Dane Farquhar was Dane Dane, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fucking, we're a we're a mortis fucking together. legend, mate. Well, he's yeah. bloody um, Dane's RSM. Fuck it. He's, yeah. Is he? Yeah, mate. Yep. So I forget what battalion, yeah. what regiment he's got. So, yeah, he just picked up his stick. So he'd be fucking mm. good on him. What a legend. I love that cup. Yeah. Yes. The only time I've ever seen that cup small is when some other cup's hurting. Because <laughs> yeah. every, as far as fucking, if you don't know Dane Farquhar, he is a fucking like the dry center here. Straight the other small. Yeah, straight center. He center. does, yeah. Yeah. Dry set humor and every cunt's shit, that cunt's a bag of shit. Yo, yeah. Yo, I'd be concerned if fucking Dane actually asked me, hey, are you okay? I'm like, Dane, what the fuck's going on? You're right, mate. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah it, so, you, you, poor Dane, because I was fucking away doing fucking courses, he basically ran the fucking platoon. He did all the fucking stuff like, He's down fucking. He was an, he was a platoon sergeant down a bloody um, Bravo, and then we're getting for the mortar course. So I'm trying to get everything fucking squared tickety boot. I've had to fuck off to do another fucking um, warrant course, and so Danes had to pick up all that, run his own fucking platoon, come down help out with the running of fucking of my mortar of mortar platoon, and pretty much do all fucking most of the fucking admin. For it. He'll listen to us and he'll fucking grieve our fucking time. And then I'll pick up fucking number one of the sergeants out of the battalion. And it's like most of the time is because of the work Dane fucking Dane did. And I know that. Um, <laughs> like, I'll tell him, like, fuck off, cut. But the truth is, like, the only reason why, before, besides having fucking a great fucking bunch of fucking, you know, diggers and, you know, NCOs and fucking diggers and fucking mortars, like, you know, I got my fucking number one fucking uh, out of the sergeant's pick from fucking the work that Dane did. So, yeah, I know you, if you're listening, Dane, yeah, I owe you fucking more beers than you fucking, yeah, I can ever fucking earn you. And this is the only time I'll ever admit that, yeah, I got that fucking, I got that bloody, that score because of the work you did, you can't. But thanks. Yeah. So, yeah, and then, um, Operation sergeant stuff was interesting, and I got to see as an op sergeant. So Giles Condini was a CO. Uh, uh, Shorey had fucking he was the RSM with. Um, he left, and then it was replaced with Doily, and um, well, got nominated. They uh, they nominated me for Sinai, and um, I was lucky enough to pick up a tour. Of the Sinai potential as one of the buddy um, training sergeants at the end of um, 
end of oh, end of sixteen, and into um seventeen, and um, wow, what a, what a dynamic part of the world that was. Um, when we went there, I was based in North Camp, uh, and you know, you got South and North Sinai. It's like the tooth between Africa and the Middle East. So North Camp is based about twenty-two kilometres from the corner where the Gaza, Gaza corner of Gaza Strip, Israel and Egypt. That corner of that those three borders join. We're twenty, we're about twenty-two, twenty-three kilometres in the desert from there, and so you could see all the stuff. And and at the time, and still is, um, Egypt were running a major counterinsurgency war against ISIS Sinai. So ISIS Sinai were doing a lot of work and, you know, bizarre to be in a war zone. Yeah, a war zone. But what? Dobby? Yeah. Yep. Fuck it. Put the that. Fuck, I thought we were going to go through nah, that again. Fuck that. Yeah, but <laughs> it's really dynamic situation because had ISIS were moving around, like, and getting to watch mechanised attacks and stuff and like shit's happening all around the base but you're nothing doing that like you've got rounds coming in we're not shooting at you they're shooting at the fucking poor egyptian fucking conscripts that are around the place and um you know it's weird fucking crack crack, crack. Like, what the fucking you'd have blokes wave oh sorry wave it off well, i'm a bad type thing um but bizarre mate like it's like being on the side it's like being on a footy ground you're not yeah um uh, we're not, we're not, and I remember fucking the colonel, the general that was in charge of Canadian, and he goes, yeah, this is a bit winning. It's, we're not, we're not put the playing staff. We're not the officials on the, on, on the ground. We're not the crowd. We're the commentators. So looking at a battle space from a commentator's perspective about what's happening on a battle space um, was dynamic. Like my first patrol at night time because we had a fucking you know, like, so we're driving these fucking F three fifties or armored cars and driving around my first night patrol bombers and um like the fob yeah seven car ring driving out and then I remember looking down and so I mean nods on fucking been all tactical cool and I used to have sling me gat in between my legs when I was driving and I remember looking off the right and just seeing the fucking traces and like fucking getting shot at and I remember like fucking contact contact way down. And I'm I'm driving this fucking white fucking, you know, truck. And so I thought I was getting shot at. So I've bailed out of the fucking truck. You know, cartwheels, because, you know, fucking driving about fucking 20-odd 5Ks. So I've bailed out of this fucking truck, this automatic truck. Bailed out of that, cartwheeled the fuck down the fucking place. And then I'm leopard crawling away thinking that this bloke's actually shooting at the fucking vehicle. Like, still fucking half-knocked myself out. Like, leopard crawling like the motherfucker fucking scanning up looking for the threat, trying to get to the, um, and then I realised, fuck, no, the Jippos are just shooting out. They're just fucking clearing by fucking fire. And it's just because my nods, I thought the rounds were fucking closer than they were. They're fucking like fucking hundreds of metres away type thing. But looking across and seeing fucking traces, I thought I was getting shot at. And then got disregard and then having, because the car's still in gear, so that car's still fucking rolling away and then having to get up run after this fucking armoured car, try to open a fucking heavy door and then jump back in to fucking slam in the fucking, you know, take it out of gear. 
And then the boys like, hey, security sergeant, could shut the fuck up. I'm like, security sergeant, this is talk. I'm like, disregard all my last. I thought I was getting shot at. It wasn't going to. They're like, security sergeant, make way to the top. Roger out on the way. <laughs> Drove into the top. And I come in, like, covered in dust, like, parked up. Like, hey, guys. And they're like, quickly, what happened? I'm like, well, this is what happened, blah, blah, blah. And I'm fucking deeper. I'm like, oh, interesting. Because this is what we see. And it was at the time they're doing fucking training on the fucking EWS and stuff. So like, oh, you know, oh no, they recorded so it. Fucking, there's a yank rip coming in. So the dude's getting torn out of fucking new, the night weapon system. And so they're using my tracking the vehicle and it's all recorded. So they will see me like <laughs> contact, contact, wait out, see me fucking jump out, getting cart wrong, trying to leopard crawl away and then realize I'm not actually in contact, jump up. And chase them like beating <laughs> fucking hill fucking shit. Like fucking dickhead, mate. Classic. So that was my first, yeah. And yep. Yeah. And so I kept that call. I'm like, going, he goes, fuck, wait till we see your boys. And then sure enough, the Yanks are there, early meal and breakfast and stuff, change over there. And like, hey guys, he goes, like, quirky, what's going on, cat? Still chasing cars. Like, no, boss. And they're like, fucking, what are they on about? Like, they're like, oh, have you boys not seen this? And like, Come up, have a look at this shit. And they, yeah, they talk fucking pretty much the Aussie contingent. There's only about a section of us up. Look at this dickhead dead. So, yeah, like you absolute fuckhead. Like jumping out like this. And I, just, I honestly thought I was getting shot at. And I'm like, why well, you jump out of the fucking car? Like, because I thought they'll be shooting at the fucking car to so just get away from the fucking white thing. And they're like, yeah, fair enough. It makes fucking sense. But, yeah. But fuck it. So, yeah, hell. come over from that. And then um, I was lucky enough to get promoted and fucking at the shat in front of the boys, you know, my battalion. They were going to make me up over there. I'm like, no, sir. I said, my CA and my battalion, my RSM sent me over there as a sergeant. They're getting a sergeant back. If I'm going to get made up, I want, to, I want my fucking CA and RSM to pin my fucking crown on my chest in front of the fucking battalion I love. And that was at the shat, mate. So, come home, had a week off. Fucking. Get made up to warrant on a Friday, and then it's fucking Monday. March out a week. March out of the battalion. March into thirty uh, fifty one FNQR, and then a week later I was fucking out of Mount Isa as a CSM out there. So I did that uh, about halfway in the year to the kids, buddy, uh, young fellas at school. Um, come back for school holidays, and that's when we found out that my eldest boy was diagnosed with uh, Asperger's. Autism, and um, that's my darling wife. She goes, I expect you to fucking hand your resignation papers in immediately. You give me two weeks' notice, and having to say, Honey, that doesn't, you, you've got to give me to the end of the year. This is defense. I'll sign this contract. It was maybe two years. I said, You now got to give me six months. So, for mm. army to find a position. So, I went back and rang the RSM, told what was going on, and rang the CEO, apologies, and yeah, I went back, saw me resignation, wrote me resignation letter explaining everything, and yeah, I got a heap of calls from Schema and stuff. And as soon as I explained everything, I went fucking done, mate. Home needs you. You've done your bit, and um, come home. Eighteenth um, of December, I was home and was doing university, doing psychology at university, studying everything. I fucking become the army to house. I took all the army shit down and put it in bins and, oh, not bins, and bags and put them into the shed and, like, you're not a soldier, you're now a university student and then 
Anzac Day rocked up, mate. And it's like, you know, our nightmares, they usually come for about that a week to 10 days, and then you fuck off. Um, that year, mate, they just hung around, mate. And, uh, in that process, mate, my fucking Anzac Day rocked up, and I just um, slowly fucking crash and crash into a hole. And uh, me and my darling wife were doing some marriage counseling, you know, 18 months away, we'll change fucking relationship. And, it was just a bit too much pressure on the poor girl, and she just said, "I'm done with this." You know, I, you know, I went out of the relationship. That was the seventeenth, and on the eighteenth, I woke up and you know, I'd ask for help. I put my hand up and knew something wasn't going right. So we'd gone in, and sites were coming. The clinical psychologists were coming, but they're fucking booked out. And as I was waiting, and like in that process of that. Two weeks I was away, just fucking, you know, not sleeping, getting crankier, getting like angry, and your relationships just going into the fucking toilet. And then, um, yeah, she told me that was it. And then that, that was the school that comes back. And I had buddy uh, Helen, uh, Helen Stubbings, oh, she's my psychologist up here, fucking great lady. I worked with her a few years before, helped me deal with buddy Coca getting blown up, and, you know, all the time with that. So she knew what my normal looked like because I'd worked with it before. And I can still remember driving out of that. It was a Friday. I'm driving out to that bloody apartment. I just go, you just got to fake it for an hour. you got your plan. You're doing yourself Tuesday. Have a great last weekend with the family. You're going to have everything fucking sorted out on Monday. You're going to fucking go get those fucking sleeping tablets that they offered you at the fucking RAP. And you're going to come home. Because Tuesday would be fucking the day that Heather would pick the boys up. I'd let her know how much I love her and take the kids to school, let them know how much I love them, give them a cuddle and kiss, come home and prep everything. And um, the idea is take the sleeping pills, fucking take the automatic bloody garage door off the fucking locks, snap the fucking the key so she couldn't open them and just leave a note, just call the cops. I'm ready, gone. And gassed myself, you know, fall asleep while I had a gas, gassed myself in the car. That was a plan and just remember going through it and like had the plan, you know, fucking just faking it for an hour and Helen obviously she you know, we've talked about it. she knew something was wrong. She tried to relax me and relax me at fucking twenty, thirty minutes, she goes, So how do you think about suicide? Yeah, what's your plan? And it just vomited out of me. And I remember it, Told her everything, and then I, as I said, like vomited the words, just vomited out of me. I couldn't fucking get me in, and then, and then I was a bag of fucking tears because I realised I'd just been caught. And uh, her husband Brian is a psychologist too, and her and Brian cancelled her fucking other appointments, and then her and Brian worked for the four hours to help me make sense of what was going on. Me brain bucket at the stage, and then I remember Brian saying, "Yeah, there's nothing we can." We can't stop you. Yeah, you can go home and kill yourself. That's the problem. You, you soldiers are trained to love you. You know how to kill things. He goes, but if you kill yourself, those two bill boys, you increase their chance by fucking 75% chance. He goes, I can see that isn't kicking in. So you're going to do yourself on Tuesday. So let's get the first week because they're going to be in shock. And then they're going to have the funeral. And then is it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they have a bad day? Is it Thursday, do they kill themselves? 
or is it Friday, Saturday, or Sunday? And they're like, oh, I'm like, oh, no, no, that's it's still a bit far off in that. He goes, right, eh? You, you, funeral, first week's good, second week's good, third week's good, but the fourth week's shit. So what day of the week? So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or the Sunday. So what day do you want the boys to suicide on the fourth week? Or is it four months? And on the, uh, is it four months? And on that fourth month, is it the first of the month or is it, is it the 31st of the month? W- which day in between do you want the boys to, to suicide? You're like, oh, I don't, oh, what, right, eh? Stop, stop, stop. You know, I know maybe, maybe that's just a little bit too much. Yeah. Right, okay, we'll make it four years. Or is it four years? And then on, is it the 1st of January or is it the 31st of fucking December? Or one of the days in between? Which, which day of the year do you want your boys to suicide? And that was, that was the fucking, like, what the fuck am I doing to my babies? He goes, so what, 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 do you want, what do you want to do? Which day do you want your boys to, to kill themselves? And I remember just saying, I said, I, don't my, I never want my babies to feel like I do at the moment. And he goes, it's the fucking first thing. He goes, well, what do you, well, what do you want to do? And he goes, I said, I think I need to go to hospital. And he said, it's the best thing you ever did. And Dolly Dyer was working as uh, an ex, uh, his warrant, one of our CSMs in three. I uh, worked with him with um, 31 when I was a sergeant. So he's a fucking mentor. He was doing some work. He was with um, Open Arms as a mentor for Open Arms. And they called him and he'd come around him. He goes, what's going on? And we told him and he goes, yeah, about to take him to hospital. And the 18th of December, in the afternoon, the 18th of this evening, the 18th of December, mate, checked in the Townsville General Hospital. They'd take me acute mental health ward. And I knew fucking, when I walked in that acute mental health, gave me some fucking meds and stuff to try to get me to sleep. And I remember walking into that ward and seeing that fucking, that bloody um, mattress on that slab of concrete and like, look like fucking jail and went, fuck, how far you've fallen, boy. And that started my buddy, my process of recovery. So I started to draw, because I, I like sketching, so I was always good at sketching. So when psychologists trying to ask you about what your nightmares and stuff, I found I found it very hard to talk about at times and talk about it, but then but I realized I could draw my nightmare. And so I couldn't I could close my eyes, I could see the image that was haunting me every dream. But I didn't have to concentrate the entire I just had to concentrate on that small post size piece post stamp piece of the drawing. And then I worked that fucking drawing and then and then all of a sudden I was just talking about a fucking drawing. So I removed the fucking emotion out of it. So I used the drawing to help the psychologists that have never been to war. This is what I've seen. This is what I look like from a first fucking, this is what I've seen. And they were able to, so give them a bit of a back knowledge to, oh, fuck, this has been intense. Put them in that situation. So they had it now, they weren't giving me sympathy. They potentially given their understanding empathy from a gunfighter's point of view and, yeah, they eventually put me into Townsville Private Clinic. That is one clinic I cannot say enough about. Any mental health clinic, like put your, I'll tell you what, guys, put your hands up. I don't care. Um, <laughs> no one, there's no judgment. And for the next three months, I fucking worked hard, mate, to get myself out of the hole. And then through that stage, you know, went through the separation with my wife and. Yeah, you know, my lovely mate, best mate, 
the brother fucking Troy Stapleton, he he came in and he goes, you're moving in with me, mate. He'd gone through a separation with his wife the year before and he's he'd got on his feet and he taught me in, you know, great people fucking wrapped their arms around me, mate, and um, put me back together. And, you know, same thing with fucking Heather, my darling, that darling girl, you know, but my boy's darling mum. She had to go through her journey too and, you know, you know, having kids getting to see me through massive, like, some fucking horrendous flashbacks she'd been there to see and she just went, he can't be home, he can't come home, it's too dangerous. I was, I was. And um, process, buddy, went through, mate. You've got to go through that process where you hate, you hate it for leaving you, but, you know, she's making the rightest decision out for, for your babies not... I always love that woman because of what she she did. She made the right choice for her and the boys, and for us, that was a kick in the ass. I needed to get the help, and she just—it was just too much for her. Yeah, you know, which is fair. Which is, is fair. fair. Yeah, and you know, just quickly, I wanted to. Yeah, just it's a fucking lot of for a spouse, a military spouse to take on. Oh, the life hardest of job a, in the world. The li- hardest fuck. fucking job in the world. By far, you know, by far. Yeah, being, being a soldier is easy. You know, like, I'm, I was very well trained, highly motivated, working with highly motivated people. And at the time, you know, I believe I was at the, uh, you know, in that top 1% of you know, that one. But, you know, I was in the 1%. I was definitely in the top fucking 15 to 10% of that 1%, you know. And so having that sort of motivation, having that madness, that you need to be, you know, to be in that role. There is a required madness, and um, but yeah, she didn't deserve that, mate. She didn't deserve to see a man go off and like come back like a bit of a nutcase and a monster. And um, you know, we we went through, we took a lot of fucking work. Um, but she'll never go wanting. You know, she's got fucking she's wonderful partner, Chris. You know, he's an electrician. He'll why I'm getting me shed fucking built actually. So. The company that's actually building my shed asked me if I wanted to have a mate of mine, uh, Big Ox Shed. So you're in tropical North Queensland, guys, uh, towns, you need a fucking shed built. Big, big Ox, Ox Shed. Big Ox will do big it. Ox, yeah, Big Ox Shed will do it. And, um, so, yeah, I've got – so the money I paid uh, Matty, he goes, oh, you want a shed? Fuck yeah, bang. Like, he's paying me my money back in wages. I've got to sweat for it a bit, but it's, it's – I'll tell you what, it's medicine, mate. And after – I'll say – you know, transgressing back to 18. So we get through that, do me time. I was on long service. So the rest of the year is on passionate leave, basically, from um, for mental health. And then uh, Craig Lindgren, uh, Craig, buddy, uh, Lindy, uh, Lindgren, oh, fuck, sorry, Craig, mob uh, boss of APAC, who takes control when you go on long service. You go into a fucking get out unit, fucking, you know, don't hold, hold an APN number. And then it frees off a position in any unit. So you go into an administration centre. So uh, APAC, Australian Personnel Administration Centre, I'll come under that unit, or APU, Australian Administration Unit. So I'll come under his command and control while I was on long service. And he goes, listen, I'm sure to fucking CSM. Would you mind fucking being a CSM and APAC? I'm like, I'd fucking love to. And so my last year, I was on half days, my last year in the Army, I was a CSM of APAC uh, North Queensland. So going from being high testosterone, gunfighting, madness to 
dealing with clerical stuff, clerks, a battalion of clerks or a company of clerks, which I poo is, you know, it's, it's, it's a battalion. It's, a, it's their own battalion. It's the only battalion, clerical battalion in, in Australia. And it's run by clerks, managed by clerks, you know, that's their whole fucking job. Um, what a wonderful, what a wonderful, wonderful buddy organization they are. And, um, you know, we make bag this shit out of fucking, you know, pose and bloody, you know, clerks and stuff. Those men and women who are part of those logistics and especially that administrator, they keep the administration of the ADF running, mate. That That's our that's pay. It, mate. They keep us diggers in the strippers. They, absolutely. <laughs> you know, they make sure we're fucking paying conditions yeah. and we're fucking squared away. So it was a wonderful way and a perfect transition to go from being basically 23 years of being on the fucking hamster wheel going a thousand miles an hour trying to push yourself to all of a sudden I'm dealing with females. Like I've never fucking worked with females type thing and they're in charge. Like, holy shit, you know, there is so much fucking easier than dealing with a fucking tuna mortarman. Like <laughs> or fucking just gunfighters. Like yeah. somebody's gonna fuck up on a fucking weekend. Yeah. Like, what the fuck can't what are oh, you done? Oh. I never got that with fucking the you know, with my girls or guys at buddy APAC. Like, oh my fucking God, they rock up on fucking time. They wear the fucking cream <laughs> they uniform. Smell good. Like they smell fucking good. <laughs> they're clean. They fucking they're clean. They're like holy shit, the amount of fucking positivity is top like why the fuck <laughs> didn't I have this shit yeah. with fucking so they actually look like fucking soldiers march around the fucking area. Like they're on their uniform. Holy fucking shit. Yeah. They actually starts their fucking uniform. Um yeah, I've got a fucking hard on from bloody I should have to say that so, <laughs> so my my ex staff out there, like fucking absolutely love them. Um, great team, and uh, my job was to basically help prepare them for their subject course. You know, teach gun, you know, teach gunfighter skills to to clerks and stuff. And I was able to do that and part that knowledge. And to me, my most wonderful memory. You know, there's plenty of memories, but the biggest honour for me is my last day as a serving member of the of the Australian Army is to march out in polys and to be able to be dressed in polys watching two of my soldiers that I've helped train march out of their subject one fucking corporal and you know looking the goods and just like fuck yeah um what a way to finish a fucking career you know besides you know being out fucking west with you know and doing sorry that was the other fucking operation we did was going up to do buddy Alive up in Australia doing buddy um border border protection yeah, work resolute. on Thursday there, resolute. You know, what a fucking you know, that is one area that you know a lot of people don't understand. Like there are units in Australia. Yeah. Currently doing live operations with with rounds in the spout. Tonight as you know, tonight as we speak, there'll be some patrol out there, you know, somewhere in Australia that's got a round in the spout, some poor bloke on picket at the moment, taking fucking long lens work. You know, looking at fucking drug smugglers, gun runners, whatever it may be, just protecting our borders and stuff. And it's one of those areas that when you're not in the zone type thing, you don't know, you're not privy to that intelligence, but holy shit, it curled my toes. Like, fuck, you know, like some of the work that the men and women of that regional force, uh, force surveillance groups, you know, that being 51st Far North Queensland Regiment, you know, the Pilbara Regiment, North Force, mm. those three organisations, the amount of like fantastic work that they do for the protection of their own countries and our country as a whole, magnificent. 
and uh, and that's just the army guys. You know, not mentioning the air force and the navy guys and border protection and you know the whole conglomerate that makes up national border command protection on the ground. It's an amazing operation um, that doesn't get recognition. It's great now that they finally recognise it that you know the guys will get an operation service gong for that. And they're rightly fucking deservedly so, you know, like um, it's usually manned by reservists, full, you know, people have full-time jobs and then they fucking, you know, a couple of times a year they'll go off and do a two-week live operation somewhere in the burnies of Australia, you know, trying to protect our fucking borders. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, of and, course, um, mate, yeah. I was lucky enough to do fucking relax back in yep. the day, so I understand, especially <clears throat> that part of the world too, like Thursday Island oh, and Bathurst right. Island. Beautiful parts of the world. Absolutely. That's our Thermopolis gate, mate. Stunning parts of the world. Yeah. And uh, good to see, like I saw, you know, North Force in, North, North Force in action, you know, like yeah. it's a, a oh. predominantly fucking indigenous uh, unit, yeah. you know, like, yep. and uh, yeah, incredible. That's, and they bring something special to the organisation that, that, you know, I had soldiers, so we're doing patrol, I've got soldiers, buddy, 500 kilometres away from fucking, from help, independent ops, and like, It'd take a two-star to have that sort of buddy. Send a section out. Like, oh, yeah, they're going to be three to 400 metres, uh, kilometres away. But they've got all this, that, and the other. That's it. Yeah. Independent wild. operations as a patrol. North Force is you know, wild. That's amazing. Amazing. You know, you know, two vehicles or three vehicles or a fucking couple of patrol boats or whatnot off doing fucking operations in the middle of fucking nowhere. There is no, it's not like, being down the southeast corner of buddy Queensland or whatnot, where you can just ring up triple zero. These guys are in the middle of nowhere. Their their rescue plan is self aid, self recovery, or calling Queensland fine doc you know, yeah. fine doctors or care flight or you know, using other you know, civil agencies and stuff. That doesn't happen in general fucking conventional fucking forces, you know, yeah. the RAR forces. So it, it was an amazing experience. Um, I'm glad I have done it. I've, I was kissing the dick, mate. My fucking career has been perfect. I've no, done peacekeeping, awesome, warfighting, and I've got to do some domestic yeah. work as well. And, uh, you know, and for me, the biggest tip I can give fucking young gun fighters out there, and I've told this to my guys, like, the best rank you have is the rank, the rank you're wearing. The best unit is the unit you're in. And, like, you can't change the entire world, but you can fucking definitely clean, help clean a small corner of it. And that's, that's of your own green boys mm. to it. Um, you know, when people ask me, what do you learn? Like, especially having lost me madness and stuff and having to go from madness to insanity. So I learned this in the, in the clinic, come up with a few rules. Like, hey, there's no one in town to trying to kill me. So stop looking. Like, you know, my scanning will always be there, always fucking scan. So stop scanning for threats. Start scanning for beauty that everyone else walks past. So, you know, look for the cool bit of graffiti. That flower that's buddy, you know, parked behind all those leaves. No one else the butterflies there was but yeah, you know, the the tattoo on the uh, on that cute girl's fucking in the thigh that everyone fucking misses type thing. You know, whatever it is, there's beauty everywhere type thing. And you'll so I'll still use my skills that fucking army put too much evidence. Like and the other thing is if there is some cunt wants to have a fucking crack, like fucking the government fucking spent a lot of money, you know, making sure I knew how to stay alive in shit situations. And I think I'm doing okay. So that's an, you don't have to worry about that. So don't worry about it. You know, you, if it does happen, somebody wants to have cracking, you're going to know what to do anyway. But stop worrying about it. Stop looking for the threat. Stop looking mm. for the beauty we have this. The other one was um, do something for someone else every day. And it doesn't have to be fucking anything, but just a fucking simple fucking hi, how you going? 
Uh, this lovely lady, I've got to fucking run her a bath later on. Um, so do something for someone else. It doesn't have to be big. Third one, it, like, be kind to me. Like, it's okay to have off days. And last one is, you know, I don't have to be fucking, I just have to be a little bit better than yesterday, but not fucking at everything. Sometimes being a little bit better is just being able to get up, brush my teeth a bit better than I did yesterday and going back to fucking bed hiding that doona. Um, so yeah, being kind to yourself is a big thing. And like, um, like I was talking about this, you know, like we all have varied experiences. We all have, everyone's got a story and stuff. And like, you know, just acknowledging to someone, hey, g'day, here you go. Have a good day, you know. Happy New Year and all that. That that means something, yeah, you know. Hundred percent. Make sure, fucking, yeah. People aren't invisible, you know. Fucking buying that fucking poor homeless bloke a fucking cup of coffee. You know, hey, mate, want a fucking want a brew? I'm buying. Want a sandwich? I'm buying. Top thing. Little thing, but just yeah, yeah, exactly, people, mate. It does. It does. Yeah. Just acknowledging people goes a long fucking yep. way. And tip for young players out there. I think a tip for a lot of young subbies out there, or you know, anyone, yeah. anyone in the world. Just acknowledge people. Just acknowledge yeah. that they're there and yep. you're, you're exactly the same. You bleed, bleed the same that blood. I learned that being, you know, dad was in he goes, yeah, always, he goes, always remember look after your boys because they'll make you look good. Mm. If the boys have a win, you know, the boss will go, fucking well done, Queen. He goes, then he goes, no, no, that was a boys boss. Don't let the boys, boys know. If the boys fucked up, it's your fuck up. Mm. No, fuck, my fucking pop boss. I didn't fucking, I didn't direct him. So I'm like, yeah, that, that's, that's, Responsibility exactly command, right. exactly right, yeah. mates. Uh, um, mate, so that kind of ties off uh, the end of our podcast. But you know, I've got a couple of final questions which you probably heard on uh, Coco's one. You've just answered the first one, obviously. You know, what advice can you give to people and all that type of stuff, mate. You've just done it. It's yep. fucking that's that's perfect, mate. So I love I love that one actually. I really, you know, it's funny. Like you get out and you know the first few years is tough, and as you said, mate, just enjoy the beauty of. Life, you know, the, Learn. the the small things of life, you know, whatever. The first for the guys be. getting out, of, you know, men and women who are about to get out, especially if you're like us, we've, we've joined at fucking 17 as you know, kids. Like you're living at adults. You've never lived uh, a real adult's life. Yeah, you, you've a normal you've never adult's lived, life. Yeah. No, normal adult's life. So you're going to make mistakes. Yeah, it's going to be stressful, but adult the fuck up, basically. And like you're going to be tired. You'll be surprised how tired your body is for after, you know, I don't care if you've done three, four years, like, the ADF will take it out of you. Mm. And um, so give yourself time. You will take, there is an adjustment period. 100%. Your, hard, your hardest year is your first year, but just remember your hardest year in army is your first year. Mm. And then for some you seem to fucking gel. So if it's going to take you a year to fucking figure out what you're doing as a soldier, what the fuck's going to not going to fucking take you a little bit long? It's going to take you probably just a bit, you know, it's going to take you a year to figure out the fuck you are as a civilian. Yeah. Ride the storm, boys. Embrace Ex- it. Exactly, exactly. Mate, yeah. uh, second question, what is the plans for the future? What- Mate, I've been like to do a few days. I've fallen into the jobs. I'm, as I said, I'm helping build sheds at the moment, which is wonderful. It's- Shout out to that business scheme. What was it? Yeah, so uh, Big Ox Sheds. Big Ox, that's uh, the one. Big, Big Ox, Ox Sheds, yep. So we're based here in Townsville. We've got 10% discount for all bloody military veterans um, who, you know, and if you've so like, priced sheds, okay, that's, that's quite substantial. So, um, what about yeah, for the first Ox, responders? Uh, I do believe it's first responder. I listen, mate. I know mate, it's, mate, the call for them. <laughs> mate, well, it should be, shouldn't it? Should mate. Let's, well, let's. Yeah. actually. I think it is first responder because the boss's wife is a fucking she's a paramedic. So perfect. She would be. Yeah. So yeah, buddy. If you got sheds, there's a lot of shed companies around, and 
Unfortunately, there's not enough shed companies for the amount of sheds that need to be built. Yeah. And um, and they're all shit except it. for them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Big oxes. So, yeah. If you're not going big ox, guys, you're fucking wasting your money. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, I find it absolutely wonderful because um, I'm learning to build something. After two decades of blowing shit up and ripping stuff, it's Doing nice the opposite, to yeah. do, it, do the opposite, I think. And it's great. It's been medicine for my soul, mate. Um, so... You know, building boats, want to build buddy river Akamira, buddy replicas. I'd love to one day to have enough room to build a mini Viking ship, a long boat. Yeah, yeah. Like have it, you know, use that, like do a veteran build of a long boat and, you know, get a community build, do a long boat and potentially put that in the city of Hobart. That'd um, be wild. That'd be fucking awesome. So, yeah, that's like, I know it's a big dream, but you know what? Yeah. If we get fucking build a long dream boat big. in Dream Big, you know, in Townsville. We can hire that out, you know, to the ADF, but when they do, buddy, um, you know, venture training and all that stuff, mm. and, you know, buddy, you know, fucking do full moon parties. Imagine fucking, you know, coming across the beach. <laughs> now, now we're talking, mate. Now we're yeah. talking. Coming across, you know, doing That's a it. fucking beach landing, you know, at a full, meter, a full moon party as a race. Straight into my diving. Coming across, coming across it, like, yeah, Norris is biking, <laughs> and, buddy, yeah, chill maidens the running into divers. fucking... Yeah, muff diving and running onto that bloody magnetic island beach for a fucking rave. That'd be the ultimate. <laughs> but yeah, just yeah, you know, think big and then um yeah, a few a few few little things, you know, we just you know, one of the things I'm looking at mate is uh potentially starting like a small T shirt company, mm. um, Blake Fire Mercenaries and just you know, you know, starting fucking all that little shit. You now Khmer and War veteran, no one recognised my fucking tour as a Camario, you know. Fighting the Camerians, the Missourians, the Missourian war veterans. What are they called now? What's the enemy uh, called now? It's all date. Who knows, mate? But don't know. I didn't get medals for my fucking wars against fucking the Camerians, oh, mate. mate I've... <laughs> Fuck. Kill loads of The amount of fucking combat fucking tours out against the Missourians. Exactly right. Fucking hell. So make piss take fucking, like, make a couple of piss take shirts. And the same thing, like, uh, we made a bit of a piss take shirt um, for the company, um, uh, Coked Up Constructions. And uh, so. Coral Sea Constructions uh, yeah. is our parent company. And it started off like, what the fuck? I was thought of work for Coral Sea Construction, not Coked Up Construction. Because, <laughs> you know, you're know, really getting fucked around. Like, some cunts are fucking, some, some cunts are smoking. Some. And it started yeah. off as that. And then we, we end up making a fucking, a, um, sure, hang on, I think it's here. Wait, wait. Many announcements, guys, I don't fucking, or take fucking thing of drug taking. But that's that's your shirt there, mate. So <laughs> it's tough, it's you know, high vids, it's on high vids fucking shirt and theme. Like we like, we only got them like got them made for a couple of boys just for the fucking piss take of the fr- Christmas fucking party. Yeah. And then the amount of fucking actual bloody um you know, blokes in construction, fucking boy, where the fuck do you make that fucking where do you get that shirt? We want them. I'm like, right, eh? So I'm like, God, I've I've got to do another print. Sometimes, and then we'll like we're talking about just having that sort of piss, you know, the military have like a piss take shirts. So, doing the same sort of thing for the construction is our crack, our crack pipe, fucking concreters, and all that sort of stuff, and making that sort of piss take fucking company shirts that the boys can fucking, yeah, you know, fucking, you know, fucking do the same thing, coked up construction, fishing shirts, you know, do a line where you're pulling lines, that sort of bullshit. Just cunts having a bit of a laugh, yeah. At, at life type thing, not taking things too seriously. The sort of shit fucking 
a Mortimer would fucking yeah. Thing. yeah. And you know, the boys are giving me best fucking ideas as fucking my Mortimer. Oh, I've mates got an idea stuff. for you already. Just just so it right now, but yeah, I'll give it to you after. It? I'll give it to you after this. Right over, brother. Mate, awesome. uh, third question. Fuck, what is the third fucking question? Now I've forgotten, mate. Uh, no, it's uh, tell us something about you that uh, people don't know about you. You know, so, like a guilty obsession. What do you? You know, so, what, what's your dirty dark secrets? Oh, oh, Christ, mate, there's too many of those, too many dirty ones. <laughs> but um, I actually, um, I, I do a bit of sculpting. So clay sculptures. Oh, do you? Uh, I found, oh, right. yeah, I found I had a bit of a gift. I made a clay sculpture of my dad for my mum, a busk. And then um, there's a lovely mate of ours, uh, Daniel Mugridge, fucking, you know, he, he passed on and um, I made a, a sculpture for his um, – a clay sculpture for his buddy funeral because um, his poor darling wife, she was overseas. Oh, I said, yeah. she's overseas. She didn't get to see him when he, he passed on. She'd lost her mum on Wednesday and he went on a Thursday. Just tragic, you know. So I made that for her and then, yeah, come out good with the bastard, decided he was going to crack himself in the fucking, um, in the kiln. He, he broke. So I had a dream of him and he's like, like you fucking asshole. And the dream, you ended the dream. I'm fucking great fucking. Spiritual, whatever you call it. Mm. Um, we asked him, go, hey, cunt, we got to do because he, yeah, he says he's not ready for me. And so I know that when he's ready for me to bring him out of that clay again, he'll let me know. And I got a few fucking, few of the lads I've got to do Luke and Timmy Aplin. So I've got a few on the cards. So this year I will sit down and I'll actually take the time to get in my head into Zen because it is a bit fucking stressful. You know, you've got to be like going a bit of a trance with it. And, I'll bring the boys out of the clay and I'll try to get them out in the next couple of months. I want fucking try to get them out for eight, a France like they at least remember, remembrance day. So that'll be the project, mate. Make fucking a few clay busts of a few of my mates that are waiting for me up upstairs, waiting for us upstairs. And yeah. Yeah, nice, mate. And nice. Yeah. They'll go to their families and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, nice, and, mate. Um, nice. You don't, you don't try and do the recreation of the ghost movie, do you? No, mm. not by myself, mate. So that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see you and Coco do it. Fuck <laughs> 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 off. He'd uh, knock me out. <laughs> he would too, wouldn't he? Yeah. Mate, uh, fourth question, <clears throat> favourite movie, TV show? Oh, mate, uh, just finished the uh, the Reaches theory, but I'm, I'm waiting for buddy SEAL team, the next series of SEAL team, so... You know, obviously SEAL team up to six mm. and just seeing how the dynamic goes in that. It's, um, it's interesting that SEAL team one because they've been touched on a few things in the SF community, you know, as you guys have. And, you know, you've got the Sean Ryan show, very, very similar to what you've been doing. Um, you know, that burnout is real. real and uh, it's good to see that, you know, storytellers are exploring that. You know, exactly. We've had two, you know, Something like two and a half decades, you know, two decades of constant fucking tours. And, you know, I pray, I know we're on a fucking, we're on the cusp of another war. And I just pray maybe, hopefully, it fucking simmers down a little bit. But I, I don't think it's going to be, but ADF need to fucking, they need to re explore what their mission is. Mm, fuck. They need to get back to recruiting, mate. They're dire straight numbers right now, that's for sure. Last final question, mate. Favorite uh, music, mate. What do you, you know? I know that most grunts have their their tunes they bang out to. Yep. 
So I'm one of those weird ones, mate. I don't really have a listen to a lot of country at the moment, uh, uh, Seven Summers and all that. But um, I can listen to everything from Beethoven all the way. I used to play flute at school. No, that was another guilty obsession. <laughs> for the, I was the only flute. The ya- flute Yaz player. flute? The Yaz flute? Yaz, yeah, yeah, flute, yeah. I went to band camp too. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I played the flute. The blokes were like, what faggy, such faggy flute. Fuck playing flute. Like, yeah, but I'm the only bloke in the flute section. And the, rest the other chicks. chicks that are around me are absolutely stunning. No chance. Absolutely no chance. They went for the fucking football jocks, didn't they? They were giving me the shit. Yeah, I would too. But um, yeah, um, yeah, I've, I've, I'll listen from, yeah, you know, well, if I'm studying, it's anything. It's anything. Yeah. Classical, uh, Spanish, uh, flamenco guitars, usually my fucking study music. But yeah. There yeah, you nice, go, bro. Nice. Yeah. Mate, uh, <clears throat> for, if for, whatever reason, for whatever reason people want to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Guys, um, I have Instagram. Media. Just Yeah, Instagram, Hagar Quirk. And, buddy, same thing, Facebook. Nothing fancy, just yeah, H-A-G-A-R.Quirk. My, my Facebook's open, guys. Jump on, send us a message. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm hopeless with technology. As you, uh, yeah, you've, no, as you've seen, qu- Matt, quite aware, yeah. <laughs> but that's a dargan in me, guys. I'm fucking, you know. Well, we didn't have. Remember, we didn't have computers in the fucking nah. in the battalion, except nah. fucking BHQ. Yeah. So I'm part of that old darganism type thing. Yeah. Messages, like matches too. I'm fucking watch it down. Yeah. Powerpoints and stuff. What the fuck's this shit? <laughs> My yeah. son helped me develop that out of PowerPoint. Oh yeah, right. Dad, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, nice, mate. Nice, mates. Again, really appreciate you coming on, sharing your story, mate. It's been absolutely fucking a pleasure, mate. Uh, you know, as as I spoke about, um, had Coco on, mate, had his story. Absolutely incredible story. Obviously, being his brother, mate, your name popped up a whole bunch of times. And then, you know, throughout multiple other podcasts, again, mate, your story is just, your name pops up. <laughs> oh, you know Hagar, don't you? You know, Sergeant... Sergeant Quirk, you know, you know him, you know him. And I'm like, yeah, but yeah, I've, I've heard a lot about him. Heard a lot about him. Got to get him on. And, uh, mate, cracking life story, mate. Absolutely cracking life story. Obviously not to mention reaching the dizzy heights of uh, Woe 2 and, uh, you know, serving your country in multiple uh, disciplines, as you know, so, should say, you know, different countries, um, which is absolutely amazing, mate. And not to mention spending some time in the mighty 3rd Battalion, Old Faithful. 3rd Battalion, but Old Faithful, mate. We're a pack what of a bastards. We're, we're a fast as a week. <laughs> we're a fucking, fucking Woodside boys, mate. Yeah, no, buddy. They're all, but they're all special. Like they'll always be fucking. I, you've got too many good friends, too many good memories and stuff. And yeah, it's it's mixed up. But yeah, yeah, yeah. there's something special about Old Faithful. Oh, fuck, well, actually, yeah. went to fucking um, a mate's buddy promotion to uh, Woe One. And fucking spilled shit all over me. Fucking my blue shirt and like fuck. And so I end up going in my fucking uh, old faithful fucking shirt. I shouldn't want it on, but I was actually wearing my old fucking mortar PT shirt. Yeah, yeah. From fucking back in the day. So yeah, buddy. Um, yeah, mate. No, great fucking battalion. There's something. There is something special about old faithful. Yeah, of course. That mate. no other battalion has. Yeah, yeah, mate. Again, really appreciate you, mate. Uh, I'm planning to get up to Townsville in the next couple of months, so I'll be out there, mate. I want to go see yep. uh, Phil Thompson, the man. Oh, lovely. Yep. He's a legend, uh, man. Yeah, and obviously I want to go check out the battalion, especially if uh, Dane Farquhar might oh, you be up come there. Up. Is, you... is Farquhar going to be up there? Where, where's he at? No, no. He's, he's, so Dane's taking his first truck posting. I fucking fuck knows where it is. Um, 
So yeah, but um, the incoming RSM is Joy Cosgrove, mate. So oh yeah, yeah, yeah a they fucking go. legend. Yeah, <laughs> X One Aria boy. So yeah, Joy. Um, yeah, mate. The boys will fucking have a good time yeah. with Joy and stuff, and they're going to be busy, mate. All the battalions are flat out. They're too flat out. So I was on concern. It's it's you know, it's busier than we we're, we're, we're in mid fucking two thousand. There's five different two or four different theaters on, which is crazy. And um, you know, if you're wearing a uniform, don't care what color. You know, best of luck, guys, buddy. I'm thinking of you. So yeah, no, easy, mate. Let's uh, stay in contact and we'll chat soon. Sounds really good, brother. Boy, thanks very much, guys. Stay safe and happy 2024. Happy New Year, guys. Cheers, mate. Cheers, brother. Wait, wait, wait. Now, quickly, just before you go, I want to tell you about Three Zeros Coffee. Now, as you know, I like my coffee how I like my men, long and black. <laughs> However, lately, I've moved into the cold brews. I'm loving it, obviously, because the weather here in Australia at the moment is quite hot. So what I've been doing is using the seasoned campaigner pour-over filter bags, literally rip open the packet, put the filter bag over my coffee mug, few ice cubes, pour in some hot water, let it cool down, add a sugar or two just to make it sweet, and I fucking love them. Honestly, you get the kick that you need out of the caffeine, and the taste is great. So if you want to get yourself a supply of coffee, head over to 30scoffee.com.au. From there, you can choose whatever you want. You've got the beans, you've got the pour-over filter bags, got some merchandise, and just to let you know that a percentage of their sales is forwarded to organizations that support first responders. So while you're getting your coffee, you're doing a good deed by getting some of this money to the first responders and where it needs to go. While you're there, don't forget to use the discount code 3ZLIMITS. Now look in our bio, you see that discount code, use it, get your discounts. So again, jump onto 30scoffee.com.au and grab yourself a supply.